Hey everyone, today is Friday the 20th of December 2019. This is The Gap, episode 498. I'm Luke Laurie. Joining me today is Job Guroy, as always. How are you going, Job? Oh yeah, pretty good. Big, uh, big week. You know, it's been Star Wars week. twice. Um, how many times have you seen it, Luke? Uh, it, it came How many out times here have you seen it, Nate? 12 hours twice. ago, so not yet. <laughs> yeah, three times. Um, I'm actually recording from the cinema at the moment. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. That'll be all right. Yeah, keep it down, guys. I'm trying to watch Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, we've been pretty <laughs> impolite talking through this movie, like every cunt at our fucking midnight screening. Uh, just yacked. Just, just straight up talked. Just spoke. Or on their phone. Even. What's up with that? Why talked. do people like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, you know, I'm just going to send a text. Why? Just leave it. Yeah. It's a mid- like, why would you go to a midnight screening if you're just going to not watch it? I don't understand. Yeah. Where the fans right, like, go, right? Like, it's meant for the fans. Yeah. Yeah. You need an Alamo draft house rule where they just, like, kick you out. I was, I was do they do that? kick people in the face. Yeah, Alamo yeah, draft, no, house, Alamo you draft house. house. One yeah. morning. It's like, they've got, like... <laughs> It was going to happen attack. at some um, point. I just figured it was going to be later. Could- um, it's fine. Um, yeah, Alamo <laughs> Draft House, they have like full like ads before the film and stuff. And they do like full stuff, like detailing how important it is that, you know, you, you don't uh, get on your phone or talk or whatever. And th- th- they will kick you out. But they give you one warning, right? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't even do that. I remember what I was watching. They should like black zone your phone. You got a warning. Black zone. What? You know, like it. it there's no signal when you get in there. When you get in the oh, cinema, no. there's no signal. I mean, life works. I feel like that's all. That's a security issue as well. Like you can't. Like if something were to happen in that cinema, well, you, you can know, have emergency services only or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. like the the thing that I always go back to because people are like, oh, what if there's an emergency? What if I'm waiting for you know my sick grandfather to call or some shit uh the problem with that is the world worked fine before mobile phones you know people still were able to deal with emergencies and call and whatnot but now that we have mobile phones uh, yeah it seems that i don't even know why people need a warning like i've heard people have their ringer on after the ad saying turn it off and then they answer their phone and then they go oh mate i can't talk eh? i'm in a cinema like what is wrong with you (laughs) Yeah, that's some shit. Yeah. Um, anyway, that sexy voice you're hearing right there is Nathan Lawrence. Ooh, yeah. How you going, Nate? Last time I think you were on would have been about E3 time, right? Oh, when I was on by myself when I did the solo thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Solo addendum. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it was after your that. first ever E3. I think the last time I was I on was the nine and a half hour podcast about this time last year. <laughs> that sounds about right. I still wake up you in a sweat going, drunk. the gap! <laughs> so I'm just getting yeah. over it now. <laughs> so we started that one at about midday and I think we went for a break at about like eight o'clock at night and then went, got food, came back with more alcohol and kept going. Yep. It was a it was a special. Genius. Genius effort. <laughs> it was special. It was, uh, yeah. Luke reckons that's not going to happen today. Luke reckons last year was an anomaly. There was some sort of two podcasts in one. But I don't understand. It was because last year we did um, we did a normal show and then the the uh, best of the best of the best 2018. Uh, we, did we? And so yeah. it was the four hours plus the three hours. All right. Yeah. We were talking about um, uh, that 
was it that idiot that like plagiarized for, we talked about him for like an hour and a half at one stage that was just what one of our many tangents right tangents yeah i just oh, felt like it? it was just tangents. I, I, I feel like because because you were going through uh the year right like january february march whatever and so whenever something big happened it was an excuse for a three-hour rant <laughs> and then three hours yeah, later yeah. we'd be like hey remember that rant we had three hours let's bring that up again <laughs> yeah looping back in on it on itself like yeah, yeah. i don't feel we've covered this enough we're now we're now ranting about our ranting. So and then the, the more Joe drinks, the slower his talk gets. So it takes him twice as long to say anything. And so his forty minute discussion about Red Dead Redemption turned into an hour and forty minutes. You know, I don't know that I had to wake up to get fucking dragged on my own goddamn podcast. Okay. <laughs> I could have, I could just go back to bed and wake up at seven o'clock tonight and just watch The Witcher. You know, that's what I could yeah. be doing. Instead, I'm here with you, the likes of yeah. you, Luke, in your fucking fancy shirt, your fucking magic eye fancy shirt, doing fucking sailboats and shit. Fuck you, sailboats. I get you. Fresh reference. More rats. Yep. Um. All right, so let's kick off this uh, game of the year podcast. We've got. As Nathan mentioned, we might go through some of like the highlights of the year, and we'll. Um, That's what we do every year. The, the, biggest, you, the bigger news stories, we we'll go through them. Are you establishing we'll, we'll this for the on. people who don't usually listen? Do you think we get new yeah. listeners? Uh we do. We definitely do. I thought we. I thought I was pretty sure we were like exclusively uh, established. The same listeners. four people. You know my. Uh, you know the description on uh, on podcast sites of the podcast mm. is uh, this. Episode, uh, this show is 450 episodes long and every episode refers to a previous one. There's no point starting now because you'll never get it all. <laughs> yeah. So just start give up. Beginning. <laughs> yeah. uh, Speaking good. of starting the beginning, um, January this year, one of the big, big stories this year was sort of EA Games and uh, their Star Wars projects. And this one was uh, Visceral Games, their open world um, Star Wars game was cancelled. And a- along with this, we, we heard about uh, other Star Wars games. So like Amy Hennig's Star Wars game was cancelled at one stage. Um, she's completely moved off of EA now and started up her own studio with somebody else. Um, and this... This is kind of a big deal because a lot of uh, people are really clamoring for Star Wars games, and EA signed this massive uh, deal, exclusive deal with uh, with Disney and Lucasfilm to try and get some Star Wars projects out. And the only Star Wars games we've had are the ones Nate selects, which are the the Battlefront games, and um, that's it. I think the the only other one was like a mobile game that they've done. So I don't think that was EA, up until right? that Heroes. Star Wars Heroes or what it was Yeah, Galaxy of Heroes, Ga- I think it was. Galaxy of Heroes, that's it. Was yeah. that EA or was that just... So didn't Disney yeah, just EA. sell mainstream gaming rights? Okay. Yeah, that was EA. I'm pretty sure they have the entire exclusive license. Um, yeah. And yeah. this is also after cancelling like the, the the Bounty Hunter game, the 19... What was it, Nate? 19 something? 13-13. yeah. Should have worn the shirt. R.I.P. Uh yeah, uh, that would have been fucking sick. Um, but yeah, uh, that was an Uncharted game though, as well, right? Like the, the theme being the, the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which isn't the... really what I want out of a bounty hunting game. 
you know i think i've been spoiled the idea of bounty hunting in space has been so thoroughly spoiled for me by prey 20 2014 was it 2013 yeah the human head yeah uh proof of concept that never turned into anything prey 2 yeah um what we did you not believe in that idea nate no, I'm laughing because Pat has a claw very close to my nipple, so there's a good chance of blood and screaming. No, he's okay now. He's moved away. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, God damn it, Pat. Go back in. Um, <laughs> he will. He's going to make me... Bl- there you go. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Why are you wearing camera. a white shirt? I didn't expect to bleed today, I guess. Ah, well. Yeah. It's my mistake. Uh, it seems like, yeah, that seems like that's your fault. Um yeah, um, yeah. The the idea of bounty hunting in space is now so thoroughly ruined by what Human Heads Project could have been that um, yeah, I'm just not interested in some sort of hyper linear um, story fest uh, that doesn't give me the opportunity to to sort of do things in my own way. Uh, like I don't know, that's that doesn't seem very bounty hunter y yeah. to me. You know, like I think bounty hunting is about freedom at some level you know the, like some the, sort of rpg type like going out and sort of finding your own way yeah, it's a complicated profession man you know sure. ah nice good one mando um <laughs> yeah uh so yeah i i wasn't that like but to be honest i've said this a billion times already uh i'm just not interested in hyperlinear single player games anymore as it is I just don't want to play them. I don't want to play the Uncharted. I think video games can do a lot better. Those cinematic experiences, in my opinion, should be left to cinema because, right. yeah, too often, like, yeah, I think we were talking about this yesterday, Nate, but, um, you know, people now refer to Uncharted 2 as generic. Yeah. I was having this discussion like earlier this week, but people were referring to Uncharted 2 as generic. Uh, when what has basically happened is Uncharted 2 has like fully established everything that the, the genre is about at this point. And it is super linear and it is sort of set piece to set piece uh, platforming slash shooting gameplay. But uh, back in the day, you know, Uncharted 2 was. Like, the way it did it was, like, nothing we'd ever experienced before. Hmm. Now, yeah. It's the norm. It's, <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, it's considered generic because everything's doing it and everything's doing better. They're all doing the same little things. On TV Tropes, it's called Seinfeld is Unfunny. Because, <laughs> you know, every sitcom has done everything that Seinfeld has ever done now. Sure. Uh, but, like, from a, a video game perspective, I, I think that... It's it's almost like uh, comics before, like Watchmen type thing, or Alan Moore's um, like graphic novels. Uh, Ultra, Ultraman was it um, series? Uh, like, yeah, like the idea of the graphic novel so radically reshaped how we think about comics, and Alan Moore's approach to graphic novels radically uh, changed. I'm probably misattributing this. I'm sure uh, there was someone who was there before Alan Moore, but he's certainly the most outspoken sort of, uh, like, I guess, uh, champion for the idea that graphic novels, you know, the reason he doesn't want a Watchmen uh, movie 
or a V for Vendetta movie is because he believes that what he wrote can only be done in comic book form. Uh, and certainly at the time, uh, what the Watchmen uh, graphic novel did could only be done in graphic novels, right? But technology has advanced far enough that I think, you know, for its faults, uh, Zack Snyder's Watchmen movie, uh, mm. you know, very faithfully recreated the comic yeah. to the point of specifically <laughs> specifically redoing panels. Uh, yeah, and, and did a better ending, although... Yes, uh, I don't know. Yeah, although <laughs> the TV series is the certainly fucking fucking does some stuff. <laughs> fucking yeah, that TV series is my game of the year. By the way, um, no, the yeah, the like, but the idea that it could only be done in film, and the idea, uh, sorry, on on the page, on the comic book page, you know, is so critical to everything Alan Moore does when he makes a graphic novel. And I think there is something about what I look for in a video game that is entirely the same, like, principle. Like, if, if I think about my favorite fucking games of all time, it's Deus Ex, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and... Uh, Metal Gear Solid Sonic. 3 Snake Eater. Just uh, Which bums me out. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Uh, but, um, like, those are games that, like, the stories told within could only be told through the medium of video game, you know? And yeah, yeah. everything that builds off of what they, did, like, demonstrated or developed could only be told. Like, Vice City itself is functionally Scarface meets Godfather meets every fucking crime film uh, cliche you've ever seen, but the way it does it, right, is so perfectly realized in a video game world that, yeah, I, I don't think you could ever tell that story and have, but have that experience. You know, it's not about the story necessarily. It's as much as it is about that, ex like experiencing the story and the way you experience it. I think, um, yeah, like that's, that's what I don't like about single player linear fucking bullshit games, which is what that, bounty hunter game was sort of shaping up to be you know uh which is what i didn't really want to have yeah. in the end um and i think is what ultimately turned me off fallen order as well is that it, mm -hmm. it felt like where it wasn't that linear bullshit uh because yeah. it, it is quite like there's a lot of diversity it tries to approach think, it tricks you into thinking like it's an open world game, That's it. but it's, it's a really trick. not. Yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely an illusion, Michael. Like it's not a fucking, it's not open as open as it seems, you know. Yeah. And I think that's why. Like, oh, you can go to this eventually. planet, or you can go to this planet, but really, you kind of want to go to <laughs> this one planet. Like you can go to the other planet. I feel like they've changed the. Um, I read that they changed the. Uh, like one of the planets you go to is where you get a different type of lightsaber. And I think they've changed that now to, um, they've like patched it so that that doesn't have to happen anymore. I don't know. No, there were multiple, um, multiple spots. I think either uh, way you yeah. played it, you got what you're referring to, but cause yeah. I was comparing notes with someone else who was playing it before launch and they were like, holy shit, go to this place to get that. I'm like, well, I got it from this other place. 
Like, ah. Oh. Hmm. And it oh, seems okay. like the way that the story plays out is a particular... Thinking how close it is to the story, uh, the start, I don't think we have to dance around spoilers on this one. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. you can say what planet you got it from, because I'd love to know. I got the uh, it from Zepho. Is that the initial archaeology? It's the first real planet, planet? yeah. Yeah, but, like, I had to oh, get wow. an ability to come back. I had to get Force Push... No, no, it's not yeah, Zephyr. Yeah, right. Is it the other one? What's the the main one? The first one that you go to with the uh, uh, with the crazy little creatures in the big tower up the mudslide. The big frog. Yeah, is that Zephyr? Yeah, big frog fight. No, that's Bogono. How did I forget that? Bogono, mate. Bogono. Yeah, so I went back there with Force Push, cracked the little puzzle, got into a workshop, and it was there for me. But equally, I could have gone to uh Dathomir. That's where I and got it to the point where you can only get to a certain point in Dathomir initially. Yeah. You could have got it there. And I'm oh, okay. very, very convinced that later in the story on Kashyyyk, before a, one of the boss fights, you literally come up on a bench where it feels like it's a gimme. Like it's gonna be like, hey, <laughs> you're not gonna right, miss this yeah. bench. If you've missed it up until this point, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I got it on fucking Bogano as well. Um, went back to fight the fucking frog again. I'm like, fuck you, frog. Fuck you. Oh, it's so much, twice. so much easier when you fight it again. And especially on PC. Yeah. Holy fuck. Don't play games <laughs> on consoles, kids, if you can avoid it. <laughs> Seriously, like 30 frames a second, if that's their standard and they get away with it, I'm hoping next gen they don't get away with that shit. Like, I'm hoping that 60 becomes a standard, but it fucking won't. You know it won't because they're going to do 4K. Some fool's going to try to do 8K. And they're gonna be like, yeah, thirty uh, frames is fine. There's mm. also like the the TV factor as well, you know. Like, uh, while they they can make their games for just one piece of hardware, right? Which is supposedly liber- liberating. At the end of the day, they have to make them capable on the widest array of TVs, which is actually super fucking limiting because there are a fuck a ton of. TVs that can't do fucking 30 fr- uh, 60 frames. Yeah, they can't do um, 60. And so, yeah, they're sort of fucking stuck, right? Like, if it, if it can't do 60 hertz, there's no point in doing fucking 60 frames because uh, it's just not going to fucking replicate it. Um, you're not going to actually get anything out of it. Uh, it's just yeah. going to be wasted power. Uh, so, you, yeah. You just I, have, like, old-ass TV mode. Like, you know how they've got, like, pro mode now or pro oh, yeah. performance? You could have just old-ass TV and UTV. You, you flick the switch. Yeah. The gaming mode and sports mode and stuff like that, uh, yeah. which, yeah. Uh, I mean, game mode is the most important just for responsiveness. Like, it removes, noticeably removes input lag. And I'm not, I'm yeah. talking about like a layperson. You could give them a controller and say, here's normal mode. Now try it in game mode. They'll be like, oh, wow. Like, it's, yeah. it's responding to me faster. Yeah, exactly. That and then the hertz factor as well. Yeah, yeah. But like, if consoles ever want to be taken seriously competitively, sixty frames is like not the minimum on PC anymore, right? <laughs> like in the competitive yeah, space, no, absolutely. For a long absolutely. time, like you yeah, might I mean, aim for sixty if you want to play a four K game or if you want to play with ray tracing or something like that. But yeah. outside of that, and that's really for a solo experience. For competitive gaming, one hundred and twenty, I would say, is the minimum. Probably, arguably, one hundred and forty-four these days, given yeah. the prevalence of one hundred and forty-four. Uh, if you want to be serious and at least slightly like sweaty about the game. game. Depending yeah. on the game, it's 240, right? Like The minimum. Minim- uh, Quake. 
Quake 3. There are, like, at, at the high levels, there are fucking, like, CSGO players who will not play on less than... You see it... I, I saw it all the time, like, uh, when some some small manufacturer would put together a, uh, a LAN uh, for CSGO in an Oz, and they wouldn't get, like, PCs that were powerful enough. Sort of like the when we did PUBG at, at PAX. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And they had playing on fucking... 20 potatoes. frames per second potatoes. Yeah. Like, base, but basically that happens at, like, at lands that are held in Australia. And, yeah, like, the they get on Twitter. The, all the CSGO pros get on Twitter and fucking light them up about it because they're like, this is fucking unplayable. Um, they, they lose their shit about it. Like, yeah, if it's not 240... And that's 240, right? Like, these, these PCs are probably... As good as my PC, uh, but they don't have the monitors that can do 240. So, sure. like, yeah, they're like, well, I guess you're playing on 120. And they fucking lose their shit. Because my, compu- my computer can play CSGO at 240. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there's not much else you can... I'm sorry, I'm so bummed, Bellamy. i, I got to get a new fucking graphics card. <laughs> Doom, Doom, original Doom, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Quake 3. Quake yeah. 3. Uh, um, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, so let's move on to February. We've got uh, EA partially bra- blames weak Battlefield Five sales on prioritizing a campaign over the Battle Royale. Um, and this is in relation to the um, the Battle Royale mode they announced was delayed and put out much later last. Uh, sorry, it was, the game was released last year, but the the actual Battle Royale mode uh, came out around was it March? I think this. Year? I want to say March, yeah. Then? Yeah. Um, For three so, entire days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they, they talked about how um, basically that they think that was a big mistake because Battle Royale was like, well, it is the big thing right now. Everybody's kind of doing it. The the, the biggest games in the world at that stage were, well, still are Fortnite and obviously PUBG was huge back then. Um, and they think that the, Wait, we're the in February, low sales. Right? Sorry? We're in February, right? Yeah. Yeah, like fucking Apex Legends, right? Was the start of February, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah, they had a fucking... They had it on a fucking platter for them. Like, it was just served up to them. It's like, yo, yeah. Battle Royale is destroying. What are you fucking doing? Like, February, yeah, was... Must have been rough at EA uh, for anyone not working on Apex Legends. Because it's like... Yeah, yeah. You fucking idiots. Launched to 20 Where's million, didn't it? Like, um, 20 million. Yeah, we'll is get to that. It's on huge. here. You guys are jumping oh. way ahead. Oh, we're Joe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got like to the 4th of February. I, just, and we're I, I kind of want to go back to, to, to Battlefield to talk about um, like them making this statement about the mistake they made by not having Battle Royale ready at launch, but at the same time, completely dropping the ball on Battle Royale basically two three months after they released it criterion made it an excellent yeah. excellent battle royale game um which uh you know as a standalone game that probably would be on my top five somewhere in that that list mm-hmm. if it was still playable but it's not at this stage it's they they haven't updated that mode in um i think the last time i checked was around about september and they made an announcement saying that Basically, they've shifted focus away from the battle royale mode, and they're working entirely on the new chat. Was it 
the new chapter they just put out uh, and future content. So um, that's like, you can't do that in a, in a live service game. You can't be like, well, we're just going to ignore this thing that's got all these issues and we'll get back to it at some stage. That game's done. That, that mode is dead. I can't, I can't get games in North America going for Battle Royale with that thing. The only way you can get a game now is I've noticed that certain if you join the right Discord channels, there are people going like this time, this region, Q yeah, solo, yeah. Q group, whatever, which which is shit because they could have led that like with very minimal spend. And I'm talking like a community manager doing their job. If they just acknowledge the problem instead of going, you know, that, that I always say it's the Rockstar response. Sorry, Rockstar. But when you're like a, a select number of players or a, a small pocket uh, of players is having this problem and you're like, everyone's talking about it everywhere and even if it only turns out to be that just say hey there's a problem and we fixed it don't say it's small or you don't have to say it's giant just say hey there's a problem and we fixed it they fucked the queue much like what you know PUBG did with its region stuff and we were popping in asian regions when we were trying to get games and it seemed impossible to for us queuing as a three stack or a four stack locally in australia to try to even get an oceanic server to spin up I don't know. So they've been transparent about that. And if they'd said on their, all of their social channels, hey, guys, you know, we know that Firestorm has been problematic, but we're trying to get people back into it. I recommend getting on at these times so that the most amount of people are seeing it. Then you would get servers yeah. popping and then games happen and people start logging on going, expecting that they can play Firestorm. I've got a couple of people on my friends list on Origin just because they play Firestorm. Whenever I log in, I see them playing, but they're, when I've dropped into their games, there's Trying like to get in. well, there's, there's like twenty people playing, so it will pop a server yeah. much earlier than it used to. But this is a group of people who are basically like, we've got a two-hour window to play Firestorm, and it's like twenty to thirty people, and that's yeah. bullshit. That is, yeah. And what's even more bullshit is the the fact that they've come out and acknowledged that we're not working on it anymore. Like they they yeah. don't want to make it, and that's. Yeah, that's bad. Like, for them to think they can come back to this at some stage is not going to happen unless they pull that that out and make it a free-to-play component, at which stage I think that might be... I mean, it'll probably work, but, you know, you're going to have that Call of Duty Battle Royale out at... It's it's super spartan, right? It was a very spartan fucking launch where they just threw it out to the wolves, right? But where... Where normally, you know, the throw out to the walls would be, you know, the fucking little kid who is just old enough to actually fight off a wolf. Uh, in this case, you know, instead of a eight-year-old trying to fight off a wolf, right, they sent out this eight-year-old. But before he, before, like, they left him in the woods, right, they fucking bashed his they knees pissed in. Him. They pissed him. They pissed him. All right, go out. Good luck fighting with they your dick out. Kicked him in the dick. <laughs> smothered him with fucking deer blood <laughs> and like fucking shoved him on the ground and then when they walked out there like fucking a month later and there was little bits of this fucking firestorm boy all over the place like fucking didn't have it in him to survive I guess <laughs> like you fucking you fucked him from the get go like he never had a yeah. hope yeah, um, well, the, the problem yeah, is like, that they fucked it right it would be yeah. different if they made something that was like kind of shit or whatever it didn't have potential and the community abandoned it but even like call of duty's battle royale in what black ops 4 that was great but then when luke luke and i tried to go back to play some dlc like a day after it had dropped we couldn't even get a server to pop and it was giving us a server in the asian region we couldn't even get enough players in the lobby to get past the lobby 
and we tried right. for like an hour or something stupid. It was ridiculous. But oh. so that's yeah. different to having a quality product that people have abandoned for whatever reason. And then, yeah. and then if they go, we're not doing this anymore because there's no interest, then the community doesn't get to go bullshit because you've got like five people going, hey, I was trying to play that. Yeah. yeah. As opposed it's to ba- like... Battleborn, right? Yeah. Battleborn was good, right? Battleborn launched good. Yeah, it didn't launch with any specific issues, uh, but it got... Basically Overwatch. Yeah, like it got fucking executed by Overwatch. They they went out and deliberately targeted it and, and fucked it. Um and made sure it never got off the ground. And uh, mm. yeah, the the main issue that every multiplayer game has ever is uh, is a volume of players. Firestorm had lots of players on its first day, had a lot of people wanting to play, uh, and then their servers, like EA, fucked it, right? EA started fucking with matchmaking or allowed matchmaking to fuck up and never did anything about it to the point where yeah. people stopped wanting to play it uh so yeah like it's it's absolutely on ea that firestorm failed or on dice that firestorm failed because they put out a quality product and then failed to actually support it oh it's it's every cat to work day to cut off <laughs> where's your cat trevi yeah. <laughs> it's a bird it's a bird <laughs> yeah um all right, we'll keep talking about Battle Royale shortly, but let's go on to, um, you mentioned Activision, Job. Uh, Activision Blizzard achieved record results in 2018. $1.8 billion in profits. And uh, when they did that, they decided to lay off 800 staff. Yeah. Um, on top of that, their CFO received a $15 million bonus. There's a big kick in the balls to you. Uh, yeah, this was some <laughs> shit. I remember this going down and it was so spectacularly poorly handled uh they just there's like zero fucking compassion in this shit uh they just fired a bunch of people uh while posting record results like it's just i hate this word but the optics of this are fucking abysmal like in in every fucking instance optics just means wow that looks fucking bad but like really what the fuck man like forget looking bad this is actually bad this is fucking awful shit and yeah like fucking getting a massive bonus payout when people are losing their fucking jobs like what kind of fucking scooby-doo villain are you fucking prick like are you running around with a ghost mask on scaring kids out of fucking haunted houses fuck off that's some shit that's fucked yeah, yeah, it was a um, not a good, yeah, terrible announcement, especially for a company that are coming out and saying, "Hey, we've just made our biggest profits ever." Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we're uh, getting rid of the stack of people. I feel like um, in Australia that Australians weren't affected, like the Australian um, uh, office wasn't affected, as far as I know. I, I think it was a lot of marketing and PR people in like uh, North America and Europe, from what I recall. Because here in Australia, they're already operating on the fucking whiff of a oily rag. So, uh, yeah. yeah, like there's <laughs> there's no fat to be cut on that one, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Um, going back to the Battle Royale news, Apex Legends surprise drops. And in its first week, 25 million players uh, sign up for this game. And they've got a concurrent um, 2 million players in the uh, 
at any given time, which is a huge. I mean, we we heard sort of um, a rumor about this game a couple of days, like a day before it dropped, mainly because they held a giant um, like influencer event where they had a, a, a bunch of streamers come in and play the game and some leaks came out of that. But otherwise, like nobody knew this thing was coming. Apart from one dude, I remember this posted on the Titanfall Reddit page like a year before it came out saying, oh, they're they're making a new game and here's the map. And the dude posted the map and everyone was like, you're an idiot type thing. Yeah, because (laughs) it was Titanfall BR and everyone's like, nah. I mean, I know everyone's going mad for BR, but there's no way it's Titanfall. Fuck off. (laughs) And it wasn't And yet. (laughs) And yet. Yeah, and he got uh, this dude got like downvoted to hell. Um, yeah, but otherwise, this is like this is the for me this is the uh, the Half Life Three announcement. This is how how Valve comes out and announces Half Life Three. Except, um, you know, the Titanfall know, yeah, dudes it. did it for Apex Legends. They were like, "Here's our game, and it's playable now, and it's really good." Yeah, it's the best it was, way to do uh, it. Huge deal. Yeah, uh, I, I love the surprise drop. I love being able to like play something immediately. Uh, the amount of like insta hype that it, that it garnered was out of control. I mean, obviously they paid a lot of fucking influencers uh, to come play the game for a weekend to help mm. promote it. Um, yeah, they didn't get any journos in, uh, even though you know it was widely. Uh, acclaimed well received uh so you know getting actual like if they like you know when they took us so why didn't they take us to play apex legends but like fucking there's like we're playing fucking call of duty against like dipshits and the multiplayer reveal like that's fucking infuriating why can't i play against fucking i want to fucking rip shroud a new one in apex at some fucking new new fucking unreleased game because I will rip every cunt a new one at an unreleased game. I am best at unreleased. Why did you say any shroud? Game is unreleased. Any other hey? name than shroud would give you a chance, but <laughs> yeah, not an ex CSP. He's GoPro freakishly he like is quick. An aim god. Yeah, yeah. I know. He gets a sniper rifle. It's all off. Actually, going to the fucking <laughs> right. yeah. The only one I remember going to the the event but um yeah like well, would, he got paid like a million dollars to to promote that game i think the figure was floating around at that stage that's fucking nuts Damn. Uh, yeah. anyway journos are biased uh moving on um <laughs> <laughs> moving uh, on no. uh I, yeah i don't think i don't think apex legends would have gotten as much traction if it wasn't for the surprise drop like you said because titanfall as an ip wasn't successful um yeah. talking like about EA fucking game. things right <laughs> yeah yeah that's on ea again but uh, yeah. uh like if they were to come out and be like oh we've got a we've got a titanfall game coming out like i don't think anybody there obviously would have been a crowd for it but it would have been one of those word of mouth things where the game eventually came out and people were like actually it's pretty if good they'd announced it in like november of last year or something or december or something right yeah like a, in a dead period you know the the games and you know Sites are excited to actually get to write about something, and they do a, maybe a preview trip, and then they release it in February. Uh, yeah, there's no way it would have had the fucking same impact. Absolutely no way. Talking about Titanfall 2 real quick, I was I was uh, culling 
I was doing some fucking hard drive cleanup uh, on my big two storage drives and looking at some of uh, the old clips I've got. And I found some Titanfall 2 clips. That game is a fucking highlight reel, like, special. I do not understand. Hmm. Like, I, I just don't understand how it never fucking took off. Because the amount of fucking insane things you can do in that game on the regular with, like a couple of days of practice not even a couple of days like maybe a f- one full day of practice because all of my clips are from the like review event i don't yeah. think i ever installed it <laughs> on my home computer um yeah, yeah like oh, uh, i think you might have because we oh maybe not maybe did, you, play... did you review the single player at the review event as yeah well? i did yeah okay yeah maybe um i may, had problems I at launch it right so could... did it yeah, like in Australia, I seem to recall like latency, or maybe there was oh, like, a, yeah, like maybe it was yeah. one of those ones with a memory leak or something where there was frame drops or something that you can't have in that fast pace. Like it was one of those yeah. fucked at launch, at least on PC, and then people don't yeah. come back, especially because what did they launch it two weeks after something else they did? Battlefield. It was squished between Battlefield and Call of Duty, remember? Like it was the fucking. Yeah. This was yeah, EA yeah, yeah. sending they did Battlefield out, 1, breaking its legs. <laughs> and the chatter around <laughs> Battlefield 1 that you overheard at Gamescom from EA execs that the developers bless their hearts that DICE, who speak English as a second language, so they probably don't put it through the filter of, I shouldn't say this, they're like, yeah, EA didn't really believe in this. Uh, we had to pitch it really hard. And then you see, yep. you start to accumulate that stuff as evidence and you're like, EA was like, we're going to let you do this because you're our main shooter developer and you've made us a lot of money but we don't back it enough to believe that it'll be a cod toppler therefore we're going to send out a futuristic shooter at this and it was just like in so doing they fucked respawn but i i don't know maybe i dreamt this but i thought i heard rumblings that because of that titanfall 2 fiasco respawn was then told all right guys we fucked you on that one so you can you can kind of do whatever you want and however you want to do it and so they're like free to play apex no announcement it drops, it's ready, boom. March, which is when Titanfall should have come out in a March release. Exactly, it should have, because March, March release is now not where things go to die. It I used mean, to be- Not anymore, they're not. No, yeah. it used to be where the, the release season started with the first quality releases, right? It was in March. Now that's yep. February, probably, fuck, I don't know, is it January now? Who knows? <laughs> Do we get a break? Yeah. Probably not. It was yeah. Darksiders and- um, uh, what was that other action RPG with the you were playing a lady? Um, Bayonetta. Bayonetta. They were the two that like Jan- the January, sort of kicked off that January cycle. 1st, the January, February, March. The January 1st release. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas awesome. now there's like Cyberpunk is coming out in April. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Fair enough. I think Dying Light was a June, February release June is too. June our dead period. As well. Right? June, yeah. Dying Light was a, a, a oh, February yeah. release as well. I know Joby didn't like it, but... Uh, I didn't. Basically 99.9% of the world loved it, so... I guess you're right on that one, Joby. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what am I supposed to do about a game that literally wipes my save game and starts me again? Uh, supposed to twice. give it a 10 out of 10, like, Joby. 10 out of yeah, 10. Like, I stand by my position on Dying Light. It was too frustrating playing through that game, starting again, playing through that game all the way, and then having it do it again, at which point I'm like, this is unplayable. No, I don't know 100%. I agree with you. Like, um, if you had an unplayable experience because of bugs and whatnot, you got to review your experience. Um, and obviously, the editor didn't have any problem with running that score. 
No. So well, yeah, we had discussions, but no. Eventually, uh, they were okay with it. So um, you, you led with like a one out of ten, so you get the four. Yeah, so I could get yeah, <laughs> right with them. Like maybe we give you a four, um, and you're like, well, I wanted that anyway, so yeah, fine. Suckers, the art of the deal. Um, so yeah, Titanfall was a fucking highlights. I hit a hit machine. I got some fucking spectacular. I kept them. I kept them all because they were all fucking too hilarious. I got that one where I kill Polygon like eight times in one fucking round. And it's just a non-stop fucking... Like, I just clipped every single kill of them into one, like... Was this their Doom player? Their Doom 3 player? <laughs> it might have been. Oh, no. <laughs> was it Doom 3 where they... Uh, or, or Doom, Doom 2016. Doom yeah. 2016, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I just fucking whomped them constantly. And it wasn't just, like, me and a Titan stomping them. It was me as a pilot going and killing their Titan and shit. <laughs> like, just ripped them up. And there was, like, I had some... I had like an eight kill fucking uh, run, even though it was like six aside, because I I killed two people. They spawned back in on the same location just in time for me to like detonate my fucking Titan and wipe everyone out. Uh, get a full team wipe. Fucking amazing shit that game. It was spectacular. It's back apparently. Um, uh, the numbers I, I have gone back people up. Were doing the. Well, uh, yeah, I, I know people were doing that thing that you were saying they do with firestorm right right, right with the discord specifically thing. organizing to play at certain times um i love the idea i feel like the only people still playing would be hyper sweaty cunts yeah that's right? the challenge isn't it and i prefer to just dunk on game journalists so you know um but yeah anyway back to the original point apex legends uh yeah this was the best possible fucking release option for them, I think. For sure. Uh, it fucking 100% worked. They fucking killed it. Um, yeah. And we played the fuck out of this game. We played the absolute shit out of it. I don't know how many yeah. hours I got in it. But, I've uh, got about 230 hours in it. It's my it's, most played game this year. Yeah, right. At least 10 hours from me. At least. <laughs> At least 10 hours. Um, we, we can talk about another game that you've played a lot of, uh, Nate. Rainbow Six Siege the six invitational you and i went to that yeah. in february again um that was a lot of fun they they uh they really did a, a really good event they put on um the actual competition in a an arena this time like a proper arena i think the last one was in like an arts sort of house or some sort of arts place um whereas this was like you know proper seating and whatnot and um yeah, I, I feel like personally it's the best esports event that I've been to, the setup and whatnot. I talked about how I went to the PUBG Global Championships a couple of weeks back and just the atmosphere there was really lackluster and the way they had it set up just wasn't great. Like empty seats everywhere, um, you know, hard to see certain things. There was just no no atmosphere for the people that were actually at the stadium, whereas Rainbow Six Siege, like the fucking hunger game cannons that go off when you when someone on the team dies the the lights that are going off the player the the player like cams that are up on the screens and um so much information that's readily available to a spectator that's easy to digest um and just people that just want to watch really good siege uh, i think yeah i think it's a fantastic event uh, and i feel like we had a lot of fun again this year 
Yeah, it, it's a game that goes from strength to strength, and they, you know, when they do fuck up, they're quick to acknowledge it. They patch it instead of like because they used to do the big patch every quarter when they drop their content, and then they'd just do sort of like a midway through that season another bigger patch. Now, yeah. I'll download you know the new DLC and go, oh, okay, I'll play that on the weekend. By the time I get to the weekend, there's like an 800 megabyte hotfix or something. So yeah. they understand how important it is to not let that shit sit for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, they work really closely with the competitive players. I'm a bit curious to see how 2020 will go just because they're... I mean, that video you shared the other day, Luke, about the change in management or the... the, the yeah, yeah the, the kind of the two big guys behind... Rainbow Six Siege and why it is what it is and why it's successful uh, moving on to other projects. But also, there also seemed to be a subtext of that movie, say, uh, movie, that video saying, we are looking at beyond competitive now, which seems to be something they've started talking about a little bit more. So they, I understand that you've got to cater to the tens of millions of people that are playing your game that aren't the competitive scene, but this game is, you know, aspirational part of its success. And I'd say a big part of its success and why the numbers go up, not you know, the numbers go up whenever you drop content, but they also go up around tournaments. The bigger the tournament, oh, yeah. the bigger the spike in numbers. I think people see that and go, I want to be like that. Even if they can't possibly be like that, it's like they get inspired, excited. Whenever we go to yeah. these things, I'm, I'm like, try that. Yeah, I'm like, I want to go play <laughs> this. I want to try that tactic, uh, especially on pub service. Like, I'm going to make that cheeky little kill hole and get a really you know easy kill and feel like a prick. And I do it again. But I'm like, just a bit concerned if they're going to shift too far towards the mainstream approach. I hope they don't, unless that's them saying we have competitive in a really good space and we can kind of move away. Sorry, Joe, you were like, saying. Like, I worry, right? So everything you were saying is, like, 100% the critical, right? Like, I am no longer the esports editor for Apple, but, uh, you know, it, it's what I built my fucking my entire fucking uh message around my entire messaging uh around the idea that esports is aspirational educational and that games that fail to do those two things will inevitably fall over uh the ones that are massive successes are the ones that do those two things uh for every reason you said right like because you want to be able to go and try like even like that the PUBG tournament, as bad as it was as a live experience, saw PUBG lift. It spiked, yeah. It it was it had more player numbers than um, Dota Two and, and Counter Strike uh, that that week, the week of the finals. Uh, like esports are, they're a marketing tool. At the end of the day, they're a marketing tool, but they are fucking unbelievably effective, even when they're not identical right PUBG is a great example of that right uh but the further you get away from the esports experience uh the less effective that that esports uh esport is as a marketing tool and i sort of worry that rainbow six is being driven by someone who fundamentally doesn't get that because i know che chu uh is the fucking director of esports at ubisoft now or like i interviewed him in at Tokanami for the R6 uh, Pro League Finals. And uh, I, for whatever reason, it's never in his bio, but he was also the lead behind Hearthstone. 
Uh, right. Hearthstone esports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And last and the most current Hearthstone esports season, uh, they reverted everything he ever changed. They f- fucking wiped the slate clear, basically, and got rid of all of his changes, which he introduced, like, the specialist system, which was an absolute train wreck for competitive Hearthstone. Uh, but, you know, what he wanted to do was basically introduce a more uh, exciting uh, and easier-to-understand uh, competitive system, but it didn't replicate the general Hearthstone experience at all. Uh because suddenly players were, you know, there was a lot of fucking rules about what decks you could play and, like, you had to play this certain class over and over again and all this kind of stuff uh, that sort of made sense on paper, but if you read into it more, you are like, this doesn't seem like Hearthstone anymore. Yeah. I fear, I fear that's, that might be happening at Rainbow Six for 2020. Like, I worry I- about it. Yeah, I guess we got to wait and see, right? The guy that the two guys or three, there's actually three guys that are left. Um, mm-hmm. The creative director yep. uh, Xavier, and also the um, director, and also esports. Like, uh, sorry, the brand director and the guy that looked after esports overall. Uh, he has also left, along with the I believe the assistant director or creative director, um, which wasn't tagged in any of those posts, but he's gone with them as well. So they're starting something new. Um, and the person that has taken over was it? I think it's Leroy that's taken over. Yeah, Leroy, the game, yeah. the gameplay director. I'm pretty sure from memory. Yeah, lead game designer. Um, and so his background is from For Honor. He was working at For on For Honor at some stage, but he's been working on um this. He's been working on Siege for a little while. We spoke to him, I think, for the first time this year. I don't think we spoke to him last year. Leroy, I don't. Yeah, no, two invitationals ago, he was at the at the art. Oh yeah. house. that's right. when we okay. first spoke yeah. to him and he's he's still around yeah 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 so he's taken the lead on this um but xavier was kind of this is his baby he was the one that sort of started this game and was being like well, i don't want to both have both interviewed xavier right uh, yeah i've interviewed him twice yeah, yeah. and you've also both interviewed athana and athana leroy athanathanoff yeah yeah sorry leroy, leroy. i Butchered that. And also the, the other guy that left. Alexandra, is that his name? Alex, yeah. Uh, Alex. Yeah. He's he's really good. Like yeah. normally when you go They're on both a really good. When you go on a junket and someone's like, hey, we've got a brand manager to talk to you, like, yeah, okay, cool. No. No thanks. Yeah. Uh mm. but yeah, his you, have you got a real interview for Yeah, me yeah, well? yeah. It's like a community <laughs> manager. Sorry, community <laughs> managers. I'm not saying you do shit work, same as brand directors, but as far as like getting quotes that don't sound like press releases, it's pretty tricky. But with yeah. Alex, he worked on Rainbow Six Patriots, and I think at the invitational, I was like, Hey, I've I've done this pitch where I'm doing like a history of Rainbow Six Siege. I think it was like the twentieth or the twenty first anniversary of the second game or something like that. And I said yeah. You've, you know, what was your first experience with it? I know you worked on Patriots and we talked through all of that and what they took from Patriots. The, the multiplayer effectively became the foundation for Siege, but they said, look, a lot of it wasn't working and like meeting up with Xavier and going, what do you want to do? And like you were that, I think were you were the one where they showed the medieval Siege picture. It's such a simple thing, but they were like in this original yeah. pitch meeting, Xavier comes in and he's like, this is the game we're making. It's like, it's Rainbow Six. We're making Rainbow Six. Everyone claps. And he's like, but this is the game we're making. And it's this medieval, simple black and white like drawing of a castle 
with arches on top and stuff and like the the drawbridges up and then there's people with a battering ram coming in like attackers and stuff like that he's like this is the game in its essence it's asymmetrical multiplayer you know where you're one team's attacking one's defending you assault and you have different gadgets for like and it's all distilled in that image um it's really cool and that's what he used to drive it and so that i like he was able to preserve that throughout it i mean obviously the game launched in a really rough state but like most things that we've stuck with or said hey stick with this one guys or keep it installed it always had potential and i think yeah that was something that translated to everyone clearly um and the way that ubisoft montreal or that specific team kept people engaged was by saying um we're gonna fix it like Here's what we're being transparent about. These are the problems. We know we have these problems. Here's the solution. It's coming in the next patch. It's coming in the patch after. Fuck, we don't know how to fix this one, but we just want to let you know that we're aware of it and we're not going to ignore it. And certainly for us, I've never uninstalled that game. Like, and why would I? Because anytime it went wrong, like there was a rampant cheating at some stage and we're like, fuck it, we're not doing anything. And then they fixed cheating. Three months later, we come back. We're like, holy shit, there's no more cheaters and then you hit registry problems fuck this game we come back and then nowadays it's pretty i mean there's obviously still bugs and things but it's pretty tight yeah it's It's very i play i i've played it basically every week since i got back from japan uh it is my killing half an hour game since since then um it's fucking great it's toxic as fuck that's oh yeah that's the main problem people are cunts in it but uh like yeah like if you get into a good team get on a good team or stuff um yeah you just wind up having a fucking having a ball for you know a couple of rounds and then fucking away you go like it's 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 a fantastic game i do think you know it's uh no coincidence that the three of us on this fucking podcast uh, were basically the champions of this game when it was at its lowest. Uh, we were like, because I think, yeah, if if you're fucking, if you're on top of shit, you can see potential. And yeah. I think you know a lot of people tend to not be able to see potential. They just see what what's in front of them. Uh, and Rainbow Six always had fucking tons of potential, and they have fucking they're delivered repeatedly. Yeah. I think I think that's because of the people, or specifically Xavier's like his um, like vision for the game. I, I've spoken, and you guys probably have. I speak to a lot of game developers or like game leads that you you casually ask them like off you know off the record or whatever, like are you playing any games at the moment? Like I don't have time to play games, or yeah. like I, the last game I played was you know blah blah and that the game they're talking about that came out like three years ago mm. um i think that's i mean you go you do whatever you like you do you <laughs> but i think the really talented game designers are the ones that play a lot of games and then they're out there and it's it's like being a critic right you can't you can't watch fucking four movies a year and be like oh, I'm, a, I'm a i'm a critic because i've seen four like you've got to go out there and see what's good what's bad yeah get, and you get your creativity juices flowing um, and he was a guy that did that. He came on being like, I'm a huge fan of Dota. I think it's a really good competitive game. I like League of Legends. I like um, the old Rainbow Six games. And this was our idea. And then I remember, yeah, it was this year, Apex Legends had came out, just come out. And I, I was talking to him about, 
um, player feedback within the game and changing the way you could communicate with people. And before I could like even finish asking the question, he immediately started talking about Apex Legends. And that's where I was going with it. Like He's like, I love Apex Legends. Like What they're doing with the communication system in that is good. Like I want something like that in our game. And like he is aware of other games that are out there and he's playing yeah. them. And that like makes your game better because they start, you know, it starts getting his brain ticking and whatnot, as opposed to people that that aren't playing games. I guess they're not seeing in what defense, is around them, what other people are doing. In defense of the game directors who have answered that way, and I have heard a bunch. I've always taken it to be a byproduct of the industry itself. They're literally, you know, not afforded the fucking time sure. to play other games, and I think that is a bigger fucking that's a bigger that's, mistake on ter- like at, at higher management than yeah. it is on their behalf. You know, they literally just don't have time to play games. They didn't get into they you don't fucking bust through fucking uh like the decade plus it takes to get to a game director position. Um you don't power through that nightmare of a decade uh without having a, a proper pure love of video games. Hmm. Um like most most game directors love video games they literally just don't they're never afforded the time which is uh i think a little depressing right sure uh, <laughs> what what i hate though um, is, are, the, are the interviewees from top to bottom that when you try to reference other games they won't acknowledge them they won't name games by name yeah. when i did uh, yeah. the last junket for fallen order um which, you know, the game was great. I loved what I played. But I'm in, I'm interviewing some people and I'm, like, trying to get, like, references from other games, you know, influences and what else are you looking at? And it was basically, like, while we acknowledge there are other games out there, we are doing this unique. And I'm like, guys, like, this makes you look like a robot, you know, because yeah. there are other games yeah. out there. People know, and, and for us, you know, referencing, I know for Stack Magazine, one of my clients, the basic distillation of what they want in a preview is uh comparisons like what other games is it most like and i think that's a really good rule across the board and it happens in conversation organically when you're trying to pitch a movie tv show whatever it's like oh did you like this you're gonna love this it's kind of this meets that so when they don't want to star wars in space well when they want to talk about like this game as if it's been created in a vacuum almost outside of gaming like yes we have created this product that you've never played before it has no influences ah, it is- it's a strand game <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just like uh I can't, i'm not going to use this quite and it's yeah. it's really bad like it's nothing wrong with acknowledging other games i'm wondering if that's because that's part of media training or whatever but it just makes it look like they're not actually gamers and i think unless there's a very yeah. specific reason why they would bring out someone who's like, I I mean, I, I totally agree with things like um, taking people who haven't played a series before and making them work on it because they have different ideas, yeah. but they've got to be working aside, alongside people who get what works. And then the people who come in and go, you know what, this Halo trope or whatever fucking sucks and it yeah. needs to change. And the, the purists are like, no, it's always been like that. And you're like, yeah, but it doesn't mean it shouldn't oh, change. Sprint me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, or, or friendly AI being terrible, you know, just was mm. a thing yeah. and probably still is a thing. And it's like, why is that? Like, why haven't, ha- why hasn't that been on, you know, the top of the board for things we really need to fucking fix? 
So I think I think it's yeah. yeah, there is merit to having people who aren't familiar, but also if you yeah, if you're pretending like you've created a game in a vacuum without any influences, without any comparisons because oh the it might be an Activision game that I'm talking about or you know. Yeah. I ooh. wonder I wonder if in in the Fallen Order example in particular, I wonder if they were afraid of the most obvious reference point being Dark Souls. Dark Souls, yeah. Right? Because you don't want to say, oh, we've taken a lot of uh, on board from Dark Souls, getting Dark Souls fans G'd up, and then ultimately being disappointed, which is essentially what happened to me. Uh, you know, I, I was sort of expecting a very Dark Souls experience, uh, and um, yeah, it didn't really... Uh, translate at the end of the day um, well it's not what I got you know and, and I was disappointed by that inevitably um, what I did got like yeah we, we've already spoken about it but uh, yeah. yeah like it's uh, I think that that might be some of it as well there, there might be an element of that but at the end of the day yeah there's so many times like when they just refuse to talk about their influences in any meaningful way and you're like we all know you didn't fucking make this. This didn't spring fucking fully formed from your loins, cunt. Like, have have a fucking... Just have a punt, yeah. right? Even if it's a strand <laughs> game, right? Just have a fucking go. Yeah, it'd be Ooh. like talking to a movie director and asking them what their influences are in, in cinema. And they're like, no. oh, they don't watch, don't watch any. just come from yeah. <laughs> like yeah. my butt. Uh, well, I recognize there are other films out there. Um, yeah, <laughs> but more important than that, like from a game director level, the the reason you hire Amy Hedig is because you want yeah. Star Wars Uncharted. The reason why you hire Stig Asmassen, sorry, I fucked up his name too, Stig for Fallen Order, yeah. is because you want to take that pedigree of like a God of War, God of War style yeah. spectacle, cinematic yep. sort of tight combat and epic storytelling uh, and epic moments mm-hmm. like the the AT AT yep. section specifically which isn't really repeated again like that to me feels like sure that's peak stig and that's the sensi- only that's the only part of that night game that well that, when like they a, have like the beginning you know different. they have the the stuff that's happening in the background but that kind of cuts off they stop doing that idea that you're in this giant universe and there's all this shit going on in the yeah. background that that you can literally and there were times when i at the beginning especially i just stopped and you know watched a star destroyer look. being pulled mm-hmm. apart and i was like this is fucking sick like I want to, I'm, yeah. I'm not listening to what's going on. I want to watch this. That's what he yeah. does really well. Like, and my point being that EA clearly hired him because they want that. Not like, hey man, we know you do did God of War. So what we want is we want a Star Wars RTS. You know, it's with uh, deep RPG yeah. mechanics or something. Like, why would you hire that person if you didn't want them? Why would you hire JJ Abrams to do something if you didn't want a JJ Abrams film? Yeah. Did, did you watch the um, documentary on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? No, it's good. No, um, it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Uh, I, <laughs> I think I like right. the the God of War one better, Raising Kratos. Um, but it goes for about an hour and a half. It dives into um, like a lot of the things, sort of like the creation of the game. But it doesn't really go into things that like the the struggles that they had. Um, it's very much right. like the raising Kratos one is it's very um it feels more like a marketing tool like 
like I want to see the hardships on the game and like where the struggles were, where things didn't go right. And they sort of do that at one bit, but the rest of it is pretty focused and, you know, highlights the, the positive stuff. Keep it positive. How, oh, everything just came together. It's like, no. Like the, the Raising Kratos stuff, like at one stage they're making that game and like Shui comes in, Yoshida, and they're like, this is terrible. This yeah. game is bad. And you're yeah. like, holy crap. Like you, that's this is the stuff you don't normally see. Like they're, they're worried their game is going to get canceled. And then it comes together it's know, a, to be a game of the I haven't year. watched it. I haven't watched the star wars one but it's a pretty fucking stark difference between a game that got like fucking 40 billion 10 out of 10s and got a game of the year awards versus mm. uh fallen order which i think is a solid eight right solid sure. 7.58 seven or eight yeah uh, sure yeah eight or five yeah eight um, out of five <laughs> eight, sorry eight point five I thought you said eight or five and i'm like fucking all right uh well, eight <laughs> out of five like, that's a real rating scale <laughs> Um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, there's a pretty fucking stark difference there. You'd think that some more must have gone wrong on the, on the eight than the 10, right? Like, uh, I don't know, here we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really liked Raising Kratos though. That was a really good watch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, that was this year. It's, it's, I think it's on my top 20 films that I've watched this year. <laughs> but anyway, um, all right, we'll go into March. We've got Reggie Fils-Aimee uh, announced that he's retiring retiring from Nintendo America and uh, taking his place will be the head of sales and marketing at Nintendo of America, Doug Bowser. Bowser. That's a, I mean, what a name. that's a good name. I love it. What a name. It, it's fantastic. It's Reggie's kind of been the face of Nintendo, at least in the the this sort of region you know your europe uh western world yeah you know australia yeah. america um he's been there for since early 2000s um you, he was the guy you would see at all the big press conferences or media events and whatnot um and he became sort of like this cult icon of um super friendly guy um really nice um really passionate about games and oh uh, yeah, yeah he, he eventually left um I've talked about this on the show before, but yeah, I remember meeting him at an E3. Uh, Jay and I were sitting in a room watching the Titanfall presentation at E3, and he was he came in and sat next to us, and uh, and yeah, Jay started like street passing with him, and we were talking about Nintendo and whatnot for a little bit. But yeah, that's like my one interaction with with Reggie. Seems like a really cool dude. Um, he was at the Game Awards over last week uh, and got a really good reception there I love that he just came out with his sunglasses on and was like fuck you I'm Reggie type thing <laughs> like yeah. you don't need his last name if you just say Reggie people generally know who you're talking about in the games industry yeah uh, yeah he's, he's a bit of a meme at this point um, which you know good for him I guess um, I never met him uh, never interacted with him uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't really have that same connection, yep. but, um, yeah, I don't know. seems like he's, he's moved on to, I don't know, still having the fucking time of his life. So, uh, yeah, not him, I guess like, yep. why not? Uh, All right. Uh, next up is player unknown announces that he's leaving as creative de- director of PUBG. So one of the biggest games of last year, um, our game of the year, wasn't it? No. 
Not last was year. Game of the... Oh, not yeah, right, last year. Oh. The year before. No, it was the year before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Still one of the biggest games last year. <laughs> absolutely, but um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So leaves leaves his creative director uh, is moving. He was sort of moving into a bit of a management role, right? Well, I think he talked about how they've started this new this new studio, and they're uh, they were looking at sort of interesting and new technologies. Whether or not that means like um, VR or something else, um, we don't really know. But we did get a teaser of what they're working on at the Game Awards over the weekend, and uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's like it's ten second, fifteen second sort of teaser. It looks like it could be a horror game, maybe, or some sort of... I, like, I don't even know. Don't even know where to go. It looks pretty, whatever it uh, is. I think I read somewhere it's not a shooter, and it's not multiplayer. Yeah. Some sort of... Uh, oh, <laughs> it's beginning. Uh, I might have to do the same. Um, yeah, like some sort of... Um, I don't know. Walking simulator? Yeah. I'm hoping it's a survival game. Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome for sure. Uh, a survival game would be fucking rad. Um, you know, player owns the forest. I'd fucking don't you fucking dare, like, don't you dare besmirch the forest. I, I mean, they uh, they hired the one of the dead space guys until they got back to his seat before I. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. What's his face? Um, from uh, creative director of the original um, Dead Space, right? Glenn Schofield. Uh, I've just checked. And he's um, at. Uh, Player unknown or whatever they're called, PUBG Corp. PUBG Corp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Let's see. How good was Dead Space? Dead Space, pretty good. Uh, Next up, we've got um, the Sea of Thieves anniversary update video was shown off in April. Um, Basically, a huge, huge update. They've added in arena mode. They uh, changed the way ship damage worked. Uh, you could now destroy masts and you could uh, do things with the, you could destroy the anchor and the, the ship wheel and create bigger holes in the actual ships now. What? Um, so they kind of awesome. overhauled a lot of that stuff. So before what would happen is you could kind of hit these p- parts of the boat and um, it'd kind of just take as normal damage or it wouldn't take any damage at all because it's not below like the waterline threshold. But now if you destroy a mast, like you've got to, that'll fuck up your sailing and, you won't be able to move as fast, or if you if you uh, destroy the ship wheel, then they can't turn, or the anchor will go down, like that sort of thing. Um, in relation to the bigger hole stuff, what they did was, if you were previously shooting uh, cannons into the same spot, it wouldn't really do anything because it kind of registered that as a hit already. But now the holes will get bigger if you make the same, you know, do the same damage in the same spot, which is a really cool change. Um, on top of that, they added a, lot, a bunch of elements uh in relation to fishing um so a bunch of new fish like dozens and dozens like upwards of i believe like 120 different types of fish in the game that you can now catch and cook uh new trading companies within the game related to uh the fishing and cooking harpoons were attached to the boats which you can use to harpoon other players uh chests items within the world which is a lot of fun um you can attach it to different parts of the environment to make you steer better. Added in new islands, new chest types, new skeletons. Uh, but I think the biggest change they put in there was adding the tall tales, which was this sort of... I think there was about 12... No, there was about nine campaigns. It's 10 now. Um, 
nine campaigns that they added in there, which were story-based and also puzzle-based as well. This is kind of the thing that Sea of Thieves really was lacking in the first release was some variety um, in the way that the uh, like the, the different objectives you were given to do. Whereas this is like full-on a puzzle game. Like each each tall tale is completely different from the other to the point where you're getting like you're trying to figure out uh, like all right what is the thing about how this tall tale works and how do I solve that puzzle and it lasts for like an hour hour and a half sometimes like really in-depth island hopping doing different things that 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 is the the way that that Sea of Thieves should have launched and And it's all free um, right like all free content all free how are they monetizing it can you buy cosmetics or something they added that in there recently, yes. Right. So you can now buy cosmetics. Um, but you don't have to. You can obviously still buy cosmetics using the, the in-game gold. All, um, all of them? There. Or have they done what fucking Battlefield I 5 f- has done and like you can use your in-game grind currency on this stuff, but you have to spend mm. real money to buy that stuff? As far as I'm aware, they haven't done that. See, that's it's, great. You can still earn it all in game. I'm yeah. all I'm all for that. Like, you know, using um cosmetics that are optional to fund the support of a live service just makes a lot of sense. And as long as it's not predatory, yeah. as long as it's not in, you know, RNG loot boxes and you've got a dice roll but you're spending money on that, I don't have a problem. Because people have yeah. got to support development. They've got to put developers towards con- the you know the continued support of a live service model game. They've got to be paid on something, so there's got to be income. I'll never ever spend money on it. So thanks to everyone who does to keep these games alive. But yeah. like, I haven't touched Sea of Thieves in about a year. And from what you guys we tried keep- to get you, yeah, no, 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 I was working. <laughs> <laughs> now that I have some time off coming up, uh, I am totally keen to jump back in. Especially now, you know, with Luke in another part of the world. I think he's in Mordor or something. Uh, something like that. It seems like the kind of game that's perfect for that cross countries it works yeah how's the yeah. latency for you or yeah. for us i don't know i guess uh, it it's fine yeah just don't I, shoot I just join in one of your servers just don't shoot anyone um you know it works fine and we like job and i have done i think seven of the quests so far um we've got wow. i think three left so they added a new one recently really recently which we haven't checked out but we're just kind of doing them you do them in order and they kind of unlock but you can still um like if you were to jump in and join our crew you can still play the um the mission that we're up to and also if you go back to your game that mission will be marked as done so once you do get up to it the game actually comes up with a prompt saying hey you've already done this do you want to skip this one and you can go yes i want to skip this one and it'll go to the next one in the line or you can be like no i don't want to skip it. i want to do that one again um totally up to you that's so great really good information implementation of how they handle that uh, i think it's a fantastic game um what are we talking about sea of thieves uh sea my, of thieves update my dumb fucking Headset cut out. Um, oh, yeah the, yeah, the Sea of Thieves update. Nope. So we're still in March then. Um, of course. This, uh, I was just making sure. Um, yeah. We're in brought a- the, April. Brought but... the fucking game back, right? Like, yeah. It's it's probably the greatest triumph uh, of, of, like, stick to that I've ever fucking seen, right? Like, uh, since Rainbow, Rainbow Six Siege. Six, <laughs> Siege was in, like, a good place. It just had some proper like showstoppers uh see if these released in not a state that it should have released in uh it was still again, fun but it was like again you're making your own fun the three of us <laughs> on this podcast could 
could see the fucking see potential. It. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, like yeah, the I I didn't think the potential it would ever realize its potential. Like yeah. me personally, I uninstalled it. That's not one I kept installed. Yeah, same multiple all. times. I, I reinstalled <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> reinstalled it for the, and got you know back into the fun. The March update was the fucking volcanoes, right? Um, no, they added volcanoes in towards the end of last year. Um, this one was the, uh, I just talked about it. So, uh, ship damage updates, fishing, cooking, uh, tall tales, oh, harpoons, right. new islands, new chests, new skeletons, right. arena mode. So I was watching, uh, oh, clips, clips of the volcanoes bit and yeah. holy fuck, that was hilarious. That was some funny shit. Uh, the tall tales were fucking spectacular. Like, I, we've got some hilarious clips from that as well we should definitely play it Nate. like yeah i'm 100 percent down now that i've got some time off days um, yeah yeah hell yeah yeah um because it anyway. works well with with luke on deck as well like uh, there was no like it's it wasn't fucking heinous latency and stuff yeah um yeah yeah luke's just shit at solving puzzles so Ooh. that was the challenge in and of itself but uh <laughs> apart from that uh <laughs> i try <laughs> Um, all right, moving on. Next one is uh, the end of April as well. The next generation PlayStation end of April. Is revealed. Wait, I thought it was still in March. No, no, we're in April. Going back yep. to March, Turtle Rock Studios announces Back for Blood. Do you guys remember this? No. Yeah, this is like the Left 4 Dead club. Yes. In yes, the I do. Don't remember the name. of March. Yes, uh, the Turtle Rock, yeah, the Left 4 Dead team announced their own Left 4 Dead clone called Back for Blood. I just looked, and we have not heard a single thing about it since. This is the fucking reverse Apex. <laughs> this is the absolute reverse. If Apex is up here, this is the bottom of the fucking diamond where they announce it and then go fucking ultra dark. For, at this point, nine months, we have not heard shit. Like, what are you doing? It's scary. Like, at least at least a fucking update. Send I don't, a tweet. I think they've even fucking... <laughs> I yeah, think this was right, a like, um, a investor type thing, right? Like in an investor annou- announcement. But they had a blog about it, right? Something. I remember reading yeah. the blog on the Turtle Beach page. Again, I didn't yep. remember the name of the game, and it was deleted from my memory. But I remember Turtle Beach. I'm like, yeah, right, Left for <laughs> yeah. Dead, more Left for Dead, but not really. Turtle but Rock. As long as it's, did Turtle I say Turtle Beach? Beach? The Turtle Beach rocks. Yeah. Turtle Rocks <laughs> Beach. Yeah. Damn it, stupid fucking turtle names. Why would you have two companies with turtle Bloody in their turtle. name? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what why, am I supposed to do? Why do you keep going to turtle shit? <laughs> Idiots. Um, yeah, anyway, I uh, just wanted to go back to that. So we're in April now then, hey? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is where uh, PlayStation, Sony announced the next generation PlayStation. At this stage, it didn't have a name. Um, this was uh, just a sort of low level, or sorry, high level, look at the playstation what it was going to be they later on in october announced a bunch of um specs so we can talk about that now but uh i guess the big thing that came out of this they got a, a jump start in before uh, microsoft and the um the big thing in, in this one is the the ssds i feel like this is going to be a, a massive jump in the uh console hardware something we haven't seen in i feel like a very long time um should have happened this gen right yeah. Like, they, they were uh, around, SSDs were around, M2, I don't think was necessarily at that time, and it would have been super cost prohibitive. But these days, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, did, did Sony say they're using M2? 
SSDs? I thought they were using a proprietary right. SSD technology. But Xbox yeah. is using uh, M2, I think, off the top of my head. Sorry, uh, jumping ahead, but that's the only reference I'll make to the Xbox for now. But like, it's awesome because they're super fast and they're super small, which is what you want yeah. for a next-gen, but be also the restrictions of a console box, right? SSDs are already small. You can just let them dangle in your fucking computer case, and it's fine. <laughs> we need to get Costa to just tweet this at Costa. Get that clip. <laughs> they're, they're tiny. They weigh nothing. I don't know what the fucking problem is. No, they're is. great, but like the M2 is smaller yeah, again. Yeah. It's like a stick of gum, right? Oh, it is. It is tiny, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and also... And it's really... Like, that one is, is also, like, it comes down to... Um, like motherboard construction as well, uh, because because it's uh, on board technically, um, like on board once you've plugged it in. I guess that's not technically on board. Uh, it's on the board. Uh, oh my god! Like anything else, you connect to a motherboard, Trevi? Uh, yeah, but not via a cable, fuckhead. Whoa. Fucking getting the fucking big fucking PCIe cable out so you can plug your fucking video card in from fucking 16 kilometers away or some shit. And making oh, sure that your PCIe so, cable is very visible uh, along with the oh, power cables in that. front. Yep. So that when you, you look through the glass, sure. you just see cables. And behind that. Otherwise, what are people to think? You know, <laughs> They'll think it's wireless. That you don't have cables? Yeah. <laughs> You've got some sort of magic wireless computer? Should I always. I fucking think so. That also tweet this one at Gerald. He'll appreciate it. Oh, yeah. He'd, he'd love, love it. it. <laughs> mm. um, so in terms of specs, we've got uh, AMD CPU and GPU. We know there's an SSD um, storage device in there, which is going to be massive. We've got backwards compatibility for PlayStation 4 games and, and hardware as well. So you'll be able to bring your uh, PlayStation virtual reality hardware across and use it on this thing as well. Um, they're going to have ray tracing on the GPU as well as some sort of 3D audio hardware or something they're doing with 3D hardware. Like they're talking about it being big, like a big game changer for, for audio. So we don't know what that is, but we'll see. And then on top of that, uh, 8K TV support as well, which will benefit the 2% or <laughs> the 1%. Less than 1%, on right? TVs. AK is fucking um, stupid. I mean, AK, AK is a is a dumb fucking jump. I, hmm. yeah. I mean, Sony's always been on top of, generally, usually on top of. I mean, they they screwed it up with the Blu-ray, lack of Blu-ray player in the last hardware, but they did. They they're usually on top own of that supporting future future proofing. Yeah, they literally own it. <laughs> so Microsoft has to pay money to have Blu-ray. <laughs> Okay, and people were literally buying an Xbox so they could use it as a Blu-ray player. Yeah, Sony dropped the ball. Yeah, yeah, dropped the ball. Uh, anyway. but we'll, we'll talk about a bit more of that later when we get to Xbox. Um, I'm fucking yonks off from getting an AKTV. I'll tell you what, I am yeah. ages off. There's, uh, there's even, no content for it, right? Like, what the fuck is the point? It mm. feels like the new 3D TV to me. Uh, like people are gonna buy them and then never fucking use them. Basically, I, I it might be too early. Like 4K is just getting adopted, and so exactly they, for them to come the out now. I think they're just future proofing, right? It's not a, it's not a bad thing to say because they basically just said it has 8K support, right? Like it could 
theoretically hit 8K. But you have to think that the other compromises, for starters, it has to, it'll definitely be 30 frames, right? Like, no doubt. It's going to be 30 FPS. Okay, so that's bad already. But then just because your textures look better, that doesn't mean that, like, like draw distance will probably have to suck ass as anyone who's played, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC and stuff and had to tweak around to get a good frame rate. Uh, you have to make yep. compromises. As if you want to up the resolution, you have to lose out somewhere else in fidelity, which kind mm-hmm. of feels counterintuitive <laughs> when you're like, hey, I've got 8K textures though, but I'm like, I, it's like playing Turok on N64 because the fog is 10 <laughs> meters in front of me. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that looks great once they but get that, through the fog. <laughs> that chair, four meters from me, looks Primo. Yeah, exactly. Like so chair. It's, it feels like I think they're just ticking a box because they're going for the low-hanging fruit cutoff of people going, oh, well, you know, 8K's out already and uh, why don't you have 8K support? So they just say they've got it, like it can do it. And cool. And and to me, that means it's got enough power to do what console should be doing, which is giving console gamers the option of higher frame rates and the games that still look great because I think that's going to become very important next gen. You know, as the yeah. competitive scene, it as is. we talked about before, like, you know, Siege made the decision early on to shift away from Xbox and PC. It's now PC, but you've got some of the top players. Uh, I think Virtue from Fnatic came from PS4. You talk to him about how long did it take you to make the jump? And he's like, it doesn't take long at all to learn the mechanics of, uh, you know, PC uh, keyboard mouse aiming. And that to me shows that they've made a fantastic game in Siege, obviously, because what translates more is the map knowledge, the, the you know, the skills yeah. and that stuff. And then you go learn the other things. So you can make the jump. And now that games like Fortnite, yeah. love it or loathe it, I'm pretty sure I know which side of that we all fall on. But I like the <laughs> idea that they're introducing keyboard mouse support on consoles, but also separating cues to have keyboard and mouse mm. because they understand that people want a cheap option, a cheap way to play PC or, or to have a PC mm. gaming experience on their console, on their TV which I think is is great, but also don't punish the people who are using controllers. Uh, so like things like that are already happening. And then cross-play, I think it's just going to become a thing, isn't it? It's just going to be standardized. Everybody wins, it's, including Sony and Microsoft yeah. win by having more people in their ecosystem playing their games, touching the things that lead to their stores that cost money. I don't understand yeah. why it's still a, a cockfight. It started well, in fairness. It's not anymore, right? No, but in fairness, started by Xbox in Xbox 360 generation when they had dominance. Yeah. I don't blame Sony for going, yeah, well, I'm not that they said this, but like, well, fuck you because you did this to us last yeah. gen. So now hopefully it's like, all right, guys, we're, we're, it actually looks like a very fair console race out of the gate at this stage. So uh, hopefully that persists. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think at the end of the day, we all win uh, mm-hmm. the more similar they are. Uh, because we don't wind up with we wind up with the focus being on uh, like making the best game, not wrangling the technology, which I think we did wind up was a, a hole we fell down for a little while uh, in previous generations. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. And exclusive I think content, it's be an expensive jump as well. I'm, I'm talking about third party games. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it absolutely will be yeah. expensive. Forget about the six hundred fifty dollar entry price point which i think we've kind of had the last Going back to a grand for sure easy yeah and they're gonna have to like uh, do marketing around that it's an investment because it is but it's also like there's uncertainty around that because we know that they refresh 
at a certain period of time. So I think like for PC gamers, you know, we are used to what throwing new innards in every couple of years, probably. Yeah. Uh, whether it's new GPU, yeah. RAM, hard drives, whatever. So we, we're kind of like used to that if we want. Anytime I go over to Nate's house and see what his games look like. <laughs> That's why he's like, no, no, don't load up any games, uh, Nate, please. I, yeah. I can't afford it. I just it. sent Joe screenshots of my games. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> are, you like, are you like, what game is that? The <laughs> like, same like. game you're playing. He's like, yeah, well, mine looks like this <laughs> picture of potato. Why, why am I all triangles? <laughs> <laughs> Wireframe. <laughs> all right yeah. um we'll get we'll get back into that discussion a bit later on when we get the xbox stuff uh but otherwise in may sony and microsoft entered a partnership to cl- collaborate on new cloud-based solutions for gaming experiences and ai solutions sony and microsoft um, this seems sort of okay yeah this seemed like a um i do not remember this at all that's good yeah this was this seemed like a jump towards taking out maybe google and their stadia um product which Maybe they didn't need to do in hindsight, but um, yeah, it seems like they were looking or working together ways that they could sort of bring gaming to cloud-based solutions and work on it together. We know Microsoft is doing stuff with things like Project X Cloud. Um, we haven't really seen what Sony's sort of solutions to that sort of thing are, and you you got to think they're going to be working on something um, to sort of combat what everybody else is doing, but. For them, those two to be teaming up and working together seems like a good way of... Or it seemed like a way of them jumping in in the pond together to try and combat whatever Google was doing. And maybe they'll back off a little bit more now that Google Stadia has kind of not been the success that they'd hoped to. They could get there at some stage, but at this point, it's like, oof. Uh, maybe try again next year at <laughs> some, some point. Um but you've anyway, played that. May was a slow month. You've played Stadia. Yeah, I, I have played X. Well, oh, played X Cloud. X Cloud right. And I don't think I can talk about it still. Okay. Oh. Well, I played. I played it at E3. It. Um, and the first right. thing I wanted to check was latency. The first problem I had was latency. The next problem I had, <laughs> and this was specific to the game, but not necessarily specific to just this game, but the the type of game. It was Resident Evil Seven. Was the demo? It was too dark. And because you have right. screens that already have problems in, you know, well-lit scenarios versus shadows, it, like, was unplayable in sections of the, the, you know, the opening mission in the house, like, where you just first get to the house. I couldn't see oh, anything. Yeah. Like, I was literally just running towards light sources to have a look around to see where I had to go next. But the bigger problem was <laughs> the latency tests. And they weren't, like super super like oh my god this is like the worst but it was just it was noticeable enough that i'm like this cuts out a whole range of genres of games um and it feels more like that kind of proprietary thing where you would create games around the latency input but then that defeats the purpose of even releasing the product (laughs) you know like mobile games used to like they launched quite limited and what they could do because uh, mobile games weren't that fast and controller input was limited but now they've got to a space where they're like they can do certain things with a mobile phone that works and translates in certain games that you were once like oh i don't want to see that on mobile it comes to mobile and you're like fuck yeah i, I will actually play that now because i've sure. got a device that i take with me and i want to do that i do, yeah i think uh game streaming is going to become a big part of the discussion in 2020 I see the application. I would love to know that it works. I don't think it does. And I think that the problem will be 
under ideal circumstances, they'll probably get it to a place where it works really well. But most people won't be under those circumstances. And the kind of people who can be under those circumstances are probably the people like people on this podcast who invest in their gaming stuff. And then they're like, why would I want to play it on a fucking mobile device anyway? So the mums and dads and the the casual sort of casual gamer crew where they're like, hey, play an Xbox One game or an Xbox Series X, whatever the fuck they're calling it, game on your phone. Xbox X. X X. Uh, XX. <laughs> play it on your phone while you're out and about. Like that's a great pitch for the for the average person. But if it's not out of the box doable, hello Joby. <laughs> With the eyebrows. Am I doing eyebrow things to be dramatic? No, I was I was, oh, I was right. just doing it. Uh but yeah, if they, if they're not if it doesn't work plug and play uh out of the box for that sort of crowd. Which is clearly what they're targeting, right? Like that's why Google has invested in it, because they're not targeting us. Why the fuck would they spend billions of dollars on that? They don't give a shit. They just want to provide a storefront and make you know back end money like Steam. Then it's not going to work. It's going to fail. And Stadia has led with something that I, from my understanding, of what I've read, the launch has not been amazing. It's been okay. X Cloud, from what I've played, is problematic, and it's always just going to come down to the latency. And even if you're not a gamer, you're going to feel that for something will feel off, you might not be able to put a pin on what it is, but you're going to feel like you're not having a good experience and it becomes a disconnect between you and the game that you ultimately don't want. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think next year we'll see more about what some of these uh, like bigger gaming studios are doing with it, like Sony and Microsoft. I don't think Nintendo is going to touch it with a 10-foot pole. But, um, like with so many fucking instances we wind up in a position where the really the best or only way to showcase it is with bespoke uh like content you know you cannot like the best way to to showcase it isn't here's a game you could play elsewhere it is here's a game you can only play here and at the same time exclusivity is like just uh it is a hard fucking sell in 2019 people get, upset. People get well upset <laughs> look uh, what happened with epic this year I, um, yeah exactly and or oculus right like oculus exclusives is the most yeah. recent one that has been fucking pissing me off we've got some some stuff further down on the list that we can talk about that sort of exclusive stuff as well um but like yeah like you need to have built something if not that is exclusive uh at least is built custom built from the ground up with the cloud-based gaming solution in mind and so it won't be something that is appropriate for like i think the most most used example is uh assassin's creed right that's the one stadia keeps using and all that kind of shit they keep using um assassin's creed uh odyssey because i think you know i think because it fucking looks gorgeous in 4k uh and and it's so easy to represent an action game uh but yeah everything i've heard from people who played stadia uh and played that game specifically on it is Mm. that it is fucking rough going because of how like how latency impacts a game that has a very um i guess rigid sense of uh success and failure you know, like in the old Assassin's Creeds, 
before they did their new combat system, you might have actually gotten away with a steady version of Assassin's Creed where latency was a, like a problem sometimes. Yep. But uh, nowadays, it just doesn't fucking work. You have to have, um, yeah, f- no input lag and too often it happens. So yeah, you have to have, I think the only way to fucking showcase it is with a game where that doesn't fucking matter. And that just fucking, like Nate was saying, you know, they're already, already ruling out a fucking billion games because uh, of light, a light situation. Uh, and then you're just chopping off a whole other fucking portion of the fucking uh, market because of, yeah, latency. Like, this, yeah, play any game. Oh, except for these ones. Oh, and these ones. Play these two games. Um, yeah. These are the ones that work. The rest of them. Yeah. Like but any networking thing, latency especially, the bottom line suggestion if you go into any Reddit thread or forum where you're like, I'm having issues with latency, is Ethernet will come up fucking right near the top. Are you on a wireless connection because interference, because it has more latency, even if it's slightly more than a wired connection, and they're literally creating a technology that is designed to be played wirelessly, not just Wi-Fi, mind you, 4G, 5G dependent, uh, that is already introducing latency and latency yeah. is the fucking worst thing that they're trying to fight. <laughs> it just, it boggles yeah. the mind. I mean, like, you don't want to walk around with some hardwired phone connection somehow, like a dongle. That's not my point. My point is that they're already stacked. It's The odds are stacked against them because if they're trying to say you can play new gen or next gen games or even current gen games on this technology... They're going to hit all of those problems. <laughs> like, and we're, we're getting 5G here, and apparently the big appeal of 5G for this is not so much download speeds as much as it is latency, because if I do a speed test on my home internet connection, which I have this desktop, for instance, is Ethernet connected, I think I'll get around 10 to 12 latency, which is great. If I do it wirelessly, it'll probably be around 15 to 20. Um, and then if I do it on my phone, like a 4G one off Wi-Fi, you're looking at anywhere yeah. from 30 to 60-ish, which is good still. Like, you could play a game. Like back in the day, I'm sure we all grew up on games where we would have fucking killed for 60 latency. Um, mm. Probably got called a loping bastard for having 60 latency at some stage. <laughs> so I just I just think... Even though hyping bastard is the actual slur, loping bastard is a backwards compliment. Uh, oh no, it totally was. But I was like, like when my brother was, but everyone, uh, my brother was a tech yeah, nerd, so we got cable real early when it was super expensive, and playing Counter Strike against people on dial up still, where they've paid like however much money for a Telstra connection because it's like, ooh, I got 120 ping. Fuck you, I've got an advantage, and then we roll yep. in with our like 20 latency or whatever the fuck it happened to be. They're <laughs> just stopping them, and there was a headshot, lot of headshot. a lot of salt, but that very quickly oh, shifted. Yeah. The other way, like, yeah. and to, to nowadays, to being oh. like region lock certain country <laughs> because of latency <laughs> or cheating, I guess, as well. Racism. And, oh, hey, racism as well. Yep. No, I prefer na- bigoted yeah. nationalism, Joby, is a more palatable oh, term. Yep. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Nathan has to leave the podcast now. Um, well, I've got the look him. to go bush, you know, get some guns. <laughs> Uh, um, 
June. June June came around. It, it was E3 time. Nate's first E3. What? We were only up to April. What the fuck happened? No, to May? we did May. Stadia was that was Stadia, wasn't it? That was that was all of May. What the fuck is going? I'm trying to keep up here. This is great. I, I saw Joby doing the maths on months. He's he's like January, February, March. <laughs> I absolutely was. You, so should, you just do I'm the do it on your hand, Joby. You know, absolutely the fucking counts. Uh, or do the song? Yeah, no, damn, that's good. I don't know, actually. Uh, no, that's 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 I, for I the do. the day count, right? That won't help you. Thirty days, half October, September, uh, January, February, <laughs> and November. All the rest have thirty-one, um, except for October, which has thirty-one days. Joby, you fucked it up already. You fucked up the song. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's kids listening to um, this podcast trying to learn. I hope not. <laughs> Ghost Recon Breakpoint was officially revealed in May. We didn't even touch on that because we, we shit all over it in the reveal. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, we we're like, wow, the shooting looks real bad. And then uh, yeah. we hadn't even scratched the surface on how bad that game was going to be. <laughs> I mean, the shooting was uh, fine course. when it came out. Yeah. It was the rest of it that was... Maybe it was uh, still bad, but it was just hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. It's quite a shallow gameplay uh, loop, right? But, I mean, we'll come to that, oh, I'm assuming. Yeah. Sorry. I, getting I, ahead. I, I don't know. I liked parts of it. Yeah, so did I. Anyway. Shut up, Luke. No, you didn't. Yeah. Shut up, Nathan. <laughs> you weren't allowed to. All right. Yeah. It does seem like May was pretty light on. Yeah. <laughs> We've been allowed. Uh, you E3, shall pass. Mate, was your first E3. It um, was. You got to see Keanu in the, fr- in the flesh. I did. Yes. At, at distance. Uh... Did you see him in the fresh as well? <laughs> like just fucking nude. He was the flesh, was like the flesh prince of Bel Air. That's a porno. That Probably exists. <laughs> the the flesh or prince of Bel End. Heyo. That is that's that's the. <laughs> that's the name of the podcast. Much. You're welcome. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, my first E three. Also, uh, my first doxing by a company, which is great. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that came later. Well, it didn't come later. I learned about it later. So yeah. I'm yeah. Uh, as if I wasn't already anti E3 enough. I'm more anti E3 now. But like it was good to have that experience for the first time. Not the doxing, the E3 part. Um, pretty crazy running around and doing whatever. But like even when and you guys will be able to talk to this. Even when it feels like there's it's not a huge E3. Like there's something big coming like a console or some massive killer app game. It still feels big when you're on the ground because you're just like running between appointments, right? And you, you're kind of hoping that yeah. you take a gamble on certain titles. And like, for the most part, I was pretty well off. Oh, fuck. I can talk about that fucking esports game now, by the way. They never told me that I could talk about it, but it's been announced now. It was that fucking game announced at that X event, you know, the racing one. The Mario Kart ripoff, the Korean Kart Drifter. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Holy shit. And I obliterated. I stayed for two rounds because I had another appointment. Uh, I obliterated everyone at it. And I'd suck at racing games. But it's very simple when I'm like, yeah, this, it's East, untitled esports game it was called. And I'm like, I don't know if you're supposed to lead with that, guys. It's Yoinks. I mean, it worked for the Goose game, so... That became so, a, uh, yeah, an esports game. I'm looking forward to I mean, the esports yeah. of Goose Game. Goose esports. Goose esports. Yeah. That is the dream. But like, um, there were some amazing games there, but none of them were coming out this year. I mean, Cyberpunk obviously springs to mind. Dying Light 2, which I think may even turn around Joby. What? 
No, Dying Light 2 I'm looks proper it. It sick. Looks cool. Yeah. Um, I think they re- uh, they ended up releasing. It's got a really good approach to it. They were talking. I saw a preview the other day, maybe just an interview. Yeah, it was just an interview the other day where they were talking about how um, they don't want, you know, they're, they're tired of uh, everyone talking about how big their game world is. Uh, they don't want to be the biggest game world. They want to be the most detailed, and that's a good answer to me. Uh, that means fucking, it's tiny. Yeah, come on. <laughs> It, did, it didn't look tiny. They released the, I think, the BCD thing eventually. Did they, right? Like, where did they go to the castle city? And the, did you guys watch this? No, I didn't watch this. I think they no, released, like, a 45... Like, honestly, is, go watch it. Oh, really, because yeah. it's my... Like, I was already on board because I liked the original game. Uh, and then when they said original game plus we've actually hired a storyteller, like a narrative person, because that... Dying Light had a really fun gameplay loop, but it was ultimately just fetch quest after fetch quest. Uh, yeah. And you had a lot more fun in co-op because of the bants and whatnot. So I, it got away yeah. with a lot uh, with me. But yeah, there's no denying that the story was not there. and There was definitely room for improvement in that regard. It sounds like they've done that. But the whole idea of, I mean, going back to what you talked about earlier, Joby, with linear games, like the consequences, the choice and consequence system in this game goes to such an extent, according to them, and it better fucking play out like this, that if you yeah. don't finish this particular mission that they talked about in a certain... Like, if you make a particular choice which ends with uh, this flooded section being emptied, um, which is part of an objective to let, you know, a, a, an army attack, but then they, they create that awesome deus ex feeling of, like, it starts out like you're doing something very just, and then through discussions you start to learn, like, oh, shit, this is actually, like, a decision that's kind of complicated. Which way do I want to go? And then you make that decision. Uh, if you do make that decision and the flooded area empties, you open up an entirely new section to explore. Like, it's a flooded city under there, and if you don't do that, you don't get that. But you also unlock a whole lot of more fucking zombies like that are under oh, so it's okay. what are zombies i remember maybe different zombie types they seem to be teasing that you're going to have very different abilities at nighttime they deliberately didn't show a lot of night stuff but the way that they've set this character up who is like the first game infected but the infection allows him to do certain things. And in the original game at night, the infected changed it into something else. So I'm wondering if they're going to go deeper yep. and make him, it seems to be because they're like, we're not talking about the nighttime portion at this stage. And like, why wouldn't you talk about it unless yeah. they've introduced some very different gameplay system. So I'm super excited. I think, didn't it get delayed recently? Was that a thing or is it still like April, May next year? Uh, I thought it was still April check. next year. The only bad thing it's not a bad thing, but like, is that when you go co-op, I think you're just like that fable idea that you're like a goon in the world. You're a guest. You're not actually taking back story progress and stuff like that. Oh no. Yeah. But I'm all about that. I'm still going to play co-op, still going to help people out, but I really, I kind of like the idea that someone else is not fucking with the progress of my story though, but I do wish that they had a better system where you could take that story progress back if you happen to play a bunch together and then your buddy decides to go on a trip or something and you're like, well, what's the, problem we ran into with far cry right like i played all of that game with you and then went yeah. back to my game and i hadn't even fucking unlocked unlock the dog i'm like like i like the, there are no surprises anymore it was still fun uh because it's a well-constructed game but yeah i'm like i'm sort of just going through the motions now like yeah eh. yeah and then i think there are, there are games that have 
where to unlock the bear, right? That's all that matters. Well, yeah. You unlock the bear, and so I was very easily able to unlock the bear, um, which was on point. But there are games that have solved that problem, right? Like it seemed... Oh, 100%. And that... Yeah. But I guess with this game, with branching choices and stuff, maybe it's a bit different, but does it have to be? Like, couldn't that state be translated back to your game? And if you haven't played it, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm not pretending to say that, like, it's easy. It sounds like it's complicated yeah. when you give players this level of choice. I'm still glad that they haven't cut co-op completely. Um, I'd say you're like most games that do this system, you're still able to take certain things back. Like I'm pretty sure Far Cry, you still took your, your money back and your weapons or whatever. Like yeah. you, you took certain things back, so it's not completely like, hey, I'm just here to help you out. Um, yeah. But it, that's the only thing that I was like, that's disappointing, not because that's a super shit system or anything. It's disappointing because everything else is like fucking up here. And this feels like it's like, oh, okay, you just kind of went with the easy option or easier option for this choice. Yeah. Mm. So what, what what for you then was, I guess, the highlight game? Was it Cyberpunk that you saw? Yeah, I mean, those two, <clears throat> to me, um, are neck and neck. I mean, Cyberpunk, if I had to pick one, absolutely. Cyberpunk looks incredible every time you see more of that game. And I'm talking from the reveal, the CG reveal trailer, Remember the controversy yeah. around that? Anyways, that was fantastic because it was evocative, because it painted a picture of some awesome world and then all it had to say was the people who made Witcher 3 and you're like, okay, well, I'm fucking obviously on board. Uh, to yep. whatever first look they had, was it E3 the year before? I'm pretty sure yeah. they did that. And then, yeah, because you got the figure. And then again this time, and it's just it just gets better and better. And you know that game's going to kick ass. Like, it's just, it's a weird feeling to not have any apprehension and feeling like I can safely have the highest expectations and it will be met. Because I usually yeah. try to go, oh, shit, I better start not thinking about it or shit on some aspect to kind of internally to feel like I'm balanced. But they're not going to release it if it's not done. They can afford not to. And they're supremely confident of what they're made to show stuff that they're like, hey, it's not final. This might change. And stuff changed between... E3 the year before to now, and I think changed for the better. Yeah. Characters like Keanu. Keanu changed a bunch <laughs> of that. Keanu changed, yeah. Yeah, and the way that, like, it's going to uh, be a trippy story, it's going to be epic, and it's going to be that awesome form of multiplayer, which isn't multiplayer. I know it has multiplayer, but, like, the, the discussions that we're going to have about how we did something will be different yeah. from... And I, I fucking love those sorts of games where you must... You feel so sorry for certain developers where they've done this amazing thing that people might not experience like the the red oh yeah is it the bloody the bloody baron in mm. witcher 3 oh, is yeah. the obvious yeah. go-to example because it's a side quest i mean not the whole thing like you start off and you get the main quest you can fuck off but why you wouldn't go and do that is beyond me and if you miss that jesus christ go back and play that part of the witcher 3 because it is the best storytelling yeah. in that game and it's incredible it's world class anytime i talk to any developer who is involved with a game where there's stacks of shit you can miss. I think the last time I, I, I asked this was um, uh, fucking... What's his face from... Um, fuck. Uh, f- the Prey guy. Um, Raphael. Raph, Raphael Colantonio. Yeah, last time I asked this. But yeah, basically I, I always ask... How do you, as a you know, as a human being, deal with the fact that you will have worked? Oh, he's got the mug. Um, how do you deal with like as a human being? How do you deal with the idea, 
that you have made a bunch of content that most people are never ever going to see. Most people who actively buy your thing are never going to fucking see. Yeah. And uh, it's always a fucking like the the way they uh, internalize that shit is always fucking fascinating because like yeah, it's it's a huge fucking it's a crushing idea for some of them like they're like we want people to see everything but like like you can't make a game where people will see everything uh mm. like that was raf's like raf's answer was you can't make a game where people see everything because he because it's not you know you're not the player isn't involved enough in the process at that point you know you have to give them the option to miss things because otherwise they're not playing the game they're just uh, playing the pressing play or something like that. Um, yeah, like that's fascinating. It's brilliant. I love thinking about it. Uh, but also, yeah, it would crush me as well. Like fucking hell. Well, they have to be able to get past it, oh. right? So they must have ways of dealing with it. Because I think if I was that person, I yeah, I probably would have to quit my job <laughs> because <laughs> just people are like, this game is shit because the storytelling is bad or whatever. Like criticism, and you're like, did you see this thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. All right. Anyway, we'll. Uh, I guess we'll we'll find out more about uh, Cyberpunk soon. That's April release date. I don't know if it'll make it. I'm. You think it'll get bumped? Cautious. What's that? You think it'll get pushed back? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, well, I mean, we've heard rumblings about this multiplayer. Um, it seems like they've only just started on it recently. But that's not at launch, is and it? They're not. That's coming later. Well, they're saying it's not, but. I feel like if we don't hear about this game being done by January or February, then it might get pushed back. Because I, I feel like they're the type of company that wants to be like, the game is done. But also, like, and then we'll spend the next three months polishing. Um, and if we don't hear that, I think it's going to get pushed back. I think that what we're right. going to see is, like, 2020 is going to be a, a great year because I think a lot of people, well, developers will be told that they can't, delay games too far because of the the next gen and when you're releasing something yeah. that's going out on ps4 xbox one you kind of don't want to get it too close to november when assumedly we'll see the new consoles right so i think that yeah. if it does get delayed it's going to be minuscule or if cd project red's hand is forced and they have to release in april they're going to say that we know there's some problems we're going to fix it and here's some free content because we made a mistake but I mean, you saw it. The, the, yeah, well, the first year that you saw it, <laughs> adding three, that looked great as far as a vertical slice goes. The next year, there was a much bigger look at the city and things like that. And I'm like, I feel like I could play this game right now because they were live playing it as well. They yeah. t- told me at that first demo that it was playable start to finish. And that's what that's what I mean. So their idea of like, I mean, you talked about them spending a few months polishing. It feels like they've had a game that they've been polishing for years. Like it's done and they're polishing and polishing because they want to meet a certain standard. They want to hit the ground running, which I fully respect. And not a lot of developers. Mm. I mean, they're a developer publisher hybrid, aren't they? So they have the leniency to be able to, the freedom to be able to do that. Something like Rockstar, you know, where they can say, yeah, we're not releasing it. We're not announcing a release date. We know you're going to buy it. And that's fine if you've got those resources. Not everyone does. But I guess that also comes into the vision. But they have created a game that, has ultimate replayability, right? Yeah. Like you- but, but what I mean is like, 
them coming out and saying early next year this game is like it's done it's feature complete now we're just polishing as opposed to we're still adding like them talking about oh we're doing multiplayer stuff now like for all we know maybe they are done with that game and it's their their release date is april (laughs) um i just wouldn't be surprised if they were like maybe we'll hold it off for a little bit i don't know i hope they don't Um, sounds like a bet sounds like time for a bet baby i don't know because i always win these things and you have not won your last six bets (laughs) all right let's uh, move on to you still owe me fucking ice cream I don't think so. Um, that was E3. Uh, explicitly do. In July, we had Tim Willits announce that he's leaving id Software. And later on, uh, it was confirmed that he's joining Saber Interactive. Uh, Tim Willits, obviously a huge name in uh, video games. Worked on some of the biggest games of our, our time. Quake, Doom, uh, Rage, and uh, <laughs> many, many others. Um, same, I don't know. I, You've hung out with him a little bit, haven't you, Nate? I've I've yeah. interviewed him a couple times. Um, He's a really cool guy. Had some drinks with him and whatnot. Down yeah, to earth. Seems like a really cool dude. Incredibly insightful. Knows his stuff. And usually, when you interview the person at that level, they're like super media trained to the point where you you feel like you get good answers. But when you go and review the the, the interview, you're like, oh, right, they, they weren't they weren't yeah. as great as I felt in the moment. But you know, especially when you get him talking about the history of of Quake and you see that excitement when he talks about how important a shotgun blast is. He was always Feels, a pleasure yeah. to talk to, you know, not just from a, a critic perspective where you obviously want those big names and those quality interviews, but also just from a fan, man. Like I cut my teeth on Wolfenstein. I know that he wasn't around for that, but like the whole like id software part of my shooter education cannot be mm. ignored um, from Wolfenstein through to well, I'm still playing his software games. So, yeah, he's he's an industry legend, <clears throat> and I think that was yeah. that was sad, sad news for me. I, I think it. I think we we obviously talked about this a while back, but for me, it felt like uh, this was him taking the fall for what happened with Rage. I think he was extremely passionate about Rage, and having talked to him about the sequel as well, you could see that he wanted to do that. Uh, I don't think Rage was a bad game. I think the shooting was exceptional in that in that game. I thought like they nailed the shooting in that game. Uh, it just didn't feel like it needed to be an open world game for for whatever reason. Like it felt dead. But yeah, and so at the end of the day, I don't think that game sold very well. And he needed he probably took the fall for that one. Um, so you know, I, I'm curious to see what he does next at, at Saber. They um, they seem like a company that does a lot of take a lot of chances on things like military shooter games and stuff like that um didn't they put out games like armor or am i thinking of someone else that's bohemia Bohemia. right um so saber has traditionally done sort of support right uh they did they've done some pretty wild games that that they did world war z um Vampire? No, that was someone else. What am I looking at here? Saber Interactive. Yeah, what are you looking Looks at? like they've done a lot of ports and things like that. Yeah, that's yeah. so they're usually a support team. Uh, but I know that his move there is heralding a specific desire to, uh, to drive them to do their own thing a bit. Yeah, right. Uh, and it seems so- like he's looking after a bunch of studios. 
which is kind of what he was doing back at it anyway like he'd be working on quake and he'd be working on rage and then not necessarily working on doom but no there is like a a godfather (laughs) on top but um yeah Mm. keen to see what he does next really nice guy Um, time shift that's the one they did time shift time time jumping game for fucking yeah it was like the one of the one of the first games i ever reviewed Mm. um not the first game i ever reviewed but one of the first i ever um i ever reviewed and uh yeah um i thought like i I hope he i hope he does well yeah he should um all right august we've got ninja moves exclusively to mixer this was a huge news story obviously ninja being one of the well the biggest streamer in the world on twitch uh, and then signing a deal with Microsoft to move over to their platform. Um, but obviously since then, like Mixer has signed a bunch of other people as well. Which Stroud, they're, they're... who I would destroy at Apex Legends. Like <laughs> yeah, yes, oh. absolutely. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're really pushing for, for Mixer. I've, I've liked Mixer in the past. They, they've really challenged uh, Twitch to do better. Um, we talked about like a bunch of the features they introduced way, way back where like multi-screen viewing um, yeah. which is something that Twitch never had. And they've slowly sort of worked towards that. Like you'd have to use apps to sort of, or you know, APIs to get that stuff working. But like Tw- uh, Mixer had some excellent technology in the back end of, you know, being able to do all these interesting things with their software. Um, and it really, you know, competition is good. It challenges people to, to try and make their product better. And that's what you've seen come out of Mixer. So I'm hoping over the next year that we see... Um, some really cool things coming out from both of these sort of streaming platforms, but uh, and like who else they end up signing? I think the one I said they would sign next would be, um, oh, who did I can't remember who it was. I thought didn't they hit up Doc? No, I don't. I'd heard they'd hit up Doc. He doesn't he seem like someone they would sign. Um, well, PewDiePie left, didn't he? Hasn't he taken a year off from something? He doesn't really live stream though, does he? He's no, he's more of a YouTuber. Didn't he get banned for saying the N word? Yeah, but like I think yeah, sorry, my point in that is that there's there's other platforms that are coming up to challenge the, the powerhouses of YouTube and, and Twitch. And I think right. people are looking to shift because those platforms are doing what fucking Valve did for far too long with Steam, which is to just go, well, everyone comes here anyway you got to come here so just fucking deal with it and now that epic has come along we finally see after how many fucking years like a ui overhaul for steam and it feels like that is really driven by actual competition because origin was never really actual competition you play righty righty rah but epic has come along and taken some exclusives and then steam started to go oh shit we have to pay attention finally and i think that that is yeah. why I like Epic Games Store, not because I love having another digital platform, but because something has come along to shake shit up. And it's sad that they don't see that that will happen and do it. Have you guys tried the Galaxy 2.0? Go, go Galaxy 2.0? Yeah, I've got that. That sort of like consolidates all of your like launches into one place. Oh, what? I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Came out like last week or something. Uh, I've been using it a little bit, but I think I have to like... 
make myself use it because too often I'll just fucking I'll go to play some Rainbow and I'll just open you play and fucking do it because you're used way. to doing it that uh, way right to, like the inefficient yeah, way to go on a fucking go galaxy and, doing that, you know, and you can see who's on and what fucks the what fucking difference um, so it's kind of like no, Discord in that regard then is it Luke <laughs> like then the idea of um, seeing what people are playing unless they hide their status I've not used I've not used it for a while I turn I turn mine I've, I've noticed <laughs> it's great uh, um yeah, like, mostly because, like, I don't know, I just don't want people to see when I'm playing, like, VR porn. Like, get the fuck out of here, right? I'm trying to have a- Own it, Joby. I don't need fucking judgment, baby. Own the VR porn. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the streamer I was thinking of was Summit, um, mainly because he was, oh. like, a really big- He brought a big resurgence back to Sea of Thieves at one stage because he's a big streamer on that, so it's kind of weird that they wouldn't bring him across and not- I don't know. I feel like maybe at some stage I'll bring him for see these, but we'll see. Right for streaming. Um, We'd boom him at see these. I tell you what. Oh, I don't know. He may. We fucking rip him up. We rip every kind. Except for Rand- we're the fucking. We wouldn't beat Randy Pitchford because I don't know if you guys know, know, but he is hardcore. At Sea of Thieves, and he, he we, is we, the Pirate Legends. They named him. He was hardcore just, before we, that game had we depth. We ripped up Pirate Legends. Yeah, yeah, I remember you guys talking about it. Isn't his son's room themed like it or some shit? Uh, I guess kind of. <laughs> I, I think it's of? more. Yeah, it's like underwater, like Bioshocky. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Right. Vibes. Um, yep. All right. Also. Underwater? What? Because he lives this underwater. Is room physically underwater. Yeah. No, he lives in a castle. Uh, also, in Does August, have a moat? you could put the room in the moat. I think he has a moat. Yep. Like, so put the fucking bedroom in the moat. Easy peasy. <laughs> How hard is it, Luke? Fuck's sake. Uh, also in August, Games, GameStop and Game Informer have massive layoffs. Um, since then, they've also uh, shut down through July. the Australian... Um, <laughs> it's going to happen every month, Joe. Leg of it. Like, Did we go through sake. January already? <laughs> I go no. I go and get a fucking beer and suddenly we're in... We've fucking skipped two months. We're in 2020 now, Joe. Like, catch what up. the fuck is going on? <laughs> Uh, so yeah since then they've shut down the Australian branch of Game Informer you can't actually get Game Informer at all I believe in Australia anymore I was Um, seeing uh, Milner was tweeting you can only get the digital version at the moment yep yeah sales are down at at GameSpot they've announced recently they're shutting down stores Uh, yeah big big problems as I don't I don't know if it's necessarily consumers not buying as much physical copies or just looking elsewhere places like amazon and things like that where they can get the games cheaper um and also have them delivered to you either on the day or you know order it and have it the next day um you know it's uh yeah it's tough for them i I, like i don't know what they end up looking like in the next couple of years or even if they're still around do you think that includes EB Games um, as well? Because that's like their parent company, right? Is GameStop? They are owned by yeah, yeah. I, I, it will be interesting to see if, if they manage to last. I think Australia still has a um, a more uh, a bigger connection to the smaller stores because we don't have the mega stores that they have in America. Um, not certainly not on the same scale. Anyway, um, there are a couple, but. 
we don't have a Walmart, um, which is sort of uh, fucking everything. There's a Costco, not that far from us, but um, yeah, it's a pale comparison uh, of the Costco that they've got in the States and stuff. Um, so I, I think EB Games might be able to last a bit longer. I think GameStop is attempting to transition into uh, digital sales and stuff. Um, they were just obviously way too fucking slow to do it um, in the first place, which is a pretty fucking... It's, GameStop's basically America's Harvey Norman in that sense, in that yeah. like utterly failed to transition and move with the technology of the time. Uh, and as a result, has, uh, has found themselves in in a very fucking particular spot, a very tricky spot uh, that they now have to fucking sort of dig their way out of. And uh, yeah, I don't know that they're capable of. EB Games, on the other hand, seems to have pivoted quite well into the... uh, The pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Market. Uh, Whereas, yeah, again, I think America already has a lot of that kind of stuff. The comic book store in America is a pretty... um, well cemented hot topic concept. and things like that around here yeah we just don't have that stuff here i just think uh, like retail so yeah the destiny of most retail stores is that they will die because of the convenience of online shopping uh and when people bemoan that they should just fuck off because you know it creates more jobs in another sector right and the retail shopping experience especially like if you think of eb games i've never had a positive eb games shopping experience i haven't had terrible ones all the time but their stores are too cramped they've got too much shit in there they have too few people working uh the desks and things like that so you go in and you end up just waiting and waiting and then you buy and something goes wrong or you want to trade in games or someone in front of you is trading in games so you have to wait for that i would just rather Mm. pay for the convenience of it coming to me even if i have to deal with shit fucks like australia post not delivering it and going, hey, we attempted delivery. I'm like, well, I didn't hear the buzzer. And mm. they just put a slip in yeah. the mail or whatever. Like, I much prefer running that gauntlet where there's a better chance of me having to do nothing except open a door and sign something yeah. than having to yeah. deal with... Well, like to... Yeah, so deal with stores. I mean, the, the... Sorry. Yeah, quick. but like to give you an idea, like I, I wasn't going grocery shopping for like two months at one stage over here because you could li- I could literally order food on Amazon get it delivered by Whole Foods. And then on top of that, their app tracks where the delivery is, which stop it's at, like like all that sort of stuff. So, you know, oh, maybe you're not at home at that time or, um, you know, you've got to go do something rather than you being like, oh, we'll be there between the hours of, of yeah. 10 and 4, being like, all right, well, whatever. <laughs> you can actually go do stuff and look at the app and be like, see GPS of like where this driver is at, how many more stops they've got. Um you know, if they if you're not there, they'll they'll put it somewhere where they need you know where they can out of sight, or um, they'll take a photo of it and that'll show up on your phone like where it is. And that's just not for groceries. Like I get stuff delivered all the time here on Amazon all now because I'm an Amazon Prime member. It's free delivery. I order some, I order something, it shows up next day. Yeah, we're, we're behind on that over here. It's yeah. but that's that's our future, including Australia. Is that idea of realizing that the delivery experience is not something where you should be supremely thankful that someone has delivered you something, which is how they treat it over here. Oh, we'll be, oh, what are your delivery windows? Oh, between 7am and 7pm. And you're like, okay, yeah, that really helps. Like I, mm. I can't leave the house for 12 hours and I feel nervous taking <laughs> yeah. a piss because they'll probably, <laughs> you know, and, or not yeah. even try, or I'm watching the guy put the slip in the mail, having tried to not deliver. 
and they just they just don't yeah. give a fuck when you call up. But it's going to shift more towards, and there are certain courier company, companies now that offer that GPS tracking in Australia. And I'm like, I would literally pay more if I was sending or to have it sent to me to have that because it's just mm. like Uber and all that stuff. Like it's a convenience factor mm. that people are willing to pay my, for. My time is worth the Absolutely. fucking cost, right? Absolutely. And that's what it is. It's like uh, I value my time more than whatever other bullshit. Yeah. 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 100%. Um, there was something I was going to say uh, about... Oh, that's right. We're gonna we're gonna have fucking we're gonna do a best downloaded game uh in our in our categories. Mm-hmm. And I am thinking about it and I have not played a game that I have not downloaded this year. Technically every single game I've played I've downloaded and installed. Well that is I, like I, a, no no I, I know, I know, game. I know that is not our yeah, that is not how the category goes but it is an interesting fucking like i would say that i play more games than most people maybe not more games than everyone on this fucking podcast but more games than most people out there mm-hmm. most people who possibly even listen to this podcast sure. uh, and i haven't gotten a game from i haven't gotten a fucking retail copy of a game in a year how good is that though? like like <laughs> it's fucking amazing I would not trade it for anything. I do not want a retail copy of a game. Um, you don't want this? Um, yeah, like, it's... I think that that's got to be a point of concern for sure. retail. Um, not for the consumer, but for retail itself. Yeah. And that's why they yeah. do all the exclusivity deals with bonus items or T-shirts or blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. to try and stay relevant. But that all change. It's already changing. Um, <clears throat> I think next gen will push more and more towards digital. The only like problem with digital uh, in Australia has been that our internet's been terrible. So assumedly, fingers crossed, if the MBN is actually finished rolling out next year and then they've fixed it so that the speeds are mostly as advertised, right? Then digital becomes the ultimate thing over here because we're so spread out and whatnot. We don't. Yeah. We cease to need the retail store for buying things, and and with companies like Amazon that can deliver a console to you, you don't even need to go in to the store to pick up the thing that you're going to play the games on. Uh, and I think that publishers are already all about that. That's why they offer digital extras and you know preload and things like that, so you can play it as soon as it drops and rah rah rah. It's because they're trying to train people because in that ecosystem they would get more of a cut of the game. Mm. And if retail disappears, it's not to say that publishers will do this, there becomes an option for them. They should, yeah. They can drop prices because they're creating more, they're getting more profit anyway out of a lower price. So they look like good guys. Everybody wins except for retail that doesn't exist anymore. But, you know. It's not going to happen. Does retail take a cut? Like when a game is a Steam code in a fucking box at EB Games... Do I assume EB get a cut? Of course, why would they sell and it? Then just, but does Steam also get a cut? No, I don't think so. No. It'd be like in putting a code. This is the no. problem. The reason that retail, like, sorry, Steam prices are fucked in Australia for something like Call of Duty is because places like EB Games fucking cried 
about, oh, you're undercutting us on digital and we're not going to support you on multi-platform. Yeah, we're not sell it. Yeah, or no, not about PC because they wouldn't give a fuck, but they're like, we're not going to sell it on Xbox and PS4, which obviously the publishers currently care about. But if you yeah. said to publishers tomorrow, hey, retail implodes and you're going to have to sell directly digitally, do you lose anything? Nobody's going to say yes. <laughs> they do not lose yeah. anything. Plus, digital means that they cut out the secondhand market, which we know they've had a vendetta against since day dot because they don't make any money on it on a resale. Places like Bethesda took that to an extreme. Was it a year and a half ago, Luke, where we were hearing about that at, at QuakeCon where they were yeah. trying to... Were they trying to sue some guy for selling? He had been given a copy of, I don't know, insert any Bethesda, Bethesda game here. Trying to sue people? Hold up. But this was like. Zenimax. What's this? What's well, all this? Yeah. He was They're trying to sell a. Unbelievably litigious. It was a sealed copy of a game <laughs> that he was selling as brand new, and they argued that it could not be brand new because it had already been purchased. So they went into fucking legalese. And, and at the mm. end of the day, the optics. What are the optics on this one, guys? Like, it doesn't matter if you are legally correct. You look like... Are we the baddies? You look like giant <laughs> fucking assholes when you do that. There is no way you spin that, right? And and also, I think that the law is probably on the side of the person selling it because it's their property. And, and then you would go into something like eBay because what eBay actually has definitions for what is considered brand new and, and new and good and very good. Like, it has a guide. So they will say if it's in shrink wrap, it's considered to be brand new. So I don't know. I probably was selling right. it on Craigslist or something that doesn't do that, which is why they got the lawyers onto it. But it seems like a weird battle that you'd want to start. Like nobody sat down and said, like the, the meth ad we were talking about the other day, Joby, like nobody sat down and said, said it out loud and went, is there a yeah. problem with this? They were like, hey, that works. Yeah, let's put that out there. That's fine. The yep. Jurassic Park no, line, you know, the Ian Malcolm thing of like, you I never spent so much time working out if you could, you never stop to think. And it should. totally is that. Yeah. And they clearly could because they did it. Uh, but should they have done that? Nah. And if they wanted to no. do that, shouldn't they have done that on a bigger scale, not targeting an individual and just saying, hey, heads up, we have the power to do this and the inference, we're not saying we're going to do it. You you know that dude 100% killed one of the lawyers in Fallout 76 or something, and the lawyer was like, oh, I can't do anything back, huh? Is that what you reckon? Well, we'll see. We'll see, motherfucker. We got you now. Selling a brand new copy. I don't fucking think so brand new. I'm fucking getting him. In what fantasy I land were they playing because- Fallout 76, Jeremy? <laughs> I, I can see you guys like fucking the fucking on how how did you fucking arrive at Fallout seventy six? What else were they playing? I don't fucking know. Blades? <laughs> Anything? Well, don't talk about blades anymore. Do the lawyers have to play Bethesda games if that's in their contract? I guess that's fair. That's a fair, yeah, fair question. I don't know. Uh, lawyer, do lawyers have to play the games by their clients, Luke? I don't know. No. You're married to one fucking she does, keep up ticket. Lawyer. You don't talk about a job? Come on. No. Nah. Um, we might jump into nah. September, October, because this sort of leads into the next bit of discussion. Um, EA has announced they're starting to sell their games again on Steam, which, um, yeah, I, I guess we've seen in the past like a bunch of people pulling out of like 
Steam as a platform and sort of launching their own uh, digital distribution service. And it's something that EA did many, many years ago, but now they've started selling um, their, their titles back on Steam again. I think we saw it, it was Jedi Fallen Order was the one that sort of kicked that back off, right? Yeah. Wasn't it a trial? Because I thought they were bringing everything back, um, but they were like testing it with this. But they're not testing it. They just have done their market research on the number of people, the number of people likely to buy it. And you know the number of Steam users versus Origin users. Does it make users. it worth the thirty percent? Absolutely, they've done the maths uh, very cleverly on this, and then they've wrapped it up as a good guy play, right? But ultimately, they thought that they stood to make a substantial amount of money. And last time I checked, Fallen Order was on a very positive rating on Steam, so that worked out well for yeah. them. Because you've got to imagine that publishers are a bit hesitant to launch on Steam because it has that transparency. And uh, yeah. even as someone who's in the industry. If I kind of am interested in a game and it's anything below positive, I, I'm not that interested. <laughs> like if it's down to mostly positive, I'm like, ooh, do I need to rethink my I purchase? I'm hyper skeptical. Yeah. Like uh, I saw GTFO, uh, which is that game where one thousand percent going to play. Um, yeah, we was, are. Like when it first launched, did not have the best fucking rating, and I'm like, mm, maybe it's not worth doing. Uh, but. Um, I believe it's up now. Okay. Uh, I think it was a very positive when I checked. No, I think it was mostly positive right. when I looked. I'm like, mostly, mostly positive. Yeah, what, what's the problems here? about that. Uh, yeah. Network um, issues, most likely. Yeah, I think it was. Um, but it looks like it's all good now. Um, yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. Like, the, the Steam ratings, absolutely vaguely informed like i still i read the reviews i go look at the yeah, critical same. uh reviews because yeah i'm not gonna fucking believe it at face value but like yeah the negative reviews on uh gtfo were like networking issues and it was like and i'm like well australia is extremely susceptible to that shit so that's like probably most of the time the reason i won't get a game is because of networking issues because i feel like we get fucked by it a lot harder we're like a lot more vulnerable to being fucked but yeah yeah anyway um what are we talking about oh yeah digital sales ea is going to go on a steam yeah yeah the other thing about it is that um steam had recently had recently announced that they had renegotiated their deals yeah but it was it was for like huge scale sales specifically hmm. and so if you sold like fucking millions of copies you were able to get uh, a bigger cut bigger cut yeah, yeah. or steam would take a lower cut um which i think must have informed their decision to to go in this direction as yeah. well because it's so generally 30 percent. steam's taking i think 30 percent at this stage that's a lot whereas epic was doing like 10 <laughs> They were doing 10, they were negotiating per, like, game, like, every game had a different cut, um, they were paying for exclusivity, like, all this kind of stuff, um, so yeah, there was definitely, they were incentivizing people to go to their platform heavily, and Steam was doing sweet fuck all, and Steam's fucking only move was for the top 1% of game sales, but EA probably almost definitely fits into that one percent so hmm. yeah that must 100 percent 
yeah. informed. All right, jumping jumping back a month quickly. Uh, Sean Layden has announced jumping back, back a month. Yep, back in August, September. What? Just why are you doing chill. September and October at the same time? Because it was a good segue. What do I not understand about this? Uh, Sean Layden has departed Sony Entertainment, Sony Computer Entertainment, after 30 years. Um, so he took over in t- 2014. Um, from he was basically like a, a second in charge at Sony, um, and has sort of looked over the the release of the PlayStation 4 this year. I feel like it's a good sort of time for him to bow out because, uh, yeah, obviously the PlayStation 4 was undoubtedly the the winner of this generation of consoles. And for him to be like, yeah, I've done that, like to try I and tackle it back to back. It had to stop. And that's what's bothering me. Oh, who we do? What? Don't worry about it. <laughs> How many beers have you had? One and a half. Alright, Cadbury. That's like the Jungle Book. Fuck off. Fuck off, bitches. <laughs> I can't believe I set myself up for the Cadbury bit. Um, <laughs> I just fucking walk straight into it. That's terrible. Uh, anyway. So he has... I'm not sure what he's doing now. I think he was... The last time I read, he is working on like the Sony Pictures side now, trying to get um, that Uncharted movie made, which still is not getting made. Um, it is. It's been in the pipeworks for... For years. They did another announcement oh, no, the, saying it's being made. Sure, yeah, but that director left. Right. supposed to be Marky Dan Mark is Sully. Did you not hear this? Yeah, I remember when Marky Mark was supposed to be Nathan. Drake exactly. So that's how ago. long it's been going on for because he's old enough to play <laughs> Sully. <laughs> he's going to play the fucking corpse soon. <laughs> yeah. It's too dark. I've gone too no, dark. It's the one. right amount of dark. Okay, excellent. Darky dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he so <laughs> Sean like that, Nathan. Don't be fucking gross. <laughs> That's just it was a rhyming joke. Fucking hell. Cut this segment, Luke. <laughs> just cut this section out. Just chop it out and throw it into fucking space. Yeah, and call it racist oh, joke. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it as an Easter egg somewhere. <laughs> Save it for when I run for political office. <laughs> That's never happening. Uh, so we've got, yeah, Sean Layden uh, <laughs> stepping down as the CEO of Sony Worldwide Studios um, after successing Jack Trenton. Um, so yeah, I think it was a good run. PlayStation 4 was pretty successful. They stomped the crap out of Xbox this, this year. And for, yep. you know... I guess we'll find out what happens next generation. I think, you know, obviously Xbox is really going to bring it. This next one, signing on a bunch of new studios and whatnot. Um, but yeah, absolutely. His work at, uh, at Sony for this generation, uh, overseeing everybody. See you, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. I wish I didn't pay that, but I love it. <laughs> Go. All right. And then we've got uh, November here. We have... What the fuck? The wood... <laughs> We're what? in September. No, we went to October. I told you this. We're doing October. And then you jump back to September, and now we're going to November. Yeah, it that's Christopher Nolan, you, know, you motherfucker. <laughs> he had a new trailer out today. Eh? I did. So I've seen people. Is it good? Does it look good? No. Tell me I'm good. 
Tell me. I'm no, good. it doesn't. Tell me it's I'm actually good. his weakest good. trailer, reveal trailer to date. Oh. But like, it still looks like it's going to be wow. interesting and bonkers. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. All right. All right. All right. Yep. All right. November. Um, Half Life Alex announced. This is a. All right. Sorry. My bad. A um. Moving on. A bit of a shock. Luke's got places to be. I do have places. Luke's to be. like. Yep. Um. Half Life Alex was announced, and Snaps. I guess the biggest news out of this is the VR game, which yep. upset a lot of people, um, particularly because they were hanging out for a Half Life Three. That didn't happen, and then uh, Valve is making a game for. Two percent of people. How many, how many people own VR devices at this stage? Is it two percent? It was like one point seven percent according to the last Steam survey. Yeah, yeah, hilarious. <laughs> but I'm one of them. I'm you're one of them, baby. You're the I'm in the you're the one point seven percent. I am the one point seven percent. Yeah, yeah. And Th- there's uh, a yeah people aren't. There's a video that came out today, uh, which I watched very briefly. Tested did a uh, an analysis of I think eight or nine different VR headsets and kind of got an idea for, you know, what is good, what's a good headset for Half-Life Alex. Um, and their conclusion was that Valve has done an excellent job of not just catering towards, we're going to make this for the, um, for the Valve Index, but they've gone out and made it work for like all of the headsets and it works really well good. from what they're saying. So they're trying so to champion yeah. the tech more than anything. Like they're trying to yeah. turn that one point seven into one point nine percent. Sure. <laughs> yeah, one point. No, no, Nate. One point seven is overall. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, but I mean, like they're they're hoping to turn that that number into one point nine. Was my diss? Oh, I think more than that. But they're trying. Yeah, they're definitely trying to drive sales. The the index is sold out at the moment. You can't get one. Right. So that it worked. Um. But I guess we'll find out more about what that is. They're saying next year. Um, yeah, and we'll see. I assume we're in um, either January 2020 or something, right? Like, <laughs> we're in... Because I walked away and fucking Luke's jumping fucking forward in time. We're now in uh, May. Um, 2013. Uh, BlizzCon. It is, it is May 2013. <laughs> BlizzCon also happened. Uh, I went along to this. R- really good event. A lot of fun. Um, obviously, the big... T- the big game announcement from this one was Diablo 4 and total surprise um, right yeah, you man. weren't expecting that I I mean we we weren't told what was being revealed but we kind of had an inkling yeah obviously a lot of rumors leading up to that event but yeah PR was extremely tight-lipped about what was going to be there they wouldn't tell us um and so being able to see that was really cool uh, that trailer was awesome. The game plays pretty pretty damn good. It's a Diablo game from what I've played so far. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely pumped to play more of that. I was so close to installing Diablo 3 the other day because they've got the new seasons running. Um, but I was trying to play through a bunch of other things that I haven't gotten a chance to check out. Um, but yeah, BlizzCon happened. It was good. I enjoyed it. Really good event. Uh, I've not been to anything like that, like a fan event. And I think they did an excellent job. It's um, really being like, fuck you. We, we we know we screwed up last year and here's what we're going to do. We're going to announcement, announcement, announcement. Um, yeah, I thought they really brought it hard this year. Did so. they talk about the mobile game version of Diablo? They didn't talk about it on the stage, but it was there playable. And how, how did it play? Did you play it? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Like, 
it, it plays well. It's like I feel like I'm going to play it once I find out how they're monetizing it. Ah, uh, it's just a reskin of a game that was out in China like last year, right? Like it was already a reskin when they announced it. Some Netties game, and and like they've reskinned it and they're calling it Diablo. Like hmm. that's dodgy. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, the music act, who was the musical act? They four acts, a bunch of people I've never heard of, but there was definitely people watching it. Stacks. Who'd you go to see? Who'd you go and see? The uh, which one Overwatch World Cup. The World Cup was on at the same time as the concert. Yeah, because no, the concert was happening at four different stages, and not in the Overwatch World Cup area. No, no, the Overwatch World Cup was. They were playing Overwatch World Cup in the Who stadium. Who were you watching at the Overwatch World Cup? China Australia had definitely USA. been knocked out at that point. <laughs> because it was fan- like, after all the China stuff that happened at BlizzCon, like, oh, recently you were... before that, it was like China versus USA. It was so good. He's American now, right. uh, Joby, don't you know? Yeah, he's, he's full fucking USA. I oh, know, I think we're all going USA. for China. He was... What? 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 No, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> Cut this segment too. <laughs> Cut this segment as well. Oh my god! Good lord! Uh, yeah, cool. So, who's yep. gone, eh? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty, a lot of fun. Pretty good. Uh, and we got Didn't December. The Game Awards happened over the weekend. Job and I did some some live reaction videos or a video. Where we watched Just one it video and then talked over the top of it. And we were also released yeah. as a podcast as well. If you want to go check that out, you can sync it up. And um, yeah, you have to sync it up. We have to be extremely clear about this. You have to sync it up. About 40% of it is dead air. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, like, it is literally just us watching the game awards. Uh, but it was fun. And I got pretty drunk, so. It was good. Um, some highlights from that, I would say one of the biggest ones was Microsoft's, like, showed off the next generation console. The the, the Xbox, Xbox is called. The box. Yeah, like Xbox X. Um, apparently, apparently, the generation, the next generation of Xbox, is officially called Xbox. Xbox yeah. So the Series X is the model. specific model. Yeah. And it's just an Xbox, uh, which has to be confusing for anyone who owned an Xbox, I suppose. Uh, but you know, it's no surprise to see them do. Uh, 360 on this uh, this issue. Uh, <laughs> why not with it uh, being the uh, the one, the one Xbox uh, or Xbox One, if you will. Um, Boom! And uh, yeah, and that's why we get a Series X. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, it's a dumb name. It's a dumb name. It's got to be one of those. It's, it's another one of those. Did nobody say this shit out loud? Did nobody fucking what if we just call it Xbox? Hmm. Drop the V, right? They were like, oh yeah, we're going to call it the Xbox. The Xbox. And they're like, drop the V. It's cleaner. And they're like, you fucking Facebook cunts. And uh, that's how we arrive at Xbox again. Yep. 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 Uh, so we got to look at it. It's uh... You can't stop fucking baby yodering this fucking podcast up. And I am... Mandalorian carrying your fucking bitch asses 
all over the fucking galaxy. That's what's happening here. You mean we're being adorable and the main reason that people tune in? <laughs> uh, appearing for 40 seconds every half hour and uh, otherwise doing Stealing nothing. hearts in the process. Still obviously, still obviously the highlight, but carried by the Mando ah. is all I'm saying. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's me. I'm the man. Um, so yeah, we got to look at it. We got some extra hardware information out of that as well. Um, they're talking about like backwards compatibility again with with software and hardware, like being able to use um, older hardware with this new device. Uh, what else is there? They um, they showed Stealth off announced the PlayStation Five. Yeah, well, I was gonna say they showed off some gameplay as well. Oh, sorry, um, I jumped again. which was Senua's Sacrifice. I was saying, oh, sorry. Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2. Uh, I showed which, off some in-engine footage. Yeah, which they're saying in-engine, um, which was... Not gameplay, no, which is what you said. Not gameplay, uh, mm. which still looks pretty. And then, yeah, so the PlayStation 5 title was Godfall. Um, mm. yeah. With our boy, Steve, from Gearbox. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Gibson. Steve Gibson. He's a... Uh, he's a mad... Mad titty fiend. He loves the titties, Nate. I don't know if he what? Knows, but he loves the titties. Uh, yeah. Every time he comes over, comes over, he calls up his boys from the gap. He's like, Joe, Luke, let's go out. We're going to hit some titty bars. And we go to the titty bars and he just fucking motorboats all of them. He is a fiend for the boobs and uh, he loves them. <laughs> all right. Titties, because it's spelt with two Ds, because he loves the double Ds. Titties. (laughs) Steve would love you, mate. He would love you. Well, just, yeah, just say, hey, next time, can we bring along my mate? He used to work at Penthouse. And they'd be like, yes. Yeah. See? Yeah. Yes. Nobody knows titties quite like Nate. He's an expert on titties. Professional titty expert. (laughs) He's the utter best. Doesn't create the Utter. best imagery in my mind, but <laughs> whatever you're into, Joby, no judgment. No judgment. Anyway, Luke, um, moving on. Yeah, we, we got to see a bunch of new trailers uh, for, for unannounced games and announced games, but I'd say the, the, the one that I thought was the best one, uh, Sons of the Forest. Yes! I am. Sons of the Forest. We were sitting there. Uh, I was making fun of it because uh, he had like... He had like, what was it? Slay demons tattooed on his arm. Yeah, which is a dumb tattoo. And um, yeah, and then it was you called it. You called it so quick. Uh, I I actually mentally went there just to talk everyone through my process. But I actually mentally went there and I'm like, there's no way, there's no way it's another forest. <laughs> and then when they did that transition through the fucking forest? rocks, oh. I'm like, oh my god, it fucking is. No. You know how they squeeze through the, the into rock. caves? The loading yeah. screen. The loading, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's the, not, uh, yes. The Mass Effect elevator. <laughs> a fallen order crack. Yeah. The, or, the, or sliding sequence. Or, uh, is it, it, those sliding sequences are hiding loading, right? Uh, maybe. I, I yeah, just yeah, think that when you slink through shit, that's definitely hiding loading oh, 100% 100% because uh, when the game was in think... early access it was you could sometimes get in there and it was still loading mm. yeah um, even when 
when I went to oh the Rita. forest, but there were a couple of times yeah right. the forest we switched back. No, that's all right. We moved pretty quick on this. No, that's okay. Yeah, I'm following. Keep, I'm up following. Keep up, mate. Like I um so so I went to I went to the forest. Uh, my mind first went to the forest in the helicopter accident, and then but I didn't say anything. And then when the three legs showed up and the multiple arms, I was like, wait, <laughs> this is actually the forest? Yeah. Yep. Um, I was I was too busy trying to not be horny on main, so uh, I was like, "Fuck, that's some sexy dancing." That's some Whoa. sexy. Hey, what are you doing with that rock, lady? Four, get, get away. Four arms. Yeah, you're gonna have sex with that rock. That rocks yeah. with all your arms. That's a lot of arms. That's a lot of legs. Wow. Probably two vaginas as well. Whoa, hang on. Clue correct is the forest, and then I moved on. This is about at the time of the year when we usually oh, play or replay the forest. The forest. Yeah. I um yeah, but also I love the reveal, like the actual title of mm. it's such a weird way to show that title. Like nobody is gonna be like clamoring for it. when it comes up. It says sons, and then it's like of, and then it goes the forest, and like who who is gonna be sitting there being like, oh, I wonder what this is, and it's like sons. How many fucking copies did the forest sell? <laughs> We're gonna be right? fucking like, losing yeah. our minds. Except if you're a witch like fucking Luke and can predict things ahead of time. Like, that game that has good. massive nerd street cred, right? And it sold millions, didn't yeah. it? Five million, apparently. And then they put it on PS4. I don't know if they brought it to Xbox, but it went to PS4. Yeah. Right. So they exposed a whole lot more people to the, the joys of the forest. I remember chatting to a mate when he was playing it, because I just, anyone who played it at that time, I had to send him a message, which I usually don't do because I don't care about people. Uh, but anyways, I was like, hey, man. Hagrid's the forest. He's like, oh, it's fucking sick. I'm like, man, the, the story and those twists, right? He's like, there's a story. And I was like, oh, ha, ha, you're story. so funny. He's like, no, really? What's the story? I'm like, oh, you didn't get the bit in the opening? He's like, no, I skipped it. I'm like, holy shit, man. You've got a whole... So there are people loving this game just for the, you know, the gameplay loop, the sort of survival, survival Minecraft. Uh, but there's a whole other level. I mean, obviously we love the gameplay, but the story, holy fuck. The rabbit hole yeah. I went down afterwards on like fandom sort of wikis and the theories and what I'd believe, what I didn't believe, stuff that we'd missed, you know, because we'd like run over to an area and just grab shit and we're like, holy fuck, we didn't see this bit of evidence to support this theory. Yeah. I love that sort of storytelling where they're just, they give you enough to to keep you interested and excited and to feel satisfied, but also enough to make up some pretty crazy wild theories but if you're listening to this and you haven't played the forest press pause go play all of the forest just had a look it's, come back it's 45 percent off right now as part of the winter sale on steam yeah and so it's only 16 australian dollars 16 uh yeah you you would be nuts you would be nuts to not pay that for this game it is worth every fucking dollar of the 30 dollars i spent on it it is spectacular but also play with and yeah group. like the 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 constructed story is amazing and then the organic storytelling is its own fucking special shit holy fuck. i've had fun like, playing that game alone fucking... before it even had a real yep. story the gameplay is that compelling uh, and then co-op is obviously played in fucking co-op it doesn't detract from the horror in co-op by the way which is something right. that often happens in, a little bit like you conquer the <laughs> The above ground and then once you start to get underground 
It's oh, you really want to play with Joby because when when someone won't climb a fucking rope and you're stuck at the bottom of the fucking rope because some cunt is sitting there and you're like, give a fucking rope, get open. Do we still do you some still have that clip thing with arms and legs? You must have that clip, Luke, with fucking... the with the TNT <laughs> where Joby's down the hole. And Drew, I think Drew threw tint. <laughs> and, and Joby, as I'm sure you know, listeners of the podcast, has a deeper voice, like my voice deep times 10. And it went to... <laughs> he dug deep and he found so octaves that should not exist for a man. <laughs> Did you throw a fucking TNT, man, you cunt? <laughs> or the uh, Joe trying to drink water to survive and me chucking oh like, a giant leg in his bucket. So, I mean, that's a whole other part of the metagame is just playing with Luke when he's trolling you. Yeah. Uh, when he's trying to be the a fine cannibal, one fine cannibal, and uh, yeah, eating every fucking leg he can find and trying to s- subtly make you into a cannibal as well. By swapping out your fish with a fucking arm or something. <laughs> oh, I've got to find those videos again. This so good. Yeah, magic. Um. So yeah, super super excited about that. They um. Oh yeah. Don't know anything about it, but that trailer was awesome. It was a really good drop. Um. And I thought it was the highlight trailer of the uh of the show personally. Um. Yeah. I, like overall, just in terms of the show, I thought it was fantastic. Like they really good pacing in terms of um getting awards as well as making game announcements um and then on top of that like nothing i don't think they did anything cringy other than maybe bringing out like the rock sorry not the rock vin diesel vin diesel and michelle rodriguez at the end to show off that terrible uh fast and furious game Um, i went back and rewatched our reactions to that and we were not kind. <laughs> uh, we or you? That game looks awful. Well, yeah, it was mostly me. Um, that game looks awful. It yeah. looks bad. Like, looks bad. Like, graphically. Looks, it looks fucking looks awful. It looks like an understand. outdated game or a mobile game. It looks like a fucking Wii game or something. Like, yeah. Which is weird because Vin Diesel, like, Riddick, you know? And that was one of the earliest instances yeah. of telling a story that's in the same generation but it actually at oh sorry universe but it adds to the universe and those riddick games fucking incredible so and he that was back when Gorgeous. if you were a movie person saying that you played games or had an interest in games you were kind of laughed at uh yeah. he was a trailblazer and now a, a cash grabby guy i guess i don't know is it meant for kids that game is that is that its thing maybe maybe yeah. that's what it is okay because that's the only thing, right? Like Apparently, Henry Cavill is a massive gamer. I saw this interview today. Uh, Henry Cavill was... Uh, if it was up to him, he'd be... He wouldn't be famous. He'd be at home pissing away all his days playing Total War Warhammer. Oh, what a fuck... Uh, that's all this nerd cred right there. Upvoted is, through the ceiling of Reddit. Cred. He has a cred. He can <laughs> actually that, now that's... fly with all those upvotes. <laughs> that's how he got attached to The Witcher, is by... I, I remember IGN, I think it was, did an interview with him at one stage and asked him, well, they asked everybody, like, if you could play a video game character, who would you play? Yeah. He was like, Gerald. Like, really? I just played through the game the second time. And at that yeah. stage, it seemed like he was pitching for it as well. Like, and he got there it. Was, wow. There was news about it being out there. And then f- since what's come out later on, he was like, he got his agent to go chase that 
because he that show comes play. out today, comes out in about seven hours. Good. Apparently, it's fucking great. Yeah, apparently, awesome. it's great. I mean, I I feel like I've got so many fucking TV shows to watch at this point. You do. I've still got to watch Chernobyl. I still have to watch Silicon Valley. I still have to watch Mr. Robot. And now I'm going to have to watch The Witcher. And I feel like i got a lot of time, so fuck yeah. it. Let's do and, it. And like, I'm, I'm excited. for. I, I just want something that he does to just take off because everything that he does, he's awesome in. And it take off? <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's a consummate oh, professional. Man. I watch interviews with him just because I respect his approach to the game, as in how he plays he the game. He was the one you were saying yesterday is is the dude who, like, like fully compartmentalizes his approach to fitness and stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, was that Yeah, him? absolutely. Yeah. Like, he, he's like, yeah, his body amazing. is his brand, rather than seeing it as like, oh, my God, going to the gym fucking sucks. He's like, and it, I watched one where he was talking about The Witcher and how it differs from, you know, like yeah. Man of Steel or something. And he's like, they wanted me to look big. But they, I also had to be able to do fight choreography. Physicals. Yeah, for hours. So he's like, there's no point in me looking huge and not being able to, you know, touch my toes type thing. So he's talking about how the workout actually helped him perform. And he's like, just yeah. casually mentions like, yeah, and it also obviously look good when I've got my shirt off in a, in a shirtless scene. But he doesn't mention it with this like wink to the camera, like you're going to love this type. He's just like, that's part of what they want and they're going to do a shirtless scene. Yeah. So I need to look good for that scene. And it's just, and then when you watch him in interviews, consummate professional, when he talks about his knowledge of the Witcher in terms of books, but also the games as well. And so he can speak to that instead of it being like, what was your favorite Star Wars movie? And they're like, oh, you know, I've never actually watched Star Wars or I've never actually read the book. But my interpretation was he's, Ticking all the right boxes. I haven't read the Witcher books. I've got no fucking interest in reading. That Mark Mark Hamill sort of approach, right? Like Mark Hamill's approach to Star Wars is that, you know, he is ha- like semi-removed, but unbelievably attached to the concept and the universe and like invested in what happens with it and stuff, mm. you know. But he'll also do yeah, what his director yeah, wants, which is, years. you know, The Last Jedi. Yeah. He's like, I don't agree with yeah, what's exactly. happening here, but you don't see that in his performance in The Last Jedi. You don't see a guy who's like, oh my God, this is not what the character's about. He fully commits <laughs> to doing it the way that the director wants, which is what an actor should do. And then later on, slags yeah. it off. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yep. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, super, super excited about that one. But um, yeah, I thought Game Wars was awesome this year. Uh, he, every no, year he, he, he does a better and better job. Um, so yeah, hats off to, to Jeff Keighley for pulling that one off. My name's I, Jeff. I really enjoyed yep. the, the stream as well. So um, hopefully we can do that again next year for the video. Looks like some people watched it. H- had some views. What's your favorite Jeff yeah. line, Joby? Uh, my name's Jeff no, no. as well. Uh, it's obviously... Come on. What, i got to pick something else? No, you were talking about it the other day. No, what remember. we do in the shadows. I... <laughs> if you haven't seen the TV series, fans of the movie, go watch what we do in the shadows. It is oh a very God. worthy companion. But yes, there is a, an unflattering <laughs> comparison. If your name is Jeff, you probably have to watch it to understand why you're going to get burnt for the rest of your life. But there is a comparison between <laughs> how lame your name sounds for this character and sad ejaculate. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's perfect. 
she fucked. It's better than my name, Jeff. Like it's it's that next level. Like they're like, how do we take this name and drag it more through the dirt? People people named Jeff are on fucking watch. They're on fucking watch. Um, yeah, that show is fucking amazing. Should I watch Paranormal Paranormal Investigation? Wellington Paranormal. It's okay. It's not amazing. It's not essential viewing. Right. I haven't seen the second season yeah, yet, yeah. which should give you an indication of like usually I'll rush uh, to watch yeah, things. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch it, but I'm not like, oh, why haven't we watched this yet? You know, so it's okay. Yep. It's more chuckle no, than, no. you know, the kind of huge laughs of what we do in the Fuck. shadows. Oh my God. Some of that show like killed me, like straight up fucking like pause, rewind to. To actually see the stuff I laughed over because I was laughing too hard. And like at some point I laughed too much and I can't hear anymore. Uh, yeah. My brain. I, I laughed my ears off. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I have been driving listening to um, How Did This Get Made, the, the episode of uh, the Street Fighter movie, and uh, had to pull over. Because I was laughing so much that I couldn't fucking like control the car anymore, so I had to like fucking. It was like everything. My entire fucking will drove this car off to the side of the road and parked it so that I could actually pause and not fucking drive myself off the cliff. Only like you know, I'm not, we're not talking like on a highway and shit. This is on fucking crazy, uh, crazy single lane roads. Uh, driving around fucking Outback Tasmania, like, yeah, like half dirt bullshit. Uh, where you know, I, I had to sort of be like at fucking one hundred and ten percent concentration at every fucking moment, and then I'm like laughing because they're talking about the fucking turn off the TV line or some shit. And I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I'll change the channel. Change sorry, the change channel. the channel. Change the channel. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh. Yeah, like, but still. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. All right, um, yeah. That was the that was the high, that was the game awards, and uh, that was the year. The quick that wrap was up. December. Um, what about real quick? Real quick. I know you're, I know you're trying to get into the awards portion because you're going to get fucking scoped out, and we're going to run out of time. But uh, what about uh, Oculus has changed? Did you see this? They've changed their fucking terms and conditions. And now what is happening is uh, Facebook is taking a lot more control of the data mm. uh, of everything you do on the Oculus. Uh, right. And if you do not accept their terms and conditions, you're locked out of a fucking huge array of uh, features from the Oculus. Right. This was announced in the last like fucking two days. Do you need like shit. a Facebook account to run it or something? You do, yes. Yeah. Uh, people are not happy because uh, obviously people don't want their entire lives to be fucked by Facebook. Um, yeah. It's some like pretty gross shit. Like VR is like at the cusp of really taking off uh, and really like kicking out. And uh, yeah, like Oculus is, in my opinion, the most poisonous fruit in the bunch mm-hmm. uh they're really fucking like i know the uh you're talking about half-life alex and uh the tested uh run through yeah uh, and obviously the cosmos i think comes off worst 
Um, but the Oculus Quest didn't do all that well either. It's probably the most affordable way to get into it. But right. if you take into account how involved Oculus uh, and Facebook are, how connected those two are, I, I honest to God believe that you should not. Even if it was a quarter of the price of the Vive, it is not in your interest to actually go for the Oculus over any of the alternatives, including the Vive. Um, like, the two main, like, Oculus and Vive are basically the uh, PlayStation and Xbox or uh, of the of the current VR scene, but it would only be that way if PlayStation was owned by Facebook and ripped out all your data and used it against you at every fucking step of the way. That's the only way that analogy works, right? Like, the cost of doing business with Facebook at this point is so fucking huge. I'd love to extricate myself from the Facebook ecosystem. It's, it's I feel like it's, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, I know people have done it, and you never fucking see them and stuff. Yeah, you need to find and things like that. Right? Like, I fucking applaud the fucking sack you have to have. I applaud the fucking nuts, the guts you'd have to have to fucking go for it. But, like, you are specifically, uh, like, hampering yourself in so many fucking social situations because they are literally ubiquitous at this point. It would be like opting... It would be like one of those weirdos who opts out of, like, believing about the Constitution or whatever, like... Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, your, your laws don't apply to me. Uh, I'm a exceptionalist. Yeah. So, uh, and you're like, okay, I get it. I love the approach. It does... It's not practical. It's not even remotely practical. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. And the Oculus thing is insidious at best it's insidious it is fucking hyper gross uh on on the most basic level yeah they're taking all of your info uh and like anything that's playing in the background they're taking info from so uh yeah anyone who's concerned about their data i already use my uh my messenger in a different uh browser separate from uh, my regular Facebook and I only use Facebook uh, as an app on my phone and I only use it to send pictures to my family. That's about the best I can do. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure all, everything I'm doing there is pointless. I think mm. it's 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 a fucking, like, uh, you know, the, the old re- rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic type thing, but, I th- like, I'm doing my fucking best. Uh, yeah, getting an Oculus at this point is, I don't know, scooping buckets of water and throwing it onto the Titanic <laughs> to make it sink faster. <laughs> chopping a fucking, chopping down the middle to, or throwing that cunt off the fucking half of the ship that's falling. You know, that one guy falls off the half of the fucking boat. Anyway, uh, yeah. Fuck Oculus is what I'm getting. Alright. Sounds good. Um... All right, let's get into it. Before we start, obviously, spoilers. We're going to be talking about probably spoilers at this this start of it. Um, if you have not played a game or haven't finished a game and we start talking about it, look the fuck out because <laughs> there's a chance we drop some knowledge 
um, <laughs> to try and talk about some of these things. So yeah, you've been you've Going been warned. In. Yep. All right. Um, we'll kick things off with uh, best downloadable slash digital game, uh, as as Joe would like to to rename it. Um, so we'll kick off a list of of things that sort of have uh, won, I guess, the last couple of years. So last year, twenty eighteen was Subnautica. 2017 player unknowns battlegrounds 2016 was dead by daylight and we'll go to 2015 was ori and the blind forest um all right and so going through some of the lists that i've got here i put some suggestions in we can we can add more we can get rid of some of these but here's some ideas uh and, and some of these i may have not have played but i just put them in here we've got life is strange 2 telling lies sunless skies apex legends Ape Out, Dota Underlords, Maud Howe, and Observation. Has to be Apex Legends. Any, any, any of those that you can think of that you want to add in there or talk about or cross out? I, I guess like I haven't played Life is Strange too, but neither have I. But it was digital. No, um, and it was people yeah, liked it. Sunless Skies, like purely digital. Yeah. Um, but for me, it has to be between Void Bastards and Apex Legends. And it is a fucking tricky one for very different reasons. But um, yeah, like, I I feel like they, you know, obviously both sit within the category very well. uh, But they, uh, the category itself is, yeah, like I was saying before, is is in a tricky space uh, as we move into a more digital uh, retail environment. Yeah. But, um, like based on our criteria of them yeah mm-hmm. uh it's almost almost like the uh the indie versus the big publisher right like there's yeah uh that's for me void bastards versus apex is indie did you play void bastards nope Nate? really awesome game like awesome game uh with such a fucking brilliant approach to how it played out. It's a shooter where you're um, you're basically a prisoner escaping a prison ship type thing, uh, sort of like FTL. Remember, did you? Ever play I didn't FTL? play, but I know what it's about. Uh, Faster than life. Yeah, it's like a first yeah, person. So basically, FTL. yeah, first person FTL. And every time you you're in this like little escape ship, and every time you move to a new location, it's a it's a new ship that you're docking into, <laughs> and basically. Nah. Uh, you have to get the uh, like the. You have to basically set your, yourself a bunch of priorities, uh, and as long as you can, uh, like set those priorities or like you know accomplish those tasks, you can afford to leave. Uh, and yeah, it, it is a it is a game where you are constantly compromising. Uh, you are either compromising about your priorities while you're on a ship. Or you are specifically deciding to not go aboard a ship because you know it's bad, or like, it, like yeah, the things you, you won't that are to. on that ship you don't need, or something like that. Yeah, and so it's um, it's a, it's an awesome game that has like such a fantastic fucking approach to its art style, to its story, like its organic storytelling. It's um, proper narrative like uh it's gameplay loop like that roguelike gameplay loop um that i think 
ultimately bleeds out by the end by virtue of i guess not really having enough enemies uh by like you sort of as you progress you go further and further into like the depths of space and the further you go into the depths of space the uh the harder the the badder the enemies become but they are large like they are at large um like scarier versions of stuff you've already same enemy types then throughout yeah uh, yeah but like upgraded you know like uh and i i I think for a rogue like that's a mistake and it winds up uh turning something that is hyper replayable into something that uh you you'll leave for a little while and come back to and play again until you get to that point where you're like oh yeah yeah i remember now i remember i get it and if you've got a if you've got a game if you've got a run that it is like the only reason i finished it is because i uh i bailed on it at one point came back a week later and uh returned to the run that i was midway through if you come back to a run where you have to start again i feel like i never actually finished one of those runs all the way through but yeah i came back to a run that was halfway through and i had like i had the momentum to actually wrap it up um that's the that as a criticism it is a function of the roguelike i think formula um and i guess at the end of the day a, you know a budgeting thing they run out of time they don't have enough money resources staff whatever to make a billion different fucking enemies or whatever Mm. uh and it's only particularly uh noticeable because of you know it's a first person game and because of the way you learn the enemies and stuff like that um but it's still yeah it's still a brilliant experience and really like super funny like in that sort of hitchhiker's guide style (laughs) way um like really well executed great uh art style yeah and it just winds up being a really fucking good game that i really fucking liked um and i yeah i heartily recommend to everyone so for me yeah void boss is way up there apex legends on the other hand well before we go there the other one i put on the list was um underlords dota underlords yeah for me um like it it's not my most played game this year but it's my second most played game this year if that game would have been released I mean, technically, it's still in early access, but we're at a stage now where it's games as a service. Like that, Fortnite is an early access game still. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, and so that to me feels like a finished. It's a it's a game that I can play, and it's a really good game. If that game had come out early in the year, I it'd be a toss up between those two. Um, for me, but yeah, I think. Uh, I think it's probably Apex for me at this stage as well. I think it's changed the way that we've we've sort of looked at um, communication in games. Like, what was the big thing? That ping system has redefined team play in video games, for multiplayer games at least. And that's yeah. massive. It should become the new standard. Yeah. You know, like cover-based shooters should have all borrowed from should. Gears because Gears fucking perfected it. It's tweaked it since, but really yeah. you can still see Gears 1 and Gears 5. Um, and those are yeah. the parts that really work. And I don't think there's anything wrong with ripping that shit off wholesale unless you can add to it. 
just fucking do it unless they've somehow put a patent on it which i don't think they have you also mentioned mordhau in there i've played more mordhau than apex legends but mordhau was always going to hit that spot similar to whatever game we were talking about earlier uh, titanfall 2 with the only people being around being sweat lords and yeah. you can tell like certain games like battlefield 5 when someone has a rank that's higher than yours it's not necessarily indicative of skill obviously ranks that are linked to yep. play hours which is true of mordhau as well but when you go into mordhau and yeah. you see like a level fucking 200 i think it taps out at you know you're not in for fun uh but within that, having played it again recently, um, it's a lot of fun, but you have to like kind of accept that you're going to have your ass kicked. So what you do is you build certain characters around that. Yeah. And you become an archer is what I'm really trying to say. <laughs> you steal <laughs> yeah, kills, people. people rage at you, and you have fun. But that game is really... You're in it for that 30% damage and hoping that you'll... You're the last hit. Yeah, you wait for them to do the hit and then you shoot your friend in the back and they die and whoops. Uh, But like that that (laughs) game was chivalry, like better chivalry. I think we had a lot of fun with it at launch. We came back to it not long after and it had already become a sweat palace where people were exploiting... Well, not necessarily exploiting, but just picking the weapons that had the most success exclusively and you were getting killed by, you know, the war axe or whatever other one was in at the time which made it less fun the arming sword i think the arming sword was at launch yeah and then the war axe when we came yeah, back to it and yeah war axe was the was yeah yeah i remember now yeah uh, that was annoying as fuck. but so that was more balancing fixes but i think like with a smaller team they're slower to do it they, they were better than the chivalry team because who refused to. chivalry team straight up refused to get rid of bugs and counted it as part of a skill ceiling like glitches which i fundamentally fucking disagree with it and especially in a game like that that is so rewarding when you get into a duel where you're blocking you're countering and all that sort of stuff that's when the game is the most fun you don't mind losing those duels but when some fucking yeah. clown is exploiting the mouse sensitivity so they can like spin around and turn a what should be an overhead swing into yeah like a swing that hits everyone or hitting you from a backswing like when they pull the sword or axe over the back of their head and you're running up behind them they hit you i guess it's kind of somewhat realistic but it's also shit because there's no skill in that kill and mordhau has been very quick to eliminate all of that bullshit well the vast majority of the bullshit people still find ways to exploit things but it feels a lot more skill based but i mean yeah even though i played more like and i played less of apex legends i really liked what i played of apex legends as far as um, battle royale game goes games go if i was way more into them which i'm not i would probably play that more than anything else because it it's your mood right it's your it's your approach to battle royale you want the fucking pace yeah and apex is absolutely pace. yeah and uh, no fall damage and stuff so it's really rewarding that that sort of like clip mentality you were talking about with titanfall 2 seems to be a driving factor at respawn is them thinking what is going to be the gif or the montage that people are sharing and working backwards from that. And I really like that approach, even if you don't end up sharing clips, because that still makes for a bullshit exciting moment that you experienced, even if you don't capture it and share it. I think that's a really good approach to making games. And Apex definitely had that, even though I was still like, when I was playing with you guys, like, I don't know what these guns do (laughs) half the time, but you were still getting... In moments where the mechanics allowed you to do the kind of things of how I think. That's why I always liked 
things like Quake and Tribes, anything that makes you think in combat as a three-dimensional space, uh, first-person shooter, yeah. has my vote. And I mean, they talk a lot about verticality, but this had more than just verticality. Uh, and it when you pulled off some shit that you were like, I'm going to do this trick and here's the result I hope for and it worked, you're like, okay, cool. Yep, no, I get it. I absolutely got the appeal yeah. of that game. Uh, and I don't know. If you guys still play it, I'll probably play more of it. But I still play it, but... In a different region. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very different to PUBG, I feel like. Um, yeah, like, yeah, for me, Apex, the only reason Apex played off for me... Uh, it wouldn't like even PUBG's resurgence wouldn't have taken me away from Apex, except for at the end of the day, the same reason I wound up stopping playing Overwatch, and it was a gross monetization element. Um, they were, I felt they were attempting to exploit it, their players yeah. uh, in a way that I simply wasn't comfortable with. And I've gone back a couple of times and I have varying amounts of fun, but it's so difficult to switch between battle royales. It is so difficult to switch between them. And I have such a hard time getting back into the correct mentality when playing Apex uh, so that I don't, you know, you, you wind up not pushing when you should. Uh, you wind up fucking uh, uh, like crouching around corners or hiding in fucking houses when Apex is just not a game where you want to do that. You know, like hardcover is great, but it's uh, it's a momentary thing. You want to be able to push. You want to be able to assault a fucking position and take the attacker advantage uh, of dictating the pace of the engagement. Apex actually really rewards that, whereas PUBG uh, generally rewards uh, holding a position. Slow gameplay. And, uh, yeah, and slow playing it instead. Um, and it's, yeah, so it's not that Apex is bad. It's actually, like, it's fucking amazing at it. Uh, it's just so hard to switch between PUBG and Apex because they're so fucking different and yet so very similar. And so I have a really tough time transitioning at the end of the day, uh, which is why I really like fucking fire, uh, firestorm, firestorm, um, because I felt like it was the perfect fucking middle ground, right? Like you were, you could find a lot of success. We found a lot of success in the fucking six games that we played. Uh, <laughs> we found a lot of success in uh, in assaulting. And we found a lot of success in holding. Like, it was a game where you, like, because I think Battlefield is built that way, right? Like, Battlefield is built in such a way where, like, at the end of the day, you can really dictate your own success. You get to carve the path uh, to victory uh, out of your own merits a lot of the time, which is why when we were playing fucking Wake Island the other day, and we're playing Breakthrough, and uh, defending on Breakthrough on Wake Island is one of the most heinously lopsided fucking game experiences <laughs> yeah, I've ever had. It is ridiculous. You are not supposed to win on defense on Breakthrough on Wake Island. And we fucking did it. It was to the wire, but we did it. Uh, epic. 
epic fucking moment, right? Like, huge shit. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Battlefield affords players that opportunity if they are good enough, but it comes down to being good enough. And obviously, you can hold a position in Apex and you can assault a position in PUBG. But, uh, yeah, Firestorm was that balancing act that I think, you know, afforded it either way more often than not. Which just makes Firestorm makes that much more of a fucking shame. We'll try and bring yeah. it back then. Uh, huh? I know. Get some servers popping. Try and be. Maybe. Yeah. Over Christmas. I don't know. It's worth a shot for half an hour. If we can get it to go. Half an hour. I'm about. Um, but yeah. Apex, yeah. If it wasn't for that monetization uh, scheme, I'm going to say, uh, then yeah, I'd probably still be playing. But that's the one but, everyone's uh, doing, right? Is the, the season pass track system. Yeah. Um, it was just, and at the, the the limits of time event skins and stuff. I don't care about skins. Uh, I divorced myself from the skin economy in every game that I play, uh, but I can still see exploitation when it's happening, and it feels gross, and I don't want to participate in it. You know, uh, and I don't feel that uh, PUBG is doing that uh, most of the time. Um, and yeah, Apex doing it just felt too icky for me to continue. And then I just wasn't able to return, you know? That's all, that's all it is, it was in the end for me. But, uh, yeah, no question that Apex is the downloadable game of the year, in my opinion. Like, just in terms of scale, in terms of, uh, breadth and effort and, yeah, like, what it has done to gaming uh, and games yeah yeah it is it it has done some shit void bastards is uh an amazing game uh but yeah i don't think it i don't think it revolutionized how i looked at games right. at all and apex certainly did i and i can counter that by saying that i wasn't a fan of void bastards <laughs> like i just didn't i didn't think i didn't like the shooting i didn't like the stealth I think the art style was was fine. Just I could I tried so fine. hard to get into that game. I just couldn't. Alright, hate on. Yeah, it's not like um not FTL. What was the other one that, that people really liked? Uh that they made they, well, same if, as FTL. Yeah, they made Into the Breach. That, into the Breach. So like I couldn't like I tried so Three hard to Epic get into that. Today. Yeah. I believe it's free on Epic Game Store today. Ooh, if you haven't played it, Nate. I'm going to... Uh, which one? Void Bastards or Into the Breach? Enter the Breach. Enter the Breach, right. I'm adding notes. It's a strategy into, game. into the Breach? Enter the Breach? What the fuck it's called? I'll find it. But yeah. Yeah. Good. All right, let's go. Apex let's Legends do now. Downloadable game there. Boom. So we've got 34 um, minutes to get through how many categories, Luke? Uh, there's a lot. Easy. Um, sports Racing Fighter. Last year... Pass. Skip. <laughs> we had uh, this would be a good one um, skip well, I've lost the page where is it last year was oh, Forza skip. Horizon 4 uh, Project Cars 2 in 2017 Forza Horizon 3 in 2016 and then Rocket League in 2015 nice. um, so here's some suggestions Trials Rising Dead or Alive 6 MLB The Show 19 Mortal Kombat 11 Team Sonic Racing Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel Fueled 
uh, F1 2019, that one's for Heath. Madden NFL 20, NBA 2K 20, NHL 20, FIFA 20, or Need for Speed Heat. Trials Rising, the end. I, th- I think the only game I've played on here is Trials Rising. Well, no, and NBA 2K 20. And there's a couple on here Crash. I've played, but the one I've played the most is Trials Rising and NBA. Yeah. But I don't like NBA's monetization, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's trials, right? Yeah. Can we just go on trials. It's got to be trials. I played Mortal Kombat as well, and it was good, but it didn't add enough that was new for me to go. Holy sure. fuck, guys! You got to yeah. go back to Mortal Kombat because it is, you know, it's it's Mortal Kombat, and that's not a diss. It just hasn't yeah. really evolved or iterated too much, at least not for me, a person who's not playing competitively. For me to go, this yeah. is a killer entry. You know, it's it's fine, it's good, and if you love that series, go play it. But yeah, it wasn't. There was nothing that blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Trolls Rising. There you go. Uh, next up, Action and Adventure game. Oh, so this will be harder to get there. through. Oh, this is a list. <laughs> this might be the biggest list we've ever had. Hold on to your butts. Um, so 2018 would have been Red Dead Redemption, I believe. Yep. Red Dead Redemption 2 last year. Uh, 2017, yep. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. 2016 was Gears of War 4. And then in 2015 was um, Just Cause 3. And before that, 2014 was uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. So here's some games. There's a lot. Uh, and feel free to add any. We've got Resident Evil 2 Remake, Devil May Cry 5, Days Gone. I know you love that one, Nate. Uh, Tom Clancy's The Division 2, A Plague Tale, Innocence, Outer Worlds. Sorry, no, Outer Wilds. Ooh, of course, I was going to get that Good save. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, Control, Blair Witch, Gears 5, The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening. That's the uh, the remastered. Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Darksiders Genesis, Observation, and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Fuck. Oh, well, you're not going anywhere at one, Luke. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) That is dense. There's a lot to pick apart in this one. If I were to pick two, it would be Sekiro and Control. And based on what I know about having thought about the end of this fucking podcast and our ultimate game of the year, I know this is a fucking pointless discussion. Uh, But I think Control is the easy winner. It did so much more with what it had. And I say this as someone who has, for literally a decade, enjoyed trolling the fuck out of you by shitting on Remedy Games. Oh, uh, really? Um, Not oh, an Alan so Wake much. fan? Oh, it's been... Uh, he did like Alan Wake. He's taken the piss. I did like Alan Wake. Uh, no, I did like Alan Wake, but there was... Quantum Break did, Like what was, was the... What was the you know, Alan Wake one some year uh, versus another game, right? right? Uh, whatever year Alan Wake came out, and uh, I remember desperately shitting on it for an hour to try to convince everyone that, and it still didn't happen. But um, Alan Wake hasn't won anything that I've got listed here. Oh wait, when did it come out? Anyway, ages ago. And do you like American Nightmare? Anyway. No, it's okay. like American Nightmare. Um, 
I I liked I liked Alan Wake. It was just it did things that I didn't love. You know, the robbing you of all your weapons at the end of a chapter and all that kind of shit just annoyed the fuck out of me. It just yeah felt like a game that you weren't supposed to play in one big. No, it was intended as episodic, uh, right? The story was told that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So anyway, saying all of this, knowing that you love fucking Remedy more than fucking your wife, uh, like Control was a fucking spectacular game. It was fucking amazing. It didn't really do anything wrong except for its checkpointing system, which can go fuck itself. But I've now seen a worse checkpointing system, right? Like that's it was the worst checkpointing system I'd seen all year. And then you played But now I've encountered worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, now I have a different metric for what a bad checkpointing system is. And uh, control um, doesn't come off that bad. Sekiro, on the other hand, I have so many fucking problems with. Uh, even though it is, I think, you know, brilliant. It's just a bad Souls game. Um, I'm trying to measure a bad Souls game, which is a genre I fucking love to death, um uh from the souls creators against a great other game and yeah like i have to arrive at a position where i'm like well is a bad is is getting a bad souls game better than yeah everything else yeah yeah it's like the the john wick discussion right it's like what's the best john wick film and it's like they're all fucking amazing but you still have to rank them one two three easy (laughs) done Three one two, Luke. Oh, one three two. <laughs> Do we all just say different things? <laughs> um, but but like going back to that, like Sekiro and, and the Dark Souls, uh, and even Bloodborne. The reason why this Sekiro is in here and not RP, the RPG category is because it's it's there are no RPG elements in this game. They've removed all that stuff. You're not putting yeah. stats into um into you know strength or stamina anymore it's purely what you start off with at the start of that game is basically what you end up at the end of that game other than you learn some moves later on um and they're not a lot of moves there's only like four or five and then you you sort of switch between um uh, you know different ones that you can go up with but apart from that like yeah you're just uh you're given a sword and off you go um, so yeah. it, it's a very different game to the Dark Souls um, formula, but it still adheres so fucking closely to to the tenets, you know, the fucking yeah, the core concepts. It is a simplified Souls experience in a lot of ways, and yet it is probably the hardest of the series. Mm-hmm. I would say harder than Bloodborne, which I had a significant amount of difficulty with initially as well sure like yeah uh, like they, i think it's are. it's the hardest uh, i read this in my review it's the hardest from software game they've ever made um yeah and like that's a testament going back to I, i've played um i played dark souls 2 as my first one then i played three and then i went and played one and that was a breeze in the park right if yeah. they've they the way they design these games, they they need to make them harder every time, um, because at some stage, I mean that's just the way they work, and they're they're doing a really good job of that. Like, I know that you don't like the phased boss fight system, but if they didn't have that in there, then I don't. Then I feel like it'd be easy an easier game. 
um, because you're no longer learning movesets. You just you find the one thing that works and then you get through that. By having the phase boss fights in there, you end up with like learning, all right, this is how I get past this particular phase. And then all of a sudden the thing has half health and now it's got a different moveset and you've got to try and learn that now. Uh, and I feel like it does a really good job of every um, boss is completely different from the last one. In um, in their other uh, from software games like Dark Souls, it felt like there was a lot of, all right, I just need to stand close to this thing and just do circles around it. And eventually, if I do the right thing, I'll, I'll kill it. Um, that's kind of the mentality I went through with Dark Souls 2. And then Dark Souls 3 started to branch out from that. And then this got to a point where it's like, you know, the way you fight um, some of the characters are completely different to like the way that you fight the bull or um, uh, the the fucking gorilla that you think you've killed and it comes back to life and it starts just wailing on you. Like the way you approach every boss in that game. I don't agree. Is so I don't different. agree with that. I don't agree with that assessment at all. To be honest, there are Sekiro is defined by its sorty dudes, right? Well, there like, are many yes, bosses. There are there are there are some of them some bosses who are extremely different um like the fucking monkey or the fucking bull i guess to an extent but yeah most of them are you fight the owl you fight the owl again you fight fucking genshiro you fight genshiro again you fight fucking uh lady butterfly twice like you f- and they've all got multiple phases so you're essentially doing the same boss fight over, 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 over. By the time you get to the last one with Swordy Boy, right, where you, who you have to fuck kill four fucking times. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Fuck that shit, man. Like, yeah, no, I get what you're saying about the phases, and I definitely agree with the concepts, especially if you look at it in front, like frame it around the idea of Dark Souls One, where you can literally beat the like the way I finished the last boss fight was teaching myself to parry on the six nights on the run down mm-hmm. to the last boss fight. Once you learn how, once you have nailed parrying and then you spend one fight against the, the big boss learning his parry window. And once you learn that parry window, you can beat him in two fucking hits. Um, like, yeah, comically easy uh, if you le- learn that one trick. But uh, what they learned in Dark Souls 2 and what they learned of Dark Souls 3 was to not have a one trick. Like, that was basically it. That was the balance. It wasn't repeatedly fucking making you do the same fight again. It was making, well, Dark Souls 3 a little bit better. Like, instead, they were getting you to fucking learn how to fight uh, a big boss. And they were monumental, memorable fights. Hmm. Whereas... Yeah, the most memorable fight from Sakuro is either four stage fuckhead or the ape, I guess, right? Like, <laughs> in my opinion, uh, and I, they're memorable f- for the shock factor more than the actual fight factor. Whereas there are a dozen memorable fucking bosses in the previous Dark Souls games. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I just feel that Sakuro like failed hardcore on the bosses and everything in between was mostly just trial and error puzzle gameplay ultimately uh where you were just sort of brute forcing like it was efficient for you to brute force your way through an area 
until you learns the that specific area's bot, uh, enemies like patterns at which point you could then like it wasn't efficient for you to go through and fight every single person uh, as with every souls game it's always most efficient for you to fucking run through as far as you can uh sort of suicide run your way to a fucking bonfire uh and if you couldn't make it then you would fight a couple to make it a clean run until you could get to the like as far as possible and then you, you would go back and uh, like explore an area that was the most efficient way to play through Sekiro hmm. it's the most efficient way to play through a Souls game if without without good bosses and without a story that I give give a fuck about and I, uh, I've always been sort of on the fence about giving a fuck about a story in a Souls game I've never really bought into the Vati Vidya oh uh, it's so deep I do yeah. appreciate uh, the people who go that deep into it yeah. and uh, I love the extra little bits you can draw from their analysis uh, but it to me it's always been mostly about the I guess ultimately the boss rush challenge uh, if I don't like the bosses in a game where I'm boss rushing then what am I left with right like I recognize what Sakura does well I just don't think it does things it needs to do very well mm-hmm. and yeah at the end of the day that's the the failure point for me for Sekiro is yeah it's just not good at what I thought it was supposed to be good at and yeah at some point at some level I suppose that is on my own expectations uh, that is on my own fucking analysis as a critic of a game yeah. but it was pitched as as a fucking Ninja Souls like yeah Ninja Souls I don't think it did it I don't think it did the things that I think a Ninja Souls game needs to do mm. uh, yeah and that last boss fight can go fuck itself forever <laughs> yeah it's a bit bit of pain um, so Nate I, I guess it looks like we're leaning more towards Control you played Control oh yeah I finished it it's um it's peak Remedy it's everything that Remedy has been like hinting at like Alan Wake and Max Payne, even one and two, all of their games have had potential. They've had ideas and I've loved the first Max Payne, uh, first two Max Payne two uh, games. I've loved Alan Wake flaws and all, and it's a little spinoffy semi sequel. I haven't still haven't finished quantum break to this day. Whoops. But that was still doing interesting narrative things that the other ones weren't doing. Remedy feels like they've taken everything that was great about their previous games and taken it all to like, how do we take this to the next level and made it more bonkers and it's supremely confident storytelling. They've always been confident storytellers, but this is like a a whole new level of how weird can we go? How much can we give you on the main path? So it's still rewarding. And then the people that read the documents that do the side quest stuff that want to link stuff how much more rewarding can we make this universe? And then obviously with the, the spoiler shit, which I won't mention, you can mention if you want, but it's just fucking cool. Like that game is yeah, cool, yeah. which seems like such an old man thing to say, but Control exudes cool in every part of it. I loved it from start to finish. 
Um, and I, I finished it and I still have it installed because I haven't done all of the side content that I fully intend on going and doing because I just, yeah, that game was fucking sick. Especially after Quantum Break being kind of like, well, the gameplay's there, but the storytelling's a, it's a bit weird and it feels disjointed and it's supposed to be like more episodic than Alan Wake, but in a way that you finish a level and your reward is having to sit there for half an hour to watch something which has amazing actors, but it still feels like it was shot on a really enclosed set with a smallish budget. Uh, so maybe they yeah. shouldn't have done that yet. Maybe they should have taken that idea somewhere else. But yeah, Control is fucking awesome. And I, I've made a short list of games that, you know, stuck with me. And one, two, three, four, five of them have dots next to them because they're the five that you mentioned. Like Days Gone is not a game that I would ever mention in any sort of game of the year context, but it's like a six out of 10 that I felt compelled to finish, yeah. which is fucking weird. Yeah. And it wasn't just like, I've made yeah. it this far. It's like, I wanted to finish it. It's a game that I want to have a sequel because I think that there was enough that they got right. And hopefully the sales were good enough that they can take a lot that they got wrong and elevate that, that universe, that setting to the next level. Uh, multiple, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. It was fun. It was co-op fun with deep flaws, so that's not really <clears throat> worth anything. Link's Awakening, I hate myself for loving it as much as I do because it, it is... Re- that's nostalgia for you. But no, it reeks of the Nintendo cash grab and there's definitely a nostalgic element. Yeah. Uh, and having gone and played remastered games and felt like, oh, yeah, it's actually not that great. It doesn't hold up. Like the gameplay tweaks that they've made and the ones that they haven't it still holds up incredibly well uh that game is fucking well worth playing or replaying uh absolutely but again doesn't hold a candle to control like if you were saying yeah it comes down to those two no and dark side genesis is fucking sick like uh definitely meant to be played co-op um but again right. i would not say it versus control it wins but Darksiders Genesis, even playing solo, switching between the two characters instead of playing co-op, which is clearly better designed for two-player co-op. It's so much more, like it, it feels so much more than just like a Diablo clone, especially because the, mm. the main character uses guns and whatnot um, and the way that plays into it, but then switching to war for particular abilities and it still feels like a Darksiders game, albeit the, the shift in perspective and kind of slight genre tweaks makes it it works. It works in a way that it probably shouldn't work because it reeks more of a, how do we get a cheap hit on the Darksiders universe with something that's not like Darksiders 4, it's not epic, it's not third-person RPG, but that made me want to go back and play Darksiders 3, which I've been playing, um, and yeah. actually Fallen Order. I said that last week, is that I haven't played it yet and I kind of want to go play Darksiders 3. Well, Fallen Order actually made me want to play Darksiders uh, 3 as well. Uh, and it right, was yeah, like right. a kind of similar experience, like in terms of the you know the Souls light approach, which I appreciate, um, and I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's it's got some problems, but it is a game that I actually regret having missed when it launched. Although maybe they fixed some of the problems that people had, but it's got a good difficulty thing. You know, there's the peons you can piss your way through, but if you don't respect them, they'll do damage to you. That'll make you rethink whether you should just let them kill you and do a reset because you're using up health that you should probably save for the tougher fight. Uh, yeah, so I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm enjoying this, like, sort of my backdoor, raising entry appreciation mm-hmm. into 
Dark Souls because I've always been very anti-Dark Souls from what I've played. I'm like, why would you want to play a game that actively goes out of its way to fucking kick your ass? I don't get it. But having appreciated those parts in Fallen Order and now appreciating them in Darksiders 3, I'm like, oh, shit, does this mean I have to, like, start playing Dark Souls? Do do I like Dark Souls? You you probably should because for me it's the reverse. I really like the From Software games and then playing Jedi Fallen Order, everyone being like, oh, it's like Dark Souls, and then playing that and being like, this is... Like, the combat in it is bad. There's better sword fighting combat in Sekiro, and, like, the... I just don't like the combat. Having played Sekiro and then playing Fallen Order, I'm like, there's issues with that combat. I just don't like it. Well, I've got Sekiro. Uh, That's the thing. And I I now want to reinstall and play it because I'm like, I... Yes, the combat was flawed and your videos and like my my comparisons between the 30 frames per second with frame drops on Xbox that fucks up your timing versus 60 frames but still seeing where they cheat and where they don't cheat, like... Mm. I'm like, they, so they are huge. 90% of the way towards something amazing in Fallen Order as someone who hasn't necessarily touched yep. those other games. But yeah. when they cheat, it really br- it shatters the illusion. Like, it, it shatters all of the awesome work that they've done, um, which sucks. Because whenever someone says, I fucking hate Fallen Order, it's not a like it's not the usual thing where I'm like, I'm going to die on this hill and tell you why you're wrong. I'm like, you yeah, know, I get it. As soon as they mention, like, the combat feels awful, I'm like, yeah, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> like, not yeah. gonna, not gonna fight with yeah. you on that because it does. But when it, when it gets it right, and why, what I mean by that, when it gets it right, it means when you get it right and play by its rules and take into account its bullshit, you feel like a fucking god when you take on like yeah. a multi-fight towards the end of the game where they've got ranged stormtroopers with you know the purge troopers, and when you get through that fight with either a little bit of health or without taking a hit or something it does make you feel like a fucking Jedi. So, yeah, I feel like yeah, it's a missed opportunity. And again, they'll get a sequel. So hopefully in the sequel, oh yeah, they can fix some of that shit. But as far as like this whole, like I've been so opposed to a certain type of style of game and I've finding more and more instances, I mean, Dead Cells would have been the first instance of my appreciation of oh, yeah. Dark Souls. Because when you originally pitched it to me, like you got to play this, it's fucking like Dead Cells. I was like, nope. Don't want to touch it. That sounds shit. But then it kept coming up in my feed and the more I read up on it, I'm like, oh, it's actually like a Metroidvania thing, which I like. Maybe I'll approach it from that angle. And I was properly addicted to it, as I'm sure everyone here was. Dark Souls games are Metroidvanias at their core. That's the, that's like, yeah. For years, we've talked about how the fucking biggest mistake Dark Souls ever fucking fell into was being trapped in the idea of or it's fully attached to the idea of difficulty above all else um because it's not what they're about you know like that's that's not what the core loop of dark souls is um but they can't escape you know that they're so it's so tied the mimetic part of that concept is so fucking tied to it's identity at this point that you can never fucking get away from it which is obviously a shame it's the Shyamalan thing right uh, like it, you have to have a twist at the end of the movie yeah. and he could probably tell yeah. he could probably tell some amazing stories if he just didn't have to be the twist guy but because he is mm. the twist guy yeah. and you don't get it even if it was amazing I'm sure as an audience member you can kind of be like oh is that all he's got he's the twist guy you know and, and it sucks that your brand can yeah. become 
Like you can get such success from something that is then considered to be so critical to your success from the core fans and all that sort of stuff. Whereas clearly, as I've been explaining, I enjoy big elements of Dark Souls. Um, the formula, yeah. it's just the super punishing difficulty was what... And, and having to die to learn rather than feeling like I could yeah. figure that out before I died was what got me with the first game. Um, yeah. apparently, I think I came up against some enemy types and I explained the situation to someone and they were like, oh, yeah, well, you actually can't fight them yet because you need this weapon. And I'm like, so all that hard work yeah. I did and my souls are over there now and I actually can't get back to them. I've been punished for exploring. Nah, fuck it. Like, and I was like, I'm done. Yeah, I was the same. Yeah. Exactly the same. <laughs> there you go. The first time I played Dark Souls, I was like, this is the stupidest game. Who would ever play this? Yeah. It's so dumb. Yeah. But Control. <laughs> it was, I, I like, what opened my eyes... For, for that particular instance was the idea that people were finishing it as like level one and that, so ultimately your souls don't matter people can do it without anything and you're like right I just have to divorce myself from my addiction to the progression well yeah like that being um, a sense of a, a achievement right mm. yeah so if you, yeah, which, yeah which makes which makes sense but again going back to control it has to be control and, and I love hearing yeah from people who aren't really Remedy fans because, like, in many ways it feels like it's a, a, a game aimed at Remedy fans, right? Which always makes me nervous to recommend it. I'm like, if you're not a Remedy fan, then I'm like, oh, well, maybe you won't, like, give them more comparisons of other games that might compel them to play it. But this feels like the most peak Remedy but also the safest one to recommend to someone to go, holy fuck, you've got to play control whether you're a fan of the style of games and their approach to storytelling in particular um can be a little bit inaccessible but this the gameplay is is king and the storytelling is just if you love fucking weird sci-fi which is great that it came out in the year of death stranding am i right joby because when people try to talk about like you just don't get it like well there's an example that is infinitely more accessible I don't know. I haven't played Death Stranding, so I can't comment on this part. Let me know if it's correct. But it it's also no, mind-boggling, right. like the story, but it still delivers a story that if you do a main path, it's satisfying. And then you go do the side stuff yeah. and it adds to it. Like it just adds layers. Like it doesn't detract. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to do yeah. the side stuff to make sense of it, although you will be able to make more sense and get deeper satisfaction, which I think is the sign of a of a good game. And it's... Yeah, it's yeah. a really, really, really good game that I was ex- was a bit worried about, you know, when it wasn't like a big name publisher attached to it, which makes me feel like an idiot yeah. now in retrospect. But they, it, it obviously allowed them the freedom to do whatever they wanted, and I'm like, holy shit! I just kind of wish that yeah. they get the six, the kind of rock star success or something where they just blow up so that they can just be independent and tell Sam Lake's zany fucking stories. Yeah, yeah. All right. Absolutely. So we're going with Control. That was yep. Control Action Adventure Game of the Year. Luke, what's your game of the year? Because you've got six minutes left, mate. Uh, no, no, I can, I can, I've still got time. Do you? Yeah. All right. He, he's done that All thing right. where they say arrive oh, finished, at one us. o'clock, but it actually starts at two. Uh, nice play. Mm. Did you allow an no, extra no, no, three no, hours, Luke? I'm going to be late. Should have allowed an extra three um, hours. All right, so next up, we got a strategy puzzle platformer okay. game. Um, last year was Celeste. That would have been one 
maybe Joe oh, yeah. recommended. Uh, the year before that was Dead Cells, Civilization Six in 2016, Heroes of Storm in 2015, Hearthstone in 2014. Um, so this year I've got some suggestions here that we can go through. Tetris 99, Bubba is You, Katana Zero, My Friend, sorry, My Friend Pedro, Super Mario Maker 2, Untitled Goose Game, Luigi's Mansion 3, Ape Out, and Dota Underlords. As a oh yeah okay as a group there's some there's some games in there um, for me I never played um, Mario Maker two I didn't play Untitled Goose Game because just the stuff that I heard was like it, that game sort of turned out to be a meme like obviously the success behind it was very big but at the same time everybody that I heard spoke about it was like yeah it's pretty it's pretty average as a strategy game anyway. Um, like the things it was doing was kind of repetitive all the time so I just didn't really get to check that out I will at some stage because it's on Game Pass now on the Xbox but um, yeah it just wasn't something I was interested in buying because it wasn't for me I think um, so any suggestions okay. this from is you guys on strategy this as well right strategy yeah. puzzle uh, Anno, Anno 1800 which came out in January right. uh, where games go to die but it is and this is yeah, from someone like, know. I mean, obviously this is, you know, press world problems. They got sent very limited codes. I have been trying to chase a code for this game for basically the entirety of the year just to play it and then also to test out a little bit of hardware. Um, the PU-94, I think I mentioned it, E3, the, the space controller, I think they call it, but it's basically a, halfway between a mouse and a and a joystick, well, closer to a mouse than a joystick, but it's it's got oh, the thumbstick yeah. on the yeah. side and it's got an axis where you if you move your hand like this on the mouse, it actually works as an axis as well. But that, for a strategy game, just having the joystick to be able to move cameras and the other stuff for functions so that you are less reliant on keystrokes, you leave your keystroke shortcuts just for building rather than movement because they always make the cursors, the movement keys by default, but then you have to move your hand from the cursors to somewhere else like like WSAD to do shortcuts which is fucking dumb that's now the standard in RTS and I don't like moving my camera yeah. by moving a mouse pointer to the edge of the screen so I end up forgoing shortcuts in favor of movement even though I could rebind but I'm fucking lazy uh, but anyways yeah I've wanted Anno for ages and then they did the free month trial for Uplay was it plus whatever they fucking call it Uplay Elite and yeah, I yeah. didn't have a chance to play it then. So I ended up buying it when it was on Black Friday special. And as someone who's right. never been a real massive fan of city builders, it's fucking awesome. Mm. Like it's legitimately, yeah. it's yeah, really. really addictive. It's super cool. Like I've gotten three, I got four or five hours in and I'm restarted. I restarted or went back to an earlier stage because I'm like, oh, I've, I've, I see that I've hamstrung my economy because of this. And usually that would piss me off, but I'm like, no, I'm learning. So that's cool. So all the sorts of things that I'm not used to enjoying, I, I do enjoy in this game. And it's not about watching your individual, you know, people move around like you would in something like uh, Settlers, but I'm finding it really satisfying. And they've also added, like side quests, optional side quests and things like combat and whatnot, which I haven't even delved that far into. And you can just see that, yeah, the more that you play this game, the more rewarding it becomes. So it's just kind of weird shame that A, it didn't have the attention from Ubisoft, I'm assuming, to, to be able to send out more codes or whatever. Like they didn't see it as a priority or whatever the reason was there um, for them to get more mm. coverage, especially because they're still releasing DLC for it. 
And if you follow the chatter online, as I have been, people are talking about it really positively. Still, it's still a thing that's relevant. And, and, and it's an RTS guy, as in like the combat side, not that it's heavy on that. This is still, I find it as satisfying to have a really good strategy game as I'm always looking for at least one RTS game a year. And this is yeah. like, it doesn't satisfy that in the same way that something like Company of Heroes or a Command and Conquer would, but it's still like registering in a similar way as being like, hey, I'm playing a really good strategy game this year, and that's great. The other one that I'd add to that that's more peak, like straightforward strategy would be Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2. So I had to look it up because the, the way that yeah. they do that title is weird. It had a problems at launch. It has been patched, and if you go look at it on Steam now, which I just did, it's only on a 7 out of 10, but you'll notice that the recent comments are very positive, and it's one of those games that I've left in store because I intend on going back to... Because it has a fucking co-op right. campaign, man. It's got like a total war distilled, right. but also it's not meant to be that thing where you'd play total war campaign over the course of weeks. It's meant to be a little bit more focused than that. Uh, the co-op, which I haven't tried, but I want to because the the biggest challenge of uh, Battlefleet Gothic games is when you, it's all very micro-focused because you're really focusing on the battles. You can do some macro decision stuff in the, the overarching map but the combat system becomes really tricky to track because you're not just controlling capital ships you're controlling the individual functions of a capital ship and you're timing on when you do those and the timers per unit matters so it's almost like having multiple bases in starcraft or something that you're trying to manage at the same time except that's just one ship because the complexity of that can really add up so the concept of having someone who's like you're controlling one or two ships i'm controlling one or two ships and we can actually get some cool flanking tactically rewarding stuff done is awesome um and i really enjoyed what i played at launch i kept waiting i think i sent a code off to to Bo, friend of the podcast Bo uche legend but i never ended up playing it with him so yeah it's like oh shit i've I've left it installed again 20 bucks on uh on the steam winter sale at the moment if you end up drunkenly grabbing it joby (laughs) i would gladly restart a campaign or even just try some co-op stuff because i think that Right. For a, for a mainly predominantly micro focused uh, RTS, that's what I liked about it. Plus, in the Warhammer yep. universe, which I've always found rewarding in games when they do it right. And the first game had problems. The second game, the biggest problem that people had at launch, which I agree with, was that the the ships took too much damage. It's like that time to kill thing we've talked about before. But what that allows you to do is be a bit more brash in your tactics and not be punished in the sense that you're losing a ship but you can get them out of there and then you can use them as bait when they're being chased. So there was definitely the longer time to kill added a tactical depth, but it could also frustratingly add longer play times and, and things that you know that you should win, but you're just there like kind of going back and forth a bit. But ultimately I was for the design logic of the longer time to kill, but I know, I know 1800 um, for me, uh, including all of the other ones that you've mentioned was the standout and I only bought it like yeah Black Friday so recently and I was playing that around crazy deadlines and finding that I had to stop myself from playing it because it was taking up too much time but it's totally the kind of game that you could go and invest five minutes in pursuing part of a main quest or some side quests or you can get lost in it for hours and you can also have something on a side screen or in the background you can speed it up pause it slow it down and it's just it can be as chill or as involved as you want which I find, yeah, really rewarding. 
from from the average like town builder thing, SimCity's never been my jam. It felt like more of the kind of game they forced you to play at school because it was like educational rather than rewarding. And whenever I'd play SimCity, mm-hmm. I'd only rush to build a city so that I could destroy it with the dis- yeah tornado, tornado or alien invasion or whatever it was uh, because that was the most exciting part. Yeah. Everything else just felt like you know I was doing extra schoolwork that I wasn't getting rewards for. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I, um, I had a quick look on uh, Steam, but it's not on Steam. It's an Epic Game Store. Um, I know. Yeah. Well, I put it on Uplay. So is it on? It's on Epic yeah, as well? So, okay, Ubisoft. It, used, it was on Steam, but then they did the deal and because I thought maybe it'd be on sale, but it's not. So. Fuckers. Yeah. Um, all right, any suggestions from you, Joe? Yeah, my controversial one, and I don't think it's that controversial, is that the uh, very obvious fucking winner is Age of Empires 2. Oh my god, how did edition. I not mention that? Uh, what an yeah, idiot! This one, mate. Strategy like, guy, what? what? The fuck, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is, it is everything I could want out of a definitive edition. It looks gorgeous. Uh, but still classic. It um, it improves it in just all all the tiny tiny ways that I think we we've all wished it could improve uh, without actually uh, dramatically impacting the gameplay to a point that uh, like ruins anything. I'm talking auto reseeding farms is a fucking game changer i i am still i i love the fact that you know 20 years have passed since i played it maybe 15 years have passed since i played it and uh i'm still as fucking awful as i ever was uh i'm good enough to beat uh, a lot of people and explicitly extremely bad against anyone who is fucking good at it I love it to bits. I love watching other people play it. Uh, I've spent fucking hours. It has been the thing that I watched during lunchtime for fucking, I don't know, weeks. Uh, Competitive matches? Like, weeks. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, I love it. I'm learning nothing, and I love it. Uh, Like, we talk about (laughs) fucking aspirational, educational, and I am not able to fucking... It is so far beyond what I'm capable of that I'm not able to execute on anything that I'm watching. But uh, at the same time, yeah, I'm really enjoying watching it because I'm enjoying that it it exists at all. Uh, It is... It feels controversial to say this is my strategy game of the year because it feels like a fucking cop-out. It's a fucking remaster, right? But... Mm -hmm. They did such a fucking good job with it. It's so fucking good. Uh, it's installed. I don't play. I watch way more than I play. Um, and I don't really have a problem with that. But if we want to jump into comp stomp, I'm Fuck yeah. Uh, it's got to be. Yeah. It's got to happen. Like, I'm 100% in. So good. Mm. I remember talking to the E3. Oh, yeah. 100%. And they put out a poll with, mm. like, not just competitive people, but people that wanted. Age of Empires 2, we all knew it was coming because they'd done the DE of the original. Um, and the overwhelming feedback was do not touch the fucking gameplay. 
And they were like, well, how do we make it a definitive edition if we don't touch the gameplay? So obviously there were like, there were things we could fix, auto resetting of farms and those quality of life changes, unit pathfinding, those sorts of things that nobody's oh, going, yeah. no, yeah. The, like a 10,000 thing on, you know, word thing on Reddit going, you don't understand Whoa, that reseeding, walk in the wrong yeah, reseeding farms is a, like a skill check or <laughs> unit pathways, like fuck off. Oh. Nobody's complaining about that. Oh. So they did tweaks there, but then yeah. they wanted to put more. They added new campaigns. Like what is it, 30 or 40 bucks or free if you're smart enough to have followed the ultimate, Game which pass, I think yeah. you can still do. Uh you can yeah. Still do. Yes. So you can still it's do that shit. it's such a such a good game and and like um, yeah. Link's Awakening before, although this was not at all surprising to me with Age of Empires. You go back and it's still amazing. The gameplay still holds up. In fact, the biggest problem of Age of Empires Definitive Edition, the first one, was that my memories of it were warped by the amazingness of two. And I'm like, where the fuck is this feature? And it was like, that came in AOE two. And yep. you say that to the that's, div- that's the devs, and they were like, yeah, everyone says that. We thought that. <laughs> we were like, where's this? Op-? Yeah. So, <laughs> oh fuck you, Joby. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be that. Sorry, Anno. Get boomed, yep. mate. Get boomed. Have you played it, Luke? All right, are we going with Age of Empires then? Luke, what about you? Well, well, was I there anything you... Oh, fuckers. The only thing for me is I've played Underlords. Ah. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. Well, Underlords would be really close, uh, except for... I know they did their new update. It was an right? update with recently. yesterday, yeah. Yesterday. I haven't played that, uh, but the response to it has been fucking overwhelmingly positive. Well, yeah, Baz oh, was fucking was playing with Baz bad. last night, and he's like, "They have literally yeah. put in changes here that you talked about last week." Oh wow! <laughs> like, there's no more creep waves. Um, oh, did they? I thought I thought I, I thought I read that. I only really briefly looked through it. I thought I thought that was for knockout only. Yeah, like the things I talked like, about last week, like that, delete so. the creep waves, remove play. Like they've put half health in for everybody, so they sped up the game. Um, They've removed the hype system because remember me complaining about. It. I'm like, I don't understand it. It's too too complicated. They, that's yep. gone. There's no more hype system. Um, yeah, man. They've uh, that update is really good. Uh, it took me two or three rounds to get used to the meta again. Um, like, because the interest is they've removed the interest from five to now three. So thirty is the cap, uh, which means you, you're rolling through heroes a lot quicker. Oh, okay. um, the games are uh, right. you start battling other people basically straight away you put down three heroes you get an item like basically what i said the other day and uh they've sped it up a lot when they say they remove the creep waves do they remove 10 and all of them you don't have to play them anymore you just get given random you get you get the items showed up on your screen and you pick a you pick an item you don't have to battle for a minute to try and kill a thing to get an item anymore i kind of like the fucking creep wave at like 10 and 15 and 20 and yeah, but that's like another gatekeeping thing where the people that are already doing well a pacing thing. are getting a pacing even what like getting more. Yeah, and, and they're, they're trying to shorten the pace. Maybe they'll bring it back at some stage. But um, I think it, removing the creep was was a really good thing. Um, they've also changed it so that your underlords now is something you pick while you're playing the game as opposed to at the start of the game. So you can now build your composition even better now. You're not like, oh, what do I need? All right, well, I'm going to pick the tank guy. Um, so they've introduced a new tank underlord. Um, so you can be like, oh, I'm I'm got damage dealers, but I need something at the front. You can now pick right. tank, or you can be like, oh, I need a a spell caster that is going to heal my units. So you can pick the you know the healing underlord now, or you just pick the damage one. Uh, like it's the flow of it 
picking an Underlord is so much better. Um, really good changes. I guess the reason for me, because I know I got into auto chess uh, in January, mm. like uh, this year, uh, which was slightly late and yet still way ahead of the fucking curve. Yeah. Um, uh, the reason I think Underlords can't win is basically because of the patch that literally just happened that has, again, changed everything about how the fucking game works. Like, this is... It's not like Dota 2's once-a-year fucking... Meta where, change. Where, yeah. Yeah, we're fucking ripping everything down. This is fucking once a month at this point, and... The jailing system was like, removed, and I kind of don't agree with that. Um, they go, oh my god! Um, it's but but I think there's a reason why they're doing that. Is they're really close to being officially out, I guess, um, from the sounds of it, early next year. And um, right, I think I think Underlords might have a fucking a real fucking go next year at this exact same category. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So what they're doing uh, is they're uh, going to have seasons and it sounds like they'll probably be monthly seasons where they rotate characters right. in and out um, as opposed to every 24 hours we're going to rotate characters out of the meta. And I still kind of like that because you don't, you know, oh, you can't just force builds. But at the same time, I understand why they're doing that. Um, getting people to figure out, like, if you just want to jump in for two games or one game, one game even, right? 40-minute game or 30-minute game. Um, trying to be like, oh, I want to build this thing, but I don't really know because the meta has changed from yesterday. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yep. As opposed to a monthly meta. I think that's, yeah. It's Definitely just going to be tricky to balance, I feel like. Yeah. But are they pushing that because it's in early so, access? So that when it goes 1.0, they're yeah, like, this is now space the meta that you're used to and hopefully they're not yeah. going to update it because that, yeah, that would be bad. Oh, no, they'll, they'll change it every month, I reckon, yeah? still. okay. But they're gonna to the same degree. Like no, no, I mean hero, hero balance. Oh no, no, no. rebalance yeah, tweaks fine, but massive meta changes that no. frequently. Yeah, I mean, you, we when you talk about this game looks completely different from what it looks like when it when I started playing in June. But that's good, right? Like, <laughs> like yeah, as early access, instead of it being like the marketing beta that you get, you know, from the big publishers. Where they're like, oh yeah, it's a beta, and you're like, game's out in two weeks. It's not. It's clearly like it's finished because it's, yeah. it takes three or four weeks to print the fucking discs. So we know that this is the 1.0 version for intents and purposes. And you're just saying it's a beta because you want to be able to say, oh yeah, so the, the whatever bugs you find, we'll fix those. But you're not making massive sweeping changes to anything. Yeah. Uh, and and I hate it when early access is that. Apart. You want early access to launch um, early enough that people can make a difference but also polished enough so that when it launches in early access people aren't like this game is fucking travesty what are you thinking like don't launch yeah. it that early but also like the forest man that was what early access for three years and it changed yeah. significantly in that time but the last year or so it felt like they were just tweaking and adding and refining and refining and refining yep. and I think it was all for the better 100% alright yeah. I'm happy to go with Age of Empires Woo! I haven't played it. I'm not a big Age of Empires fan, but... Whoa, get it. Install um, it. So you fucking like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so <laughs> strategy, puzzle, platform, Age of Empires. Is it 2 Definitive definitive Edition? Is it 2 false? Definitive, yep. 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 Okay. Uh, next up, we got Shooter. Um, last year was Battlefield Five, 
I'm not sure if you heard of this game, Nate, but it's pretty good. Um, moving forward, we've got 2017 Play Unknown's Battlegrounds. 2016 was Battlefield 1. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege in 2015. Wow. Far Cry 4 2014. Bioshock Infinite 2013. And Borderlands 2 in 2012. Um, Fuck, you can tell we are shooter fans, right? Because I think it is a, probably our strongest fucking <laughs> category here. Um, like, bangers. <laughs> so here's some suggestions for you. We've got Apex Legends, Far Cry yep. New Dawn, Metro Exodus, mm. Tom Clancy's The Division 2, Generation Zero, World War Z, or Z, depending on where you're from, Rage 2, Blood and Truth, Void Bastards, Wolfenstein Youngblood, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Boneworks, I think I was supposed to put in the last strategy. The last, because it's a puzzle game, right? With shooting. But we can put Boneworks here if you want. Um, I think it should have been an action adventure, the world's biggest fucking genre. Right. Uh, along with Superland, which I also forgot about. But uh, It's done. It's yeah. But there's sorted. Some, some suggestions. Obviously, yeah, we can get rid of things like... Wolfenstein, Youngblood, and Far Cry and New Dawn, but that was just to get your minds going of thinking where we're in thinking. that direction. Um, so for me, this I'll, I'll kind of put a couple of fills out for you where I'm thinking with this one: uh, Apex Legends, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the the new one, 2019, <laughs> uh, Borderlands Three. Oh, sorry, you weren't kidding. Keep going. And Metro Exodus, probably like my top of the tier. What was bunch. your first one? Apex Legends. So, any suggestions uh, from you guys? I'm happy if this one goes to Borderlands 3, if I'm being honest. I do not see Borderlands 3 winning any other award. I do. I love you, Joe, the time. You're I misunderstanding the character, it. the category. It's it's best what? shooter, not most shooting. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Um... No, I, uh, I I had an enormous amount of fun with Borderlands 3, and I feel like it is going to be a little bit robbed. Uh, because I don't think it did anything particularly special outside of being very good at what it was. Yeah, it did, the, it did what like it did it, really well. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, the criticisms of being more Borderlands are so unbelievably valid because i would praise it for being more borderlands yeah. right like uh like people are like it's just more borderlands i'm like yeah man it's more borderlands right like fuck yeah that's what i wanted right like it didn't do anything particularly uh out there or special um it was a comical story with some great boss fights and bad boss fights but generally, good shooting, good exploring, uh, and a terrible driving system. Uh, that, yeah, and looting, right? And at the end of the day, yeah. great looting, yeah. I thought, until they fixed fixed it. They did their fix. Remember when they did their fix mm. to how uh, the end game worked and it sort of just fucked everything? Um, that was uh, a bummer. But uh, apart from that, yeah, uh, like, I th- I, it, it was a, I think it's the best shooter because it's a really good shooter. Sure. 
It's really good at shooting. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's really, it's good. It does win. really um, good at different types of shooting. <laughs> like yeah, guns exactly. feel different or, or like, you know, guns with legs was their thing they were going for. And I don't know if I saw a guns with legs when I was playing. I found literally one, <laughs> yeah. literally a single fucking gun with legs. What? I never found yeah, any others. It was such a fucking. Yeah. And I didn't really? even play for anywhere near Let's... as much as you guys did. Yeah, that's that's ludicrous. Wait, did right? you not like, like it or no? It was, it was fine, but it was it was more Borderlands, so it was very take it or leave it. Like I, yeah. Borderlands One so was it? the best for me. Yeah, <laughs> and then I ran it, out of huh? steam on Borderlands Two because it was more Borderlands, but that's not an insult. And then I kind of liked the couple of elements they added to the pre sequel. Um, but again, it yeah. was more Borderlands and then Borderlands 3 I'm like hey yeah like if, if you want more Borderlands this is this is definitely that well, like I'm bringing this up in the context of as a Gears fan Gears 5 came out this year and it does not deserve oh, to be yeah. anywhere on that list because I've played a bunch with well a little with Joby we played some Horde mode together which yeah. Horde mode's fucking amazing but it didn't it really add yeah. a whole lot Horde didn't really add a whole amazing. lot more did it PvP no. same thing no and the campaign, yep. I've started it again. Uh, I just, I've never not been interested in finishing a Gears campaign, and this one is just bad. Hmm. I didn't like any of the characters. I didn't. I liked them in four. Did you I like didn't them in Gears four? Keep playing. Yeah. Uh, I only played it with right. you, man. And yeah, I barely paid any attention. Um, but they were aggressively worse yeah. than five. Uh, like they were just obnoxious and shitty. And I think at some level, Gears characters have always kind of been shitty, uh, like sort of dickheads. Yeah, they're like uh, jocks. You've always picked one that you really liked. Yeah, they're jock dickheads, right? Like muscle bound yeah. dickheads. Um, uh, but you'd always find one you could, at some level, relate to. I just didn't like any of them at this and i didn't want them to fucking win and i was i sat there i think the entire time we played it all the way up to that stupid fucking kite surfing sledding bit whatever the fuck where <laughs> the graphics broke for me um yeah. oh yeah <laughs> um i played all the way up to that and then I, i'm like yeah, we should definitely play again, but only because I don't want to play co-op games with Nate. Mm. I don't want to play But then we played Gears. Horde Mode. I don't give a fuck and Horde about Mode was people. fucking sick. Yeah, and Horde, Horde But it, it hasn't rad. added. Oh, when I was a fucking robot. <laughs> yeah. You were terrible. Fucking that robot. Was... Oh, my God. I'm not shooting, guys, great. but I'm fixing stuff. <laughs> I saved this, you fuck. I am the reason we finished that shit. How fucking dare you? How... Were the you, you, the reason you saved yeah. us was because you were hiding in the corner the entire time because you didn't do anything. <laughs> I was going around and dying. Were you having shit? You are were you having dying. fun though, Joby? You playing are fucking as, dying. Like the in effect, were you having fun? Hey. Like that's. I felt so bad because I'm like, it feels like we're doing 50 waves of this with like two randoms who kept dropping in and out. So they switched to AI, and yeah. then we're literally a, a gun down because Joby's being this robot he's like hey i'm stunning this one guys on the left flank and we're like okay well we're just killing everything over here so thanks for your contribution i got to like round 30 and i worked out how to stun people <laughs> so but was that fun for you playing like, that role i can't do things i just didn't see you having fun was, because you weren't getting I, I, kills right it was 
it was not i wouldn't say it was fun but it was definitely amusing uh like it was entertaining uh in the sense that um i found it extremely entertaining how much harder it seemed for you guys <laughs> as a result of me bringing nothing to the table reviving uh, and then yeah the brought reviving ending. to the table and that was it. Uh, I brought reviving to the table, which literally <laughs> saved us. In round the enemies 50, didn't the seem to want to target you finished. at all, which probably helped us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely wanted to target us. The enemies didn't target me, and and they um and and I I could ignore like all of the obstacles that you guys couldn't <laughs> go around. So I was just like flying around. When are you guys going to come over here? <laughs> Get rid of your legs, you idiots. You guys and fly. like, well, we're going to go down these stairs and like yeah. fucking do this. So I'm like, just fucking scoot on over. Yeah, no, that was fucking, yeah. Entertaining as fuck. I would not say it was fun. It was um, bewildering <clears throat> and uh, certainly a learning experience. Um, but yeah, uh, it seemed like the uh, when your little sister wants to play games with you and you hand or a controller that isn't plugged in you're like are you the little sister of this dude that's great but i was i was kind of like sister in this one. shifting sideways uh. from this whole like you know co-op thing hunt showdown came out this year as well mm. and we had some fun oh. with that but when we went back to it joby when it launched nobody was playing yeah and so as a pve game no it's okay like it's actually okay if you could just say hey i want to do the pve experience but it has nothing on the initial yep. early access unoptimized fucking janky as fuck but still pvpve deeply flawed but the potential was there yeah. really really there oh yeah uh and it was kind of disappointing that we didn't get to re-experience that and i think not to the same extent obviously as apex legends but they did like a push towards having you know streamers and stuff showcasing it around launch and i was yeah. i ended up like like you on your breaks watching age of empires i was watching hunt showdown videos of people playing in the uk or the us yeah i was watching uh arthur costopopoulos was he so he had he and, was getting uh, games in our and, region was he uh no largely <laughs> uh he would find one other person and they were usually another stream oh no uh like that's yeah. not great uh but like yeah. that game I was mostly hoping when we were playing. I was mostly hoping we would run into a streamer that we yeah. fucking dunk on. We but it became very clear early on that we weren't running into anybody, so we just um, <laughs> so we just played it as a PVE game. <laughs> Again, it was fine. It's not the kind of game you go back to. Uh, you really go back for the, oh, bees. the fucking bees. The bees were pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, uh, definitely not. That yeah. At, at the end of the day it lives and dies on, on whether or not there's a community playing it and apparently yeah. there wasn't. Apparently Tarkov. Do you ever get a No, but I, uh, one of the Rainbow Six Siege players um, who's, I think, Rizraz, he's not playing for Fnatic anymore, is he? But he was raving about it, like how good it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And he, he, com- is, he came close to convincing me to the buy it. game right. at the moment. Oh, how long ago was this? Raleigh, so August this year. Holy shit! Yeah, no, the they they're all, all all back in on it again. Uh, Magnets playing it and shit. Like, yeah, they're all fucking well hyped about Tarkov because um, they just released a new map, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, I've got it. Like, I own it. Uh, I don't have it installed <laughs> under any circumstances, but uh, 
I keep thinking I should fucking dive revisit in after that because it was the investment that yeah. put me off. Right, it was not cheap, right, to buy in. Oh, dude, it was fucking. Hideous. They had like three hundred dollar price tags on some of those games. Wait, Lee, you can get a backpack. Yeah, and some other weird. Which shit. is I fundamentally yeah. disagree with. Like I buying the, more storage space. Cheapest. Fucking bullshit. Fuck off. That's fucking low. Hmm. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I've got no 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 time for that bullshit. But I did. Uh, yeah, I bought the like lowest version of it, uh, the cheapest version, and it was still fucking expensive. All right. Um. So we going with with Borderlands here, or? Any other suggestions, Nate, that, that you can think of? I was um, going to briefly mention Splitgate, but I just think that it was a good idea that uh, wasn't properly executed. Like, it was too slow. Oh no, I'm thinking yep. of the... I was thinking of the... Uh, what was it? The Gearbox game. But this is the... Uh, uh, it's like a Quake. It's like Halo meets right? Portal. But had it been, oh, right, had it yeah. been Quake 3 speed meets Portal... Oh. Would have been all about yeah. it, and that's what I saw in the trailers. And when I played it, it plays at the pace and the time to kill of Halo. Like it feels literally like a Halo mod with portals, right. and it was yep. still fun and it was good. But again, it was like you've got a good idea, you've got a good foundation, and they very quickly after launch went to free to play, or maybe they even changed it early. Early access was premium, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to free to play because they could see that the player numbers were going to be a problem." They're still fun to be had there, but that was one that I was definitely yeah. looking forward to. One of those indie shooters where I'm like, the pitch is solid. Like this could be the shit, but it it, it was okay. It was just okay. I I, I would just yeah. Metro Exodus. I don't. I mean, I I get that it's got mm-hmm. shooting. I just don't think that I'd include it as like a. If someone said, "Hey, what shooters did yeah. you play this year that you loved?" I, I my brain wouldn't go to Metro. Um, and it was amazing. Yeah. It's one of those weird games. It's like where totally. You <laughs> it's not a diss at you. Like it's just yeah. Where would yeah. you put it? Um, but it's a it's a fantastic game that if someone said hey I want to play a shooter I wouldn't say oh go play Metro Exodus. If you love shooters you'd love this. Yeah. So pro- it's not a it's not a great shooter. It's like a um, uh, like a when someone says you should play Fallout not for the shooting though because shooting's fucking terrible. Well, it got better didn't um, it? Fallout Four when they yeah, got the it yeah, team absolutely. involved. Like it noticeably got better, but that was not the problem of oh, Fallout. Still, but I back I back Borderlands totally. Like the shooting, yeah, as a shooter, and I had fun. Yeah. And like it's, it's as a co-op a game as well, um, especially one that they've they've added the option to play with disparate levels, which I think is is massive yeah. for a game like that. I mean, we have the press world problems of however many games releasing where one of us or two of us go on trips, we come back. I'm playing the division with Luke. And I'm getting killed by shotgun yeah. guys 300 meters away because one pellet, you know, grazes my dick. And I'm like, hey, guys, I need to be revived again. Like, I literally can't aim to shoot because I will die. So I just blind fire and I'm therefore adding nothing and I feel like a burden. So I'm glad that they cracked mm. that. But you could revive. Yeah. I could. So- I was a robot flying around. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll... Honorable mentions, I feel like, to uh, Apex Legends in this yeah, one for me. For sure, um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the the single player campaign. I think it's one of the best ones they've done in a very long time. Yes, but it's and, not good. Uh, Surprised you guys didn't fight about this. <laughs> we don't have time. Someone's got to get on a boat. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the Division Two. I, I really liked that game a lot. I thought it was excellent. Um, r- really interesting way of looking at, um, like, how do we bring out a game but also have end game content for you at launch. And I think they, they really nailed that by having there's things to do 
once you finish that game as opposed to like oh you finished it and we're gonna have content coming out next month or something like that like they looked at it's uh, what happened with their last game and were like how can we fix that and i don't really like the division um once they added in all that extra content later on and then what they did with two i enjoyed playing the hell out of that as well so uh, I thought it was an excellent game. So as a... I know Job didn't like it. But as a shooter, though, not as an RPG. Yeah, it's one of those weird things where, um, again, it's got... But I think it's a shooter. But that's what I find interesting, though, is because you're clearly defining it as a shooter, which means you enjoy the shooting. And the shooting was probably one of the weakest yeah. parts of the original game before they tweaked it because there was no damage feedback on the guns that you got because you're shooting a dude with a hoodie... And it takes you five magazines he, yeah, he wouldn't to put him down yeah. with headshots exclusively because we're playing on PC and we know, you know, recoil models. Whereas I think Division 2, from preview through to launch, I was like, they've put a lot of effort into making the guns feel like different. Feel like, better. yeah, like why you would pick an SMG over an LMG over an assault rifle over a shotgun, that sort of thing. Yeah. Felt like they had better thought about it as a shooter. Whereas as opposed to original Division, when I went and interviewed them... <laughs> They very, very quickly said, like the creative director at the time said, um, this is an RPG first. And it was like they were anticipating mm. this flack for making a Tom Clancy game with, I wouldn't even say low lethality, I'll say closer to no lethality because your guns yeah. might as well have been all of the sci-fi bullshit of the old Call of Duty games where they had no meaning. Oh, I've picked up the FN-1269. You're like, okay, the fuck is that? It doesn't even look like an SMG, but it fires fast, but it does no, it does a lot of damage, like that sort of problem. But they had real world weapons that didn't feel that they had a place in that universe. Um, so they definitely rethought the damage stuff. But my understanding is they did that with original Division. Eventually, they patched it. So Division yeah. Two, I kind of wish I had more time for. But it's the kind of thing that I feel, even like Borderlands, that you have to make the time to play with a crew, like a dedicated crew to find mm. it rewarding as opposed to just... And that's what we had. Yeah. We had like eight people at one stage like jumping in. We had the Battlefield guys in there. Um, I remember. Playing all the time. Sad face. Yeah. That's when I started playing yeah, Battlefield play alone. Because everyone's playing oh, I'll play Battlefield alone. Fuck you guys. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I, I had a lot of fun with that game uh, earlier on in the year. But oh, yeah, I think we're going with Borderlands 3 with this one, right? I'll do. Yes. All right, easy. All right, for best shooter. Next up, RPG. Not a lot in this category this year. Um, hopefully, you guys can maybe add some more suggestions in here, but the ones that I've got, Kingdom Hearts 3, which <laughs> um, I, I definitely played this game. I really liked it. Um, the Surge 2, uh, a, a Dark Souls sort of futuristic clone. Um, Disco Elysium, uh, I didn't play, but Job did. And The Outer Worlds, which is a game I, I've played recently and really liked. So any other suggestions you guys can think of or, or any things you'd like to rule out here? Um, there was Vampire, right? You played that, right? That was a, an RPG, wasn't it? Oh, with the Y? Um, only bring it up because... Yeah, with a Y. Yeah, yeah. with a Y. I, that, that was last year. Um... <laughs> was it? Yeah. Did anyone play Greedfall? Oh, okay. Fair enough. No, uh, I I kept meaning to, and then I heard it was. Not that was the only one, on, other one on my list that I was like, I feel like I may have missed out there. But again, I think the Steam people kind of said it was mostly positive. 
What about Darksiders Genesis? Wouldn't count as an uh, RPG. That's more of a action yeah, game. Which, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you caught the chatter, okay. Joby, while you were AFK just there, but like the idea of like Metro Exodus not being like I wouldn't recommend it as a shooter. And then yep. what did yeah. you mention? Oh, Division, um, which you know Luke defines as as shooter, which I'm not disagreeing with, but like he enjoyed it as a shooter, whereas I would see that as an action RPG, mm. which I don't feel is splitting hairs, but I would yep. see that more as an RPG rather than a shooter because I feel like it was built more we can chuck that in here I like I just well then you can probably give it a, a nod if you want because I'm not saying like I disagree I with don't. you Luke I'm saying yeah when someone says shooter my brain goes to shooting and like Metro Exodus is a first person yeah. shooter in the loosest sense that it is first sure. person and it has shooting but I don't think it's a shooter but it's very good at what it does and therefore I don't know where else you right. would put it Unless you were going to put it in like a survival yeah. category or post-apocalyptic game we can with Rage 2 where it now. wins by default. <laughs> yeah, best brown game. Oh, fuck, right, New Dawn. So there you go. Hey, there's three. <laughs> That's a category. That's what this needs, right? This podcast needs Badly. more categories. Um, oh, that, yeah, 100%. What about Slay the Spire? Uh, or should that have been in strategy? That's an RPG, isn't it? I didn't play it. It's a roguelike card game. I mean, uh, I think it's, you know, it definitely released this year, technically. I played it since last year. Uh, I, I think it deserves uh, a mention, at the very least. Uh, if it should have been in strategy, then I should have mentioned it then. But, um, yeah, like, it's a brilliant execution on a pretty simple fucking concept. Um, but it's a concept that I've seen fucked up more times than I've seen it done well uh which is the 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 extremely simple deck builder that board games have mastered over the last fucking decade and yet have inexplicably never really translated to pc games for some reason even though i think in a lot of cases pc is better suited to deliver a lot of what those deck builders want to do so i guess i'm specifically thinking of hearthstone's uh <clears throat> constant failures to do a decent dungeon uh in a in a satisfying way uh slayer spy does it well uh you build a deck uh it, it is fundamentally about knowing how to not just build a deck add cards to a deck but also to how to get rid of cards from a deck and when to get rid of cards from your deck and uh you build like that you know there's a, a significant layer of rng mm. to what you build out to what you fight uh to the cards you're offered the opportunities you're given and you're challenged to uh carve your path to victory every single time over and over again with three different characters i think there's another one i haven't played this since they added the fourth character uh, but um I almost played it the other day, but the fucking up upload, uh, sorry, the update took too long for me to download, so I uh, decided to play Rainbow Six instead. Good choice. Um, but I was this close. Uh, um, and um, yeah, it is like, yeah, whether it fits in the strategy or RPG, I you know, it, I don't think it wins either category ultimately, but I think it absolutely deserves a mention and deserves some playtime if you enjoy the deck builder concept. And I think you do, Luke. Like, uh, it's essentially what that fucking 
uh, Predator game was about. Um, Legends, was it? Predator. You know the board game? Oh, yeah. Pre- Predator, yeah? Yeah, I've got it here. What's, is it Legend- Legendary? Whatever it's called. Legendary, that's it. Yeah, it's like they're functionally the same fucking concept. Right. Uh, I think you would enjoy deck builders uh, because you were very much about Legendary. Uh, we just got constantly got too drunk to play it every time we went to. Um <laughs> Which, you know, it's not enough. <laughs> um, yeah. Slay the Spire. <laughs> Slay the Spire. Uh, yeah. So, so is ultimately... Oh, no, I was going to say, so does that mean we're, we're down to two here? Or, like, is it between the Outer Worlds and Disco Elysium for you? Like, you, I think you're the one that's played oh, the yeah, both no, of these. It's, it's, it's not out of those two. It's Disco Elysium right. by a long way. And I've got big problems with Disco Elysium. Uh, at some pretty key levels, but uh, it is a lot better than the Outer Worlds, in my opinion. It's uh, it's a tricky one to recommend to everyone uh, because of its critical errors, but it actually makes a lot of the same errors, a lot of errors in the same way that it, the Outer Worlds does. It just then is significantly better written uh, if a little less engaging gameplay wise Disco Elysium is of course uh, the you know sort of it's almost a point and click adventure um, I, I could almost I, I could actually see people uh, describing it that way um, there are absolutely RPG elements uh, some pretty heavy duty ones uh, and they they influence your uh, path through the, the game right. uh, even if you will wind up in at a lot of the same story beats um the way you get there is is different based on the way you spec out your character and you can there are hard fails and stuff like that so yeah there's there's definitely uh rpg elements but i could see you someone describing it as a point and click adventure it's uh it hinges entirely off its narrative it is entirely uh the 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 whole reason you fall in love with it is because of the writing uh and a lot of that writing involves you having in-depth arguments with parts of yourself um and yeah it's it's expertly written to give you a, a valid option whatever your mood might be uh so that yeah you wind up feeling i don't know represented by your player character in this uh utterly bizarre game worlds where you never garner any respect uh and yet you are afforded oodles of it just by basis of people's immediate interpretation of you and uh yeah you you you're then given the opportunity to piss all that respect away Mm. as fast as humanly possible uh while also solving a mystery and uh yeah it does a fantastic job of of that my biggest problem with it is that it feels like a fucking slog to play. It feels real fucking annoying to play. It feels like it could almost be a visual novel um, where I didn't have to fucking walk around from place to place. Or if I could do it with a control pad, then that would be far preferable. Um, or even a fucking Wiimote pointing at my screen or some shit. like, uh, Or 
touch, but it plays like shit on my fucking surface. Um, yeah, it's it's a game where you wind up waiting, like like I I fucking I'm stretching against the bonds of this gameplay, the the core movement system, uh, waiting for it to do things that I wish it would do a little bit quicker because it is text heavy and uh and like quite dense densely written so when i am waiting for them to walk somewhere uh it feels like it's it's bad pacing wise it feels like it's robbing the game of its pacing when if i could just fucking if i never walked at all if i auto ran on every fucking click it would be significantly better and if I didn't have to click to go somewhere, if I just fucking moved the thumbstick, it would be better still. Um, it is literally just a case of, I feel the pacing is at times gutted uh, by by its inability to allow me to move at the pace that I want. Uh, because I think it's paced towards people who read at a certain speed... And I read very quickly, mm. and so I want the game to fucking move at that fucking speed, uh, and and annoys the fuck out of me. The other the other thing is, uh, twice now it has wiped my save games, uh, and it's only reset me uh, fifteen minutes because it's got multiple auto saves, uh, but it's still fucking annoying. Uh, but I can't say that that's anything in the favor of the Outer Worlds because it's also done that to me. That's not my hard drive failing on me. Both of these games, some for some reason, have done exactly the same fucking thing. They're both on different systems. I have no idea why they're fucking doing it, but it has happened. Mm, and dying light tried getting as well, Joby. It sounds like go you're on, the on, problem, go on, go mate. On, go on, here we go. Go on. Uh, why don't you sit back down? So the only thing you see. I did enjoy that. I was like this tiny them. little person. <laughs> Hello, I'm Nathan. <laughs> Oh, so are we going with uh, Disco Elysium here then? Because uh, I, I feel like the only contender guys. here is Outer Worlds. Two v one. At the same time, two v one. Like I really like the Outer Worlds. It does a, a it, it does a good job of replicating the Bethesda games, sort of um, like what those games did. But I don't know if it does anything. Like it doesn't push that genre forward. It just does what it does really well. Yeah, yeah, but it is like if you wanted, if you were disappointed by Fallout Four or Fallout Seventy Six, both of which I was, mm. yeah, The Outer Worlds was exactly what I wanted. Um, yeah, and it, like personally, I I think it should be Disco Elysium, but by virtue of the fact that neither of you have played it, uh, and by virtue of the fact that, yeah, I don't think the Outer the Outer Worlds is good. It's above average. It's certainly not bad. Yeah. Uh, it's like it had a lot that I liked. Uh, it just got fucking boomed by another game that came along and did a lot of it better. Uh, because for me, the Outer Worlds, you know, the the core, like it was literally just the RPG elements that kept me engaged. I I found the combat to be really fucking tedious, and moving from place to place was pretty fucking dull. Um, so, like, that's why I compare them so directly, because 
the strength of the Outer Worlds to me is the dialogue and the writing and the strength of Disco Elysium is exactly the same. Right. It's just way better, <laughs> you know? But how's the combat in, Outer, in, in Disco Elysium? Hey? Hey? There's no... Oh, well... Hey? Hey? Oh, well, losers out. Oh, zero out of ten. We're using the old GameSpot scale. That's it. Oh, no, combat. <laughs> this, is the, this is the gap, motherfuckers. It's got to be combat. Uh, yeah. it's, it's jock games only, baby. Oh, so I haven't uh, played Disco Elysium... And I personally don't have any interest because of the I just don't think I like an RPG with like a talking RPG. But if you think that it's a better game, then I think we've I think that's the one we go with. I think I think we go with the Outer Worlds because oh wait it's what wait we go on popularity vote. Isn't that right? how you do it? <laughs> Joe talks louder because he always talks louder, so fucking that's huge, fucking constant. Huge dork. Uh... <laughs> First of all, I, I do have some questions. First of all, how dare you? Is that a question? Second how all, dare you? <laughs> um, um, I'm fine yeah. with Disco Elysium if you think it's a better game. Because I can't comment on Disco Elysium. I've not played it. Do you not like you Outer Worlds? Because it's a game you fucking played. Yeah, but the, again, I don't want this coming down to a popularity contest of like who has that played the most games. This podcast... All right, so we go on. We go on popular games then. What? What else have we been doing? Giving critical analysis. We've done that as well. Some sort of insane. You ain't gonna win no Lizzie Award, Joe, by saying this is the best game everyone's played. I am absolutely gonna. Now the games, you see this, Nate? Game reviews can be in the reviews category. So I'm gonna review, uh, submit the one review. Four thousand words. And this show, because still. It's You've busted the, the word cap already, Joby. You have been words. deemed ineligible. I have. I'm going to split it into multiple reviews. Um, I'm making it official then. The Outer Worlds. Except depending on the judges RPG and how they feel about default. that game will determine the validity <laughs> of your review, Joby. Oh, no, it's it's a... Um, it's, it's a... Um, it's a ruse. It's a trick. It's an illusion, Michael. Uh, I, uh, I'm submitting it knowing oh. I won't win, so that then I can present it as proof that they don't know what they're talking about. So, because how you know how would not, how would Michael Jordan not win the MVP is what I'm saying. How would LeBron James not win unanimous MVP when clearly he's back? And I'm thinking I'm back. So I'm you were saying. gone for a while there, Jeremy. Uh, the, baseball, the baseball season is over, right? My MJ's baseball season is over and he's playing What was your baseball season? <laughs> what kind of things were you writing during your baseball e-sports. season? <laughs> Jesus. E- 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 sports, <laughs> I'm like, I'm savage. And then Luke comes in and goes, nah, hold my beer. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Um, so Job's not talking right, for next the rest up, we've of the podcast, got, so we, we can breeze through this. We've got uh, the best new IP. <laughs> so last year, uh, we had some good ones. We got Subnautica. Well, the year before that, 2017, was PUBG. Um, 2016 was Dead by Daylight. Bloodborne in 2015. The Evil Within in 2014. And The Last of Us in 2013. Um, weird category, because uh, I put a couple down here, but we'll, we'll kick it off with Sekiro. Control. When did the Evil Within win? I think that was the year when Nate was on. It um, no, definitely it would Stephen not have Farrell, won if it? I was on. <laughs> Stephen Farrelly raved about that game so much and made me feel like such a fucking peasant for having not played it 
that I've tried to replay it multiple times, it is a fucking middling game. It is <laughs> middling. It's not yeah. a garbage <laughs> heat. Oh, my God. Fucking fanboys. We'll just delete that year. Yeah. Um, Disco Elysium, Observation, Untitled Goose Game. And I put Apex Legends in here, question mark, because I, I am not sure about that one. No, it's fine. You put Control in, didn't you? No, I don't think it is. Yeah. Then you have to. Didn't we have this discussion? You have we to. had this discussion. We had this discussion already on fucking on fucking Messenger. God damn it. I specifically asked you guys if Apex Legends was a fucking new IP. And you guys were like, no, Titan Force Universe. And then I asked if Control was, and you guys were like, oh, no, because it's separate enough. Prove it. Like, <laughs> scroll up. Scroll up for the rest of the day. You want fucking receipts? <laughs> You want, um, yeah, I'm going to spend the next fucking... Probably we didn't talk so much. Uh, if only. If only. Um, yeah. I think Control is different because it's set in its own... Like, although it is in the Remedy universe, it's a, it's its own game, whereas Apex Legends is... It's in the Apex... It's in the Titanfall world. Like, it, it's a it's in the Titanfall game. It's got, it's got similar weapons and... Uh, moves and lore and whatnot um i mean this could have been i feel like it could have been called titanfall legends or something like that like titanfall colon apex Legends. probably was originally um, before titanfall 2 didn't sell too well yeah oh also if they didn't want to put titans in i guess they probably had to change the name as well well i think it may at once yeah that's something else to talk about no um, i'm actually okay with including apex if despite what i may have said if you want to don't feel it's going to win, Joby. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, no, me neither. If, if Apex is in, then Control is in. Correct. Um, yeah. And that is why I vote for Mordor. <laughs> that, no, that is why I vote for the <laughs> Outer Worlds. <laughs> I hear the Outer Worlds, yeah. Look, there's a lot of stuff on we here. fucking booed right? him. Um... No, it's comprehensive, Luke. Don't worry about it. You did a great job. Um, yeah. Uh, Control, Sekiro, Mordhau. Oh, Superland. What about Superland? You guys didn't play Superland, did you? Superland's amazing, and you guys should have played Superland. <laughs> you know what's great, Joby? Is that I've now. just discreetly Googled in the background best new IPs 2019, and then I've yeah. <clears throat> found yeah. second from the top Best new gaming IPs of 2019 on fandom. I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. Written by Job Gilroy. <laughs> so according to Job Gilroy, I'm surprised Apex Legends wasn't at the top and there was some fucking side <laughs> fucking shit aimed at people on a messenger chat. Control, Sekiro, Job's Holy Fuck, Lord Howe, Supraland. Is this what you're doing? Out of Wilds. You didn't, even add Apex. While you didn't even fucking add Apex. Jacuz! Jacuz! I said Jacuz. it because we said it. We said, we said this in the oh, fucking you were, chat. Okay, sorry. We you said were this talking. in the chat. I say it in the fucking, I say it in the fucking article. I 100% talk about it in the article. We're putting control. We're putting this one in first because it's contentious. Technically control has links to other IP, which we won't detail for spoilers. I did that because of you cunts. Motherfucker! Oh. Anyway. Now this all makes sense. All right, what are we? What are we, what are we thinking with this Control. one? 
Superland. Uh, so Superland's fucking amazing. Uh, but as Nate has pointed out, you can just go read my uh, write-up on Phantom. Well, it doesn't have Apex Legends, so I, I can't did. agree with That's this list. That. Fundamentally. You did put Control first on that list, Greg. So <laughs> oh, fuck. It's, it plays a scale in a fascinating way. Uh, Boneworks should be in the list as well, because... Uh, you know, uh, obviously not as a winner, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. it should it shouldn't be admitted. Uh, I don't know if it's going to spawn a franchise, but it's fucking a phenomenal game uh, that is worth talking about and has the worst last level in a video game that I played in the longest fucking time. I don't know if I talked about this at all because I think I finished it post last podcast where I was fucking sucking dong. Uh, and, uh, have since moved, like, since finished it post that episode. Uh, but I got to the last episode, uh, last, sorry, last level in it. And, uh, it starts off and you got to punch a dude to death. Uh, he punches you to death in three hits. You have to punch him to death and it takes, it must take fucking 40 hits or something. Uh, and eventually I worked out how to do it. And the easiest way to do it is to, uh, grab grab his legs right you grab him by the legs and you pull him pull his legs for him out from underneath him and then you swing him into the wall like swing his head into the wall as much as you can and the other thing you can do because that still takes a bunch of hits uh and if you die afterwards you get reset to the start of the level the other thing you can do is you pull his legs out from underneath him and then you walk over the top of him and you grab his head and you bash it into the fucking floor until he stops moving it's extremely graphic uh and that, and, it, and it's extremely annoying because uh, you have to like be near the floor the whole time to bash someone's head into the floor it was slightly easier to do it into the wall but uh anyway it was it was killer on my quads after you finish that you then have to go through another big section where you got to fight some really brutal fucking enemies and uh then you get to a ladder uh, that you have to climb, and it takes fucking literally two minutes to climb to the top of it. If you nail it the entire way, like the whole time, if you nail everything, but there's like two states of, of grabbing something in Boneworks, and uh, you have to be paying a lot of attention to your own hands, which is not how you climb a ladder, uh, but it's very possible to be in the second state. There's one state of climbing a ladder in Boneworks that isn't actually holding on to anything. You just sort of lifting yourself up on the ladder and uh and it's very easy to throw yourself off the ladder uh which you've climbed for two minutes it took me fucking i'd say 20 to 25 minutes to climb this fucking ladder it drove me fucking insane and when you get to the top of the ladder the game plays a uh a a short cutscene, and then it ends and then it rolls credits and uh yeah it was it was some shit uh which is why it's not my game (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for that <laughs> fortunate discussion. <laughs> Next up, essay. Division 2. <laughs> um, all right, so it sounds like we're going control. control with this one. Alt delete. Best new IP. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm seeing a trend on this one. Superland was amazing as well. By the yeah. Way. Um, right. Next up, biggest disappointment. Last year was Sea of Thieves, off the top of my head. Ooh. Yep, Sea of Thieves 2018, Mass Effect Andromeda in 2017, Mafia 3 in 2016, Batman Arkham Knight in 2015. That was mainly due to like all the mm. PC issues and whatnot when we were trying to play it. Uh, and then Destiny in 2014. So, this is a um, 
I don't know, this is going to be an interesting category because uh, the games here... It's just, yeah. Crackdown 3, uh, Anthem, Ancestors, The Humankind Odyssey, Death Stranding were the four that I pulled out. I feel like it hasn't been too big of a disappointing year. Um, now, I'll explain the Death Stranding thing. Is For me, I, would, I wasn't hyped about that game anyway because every time they showed it, I was like, I don't understand what this is. And so I didn't really... I wasn't really disappointed in the game. I can see how you can be disappointed by the pedigree of what you thought it could be coming from who it was being developed by. Maybe we can argue that, or maybe we don't have to argue it. Maybe it just goes straight to distracting. Um, but any thoughts on this I think one? disappointment means that you've hit the nail on the head, that you had expectations in it, right? And I'm the same with you for Death Stranding in that I'm not a fan of Kojima, and not because I hate Kojima, because I've never played a Kojima game. So this was going to be my first one. I have since reevaluated whether I should waste my time because it doesn't sound like my thing. I'm like, I'm looking through a list right now, and it includes things like Anthem, and I'm like, but I didn't expect that to be good. So sure, and Crackdown Three, yeah. I didn't expect that to be good. So yeah, it's, it kind of changed. Or but some people did. Rage Two. I expected it to be what it was, like a, I thought it was a yeah, but like a decent shooter, not amazing, not the second coming, not like it, you know, reforged by another developer. Uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood is on this list, but it was fine. I had a lot of fun in co-op, but co-op is, yeah. cannot be trusted. <laughs> Ghost Recon Breakpoint didn't have massive expectations for it. Like it looked better than, it was doing some better stuff than Wildlands, but not like this is going to be the, the go-to co-op Open world shooter of the year, Far Cry New Dawn. Same thing again. Yeah. And uh, what, Marvel Ultimate Lines 3 is on here, but that game was fine. It had some fucking stupid janky camera issues and difficulty spikes in the boss fights, yeah. but I feel like that's more about quality of your co-op partner than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think... Yeah, I, I struggled to come up with games on this list other than Death Stranding because I felt like that was the outlier and there weren't a lot of games that I thought were, that I was hyped for and then I played and I was like, oh, this is bad. But at the same time, I wasn't hyped for that game because I wasn't, um, it just wasn't hyped because of what I'd seen of it. I was like, this is just really strange. But for me, it was the hype of who it was coming from. Um, so that's why I put it on there and I felt like it should definitely win. I think Joe's going to agree with this one just because of what came from. Oh, if he was hyped for it, though, were you? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was great. hyped. I was. I, I was, and I wasn't, and I was, and I wasn't. I went, I definitely, I spoke about I think I spoke about it. Every time I was no longer hyped about Death Stranding, I think I talked about it on the fucking podcast. I'm like, nah, this game looks fucking dumb. And then they'd show another fucking trailer, and we're like, nah, I'm back on. I'm back in. I'm back on deck for this fucking dumb game. Uh, I, think it, I think it actually might be a secret genius effort and uh yeah i'd fucking find myself on board again uh it is death stranding even if i wasn't hyped for being the worst game that i've played in a fucking long time uh it is the fucking worst thing that i've experienced all the way through since fucking bosch season one and i cannot believe that people fucking love it and it drives me utterly insane to think about it because i literally have not i still have not and i am like in some ways broken in how fucking obsessed i am about this 
but I still have not seen a fucking a satisfying explanation of what it is people love about this fucking game. I've seen people, I've seen repeatedly people say, oh, yeah, that part's bad, but I still love it. And then you go, why? Why did you love it? And then they're like, oh, Job, Job hates hates this game lol and then they fucking move on right like they just fucking move on you shot like i posted the fucking the fucking beach scene and everyone's like yeah that was pretty bad sequence but i unironically love this game and you're like but why you admit that this is bad right you fucking recognize that this is terrible and yet here we are like how the fuck has this happened what the fuck is going on here? Please try to, like, at least tell me how this this one beach sequence is acceptable. How does this work in... And people are like, well, but you didn't complain about, you know, you didn't complain about the poop scenes in Metal Gear Solid. Fuck you, okay? Metal Gear Solid is a dumb fucking James Bond slash Escape from New York ripoff, right? Unashamedly a B-grade action film made into a fucking very very competent stealth action game uh this is a hyper serious post-apocalyptic survival walking simulator where i am supposed to feel the fucking emotion at every fucking step of the way way and every cunt in the fucking game cries literally every character cries at some point i am supposed to feel this emotion, I'm supposed to empathize with these fucking dickheads. And yet, here I am watching these dickheads run along the fucking beach as Mario and Princess Beach. Like, what? Oh, now they're allowed to, what? With, oh, but it, it lightens the, lightens the gravity. Uh, like, fuck off, it does. It doesn't lighten anything. This is supposed to be a serious moment. You can't just fucking... This is like in Futurama, right? When fucking... When Harold Zoid... Uh, Zoidberg's fucking uncle decides to... To do his first talkie. He's the director of a talkie. And, like, it's hyper-serious. And he's like, Oh, I know this is a dramatic uh, scene, but can't you throw some pies or something? Like... What the fuck is going on here? How does how does is, is this guy gonna fucking do a like if he ever does a movie? I would watch a David Cage film before I watched a Hideo Kojima film. <laughs> like oh no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Hideo Kojima is going to make worse films than David Cage if either of them ever transition into that fucking space because. They're, they're both at some level terrible storytellers. And they are both at some level capable of wrangling spectacular fucking uh, performances out of people. And the difference is that David Cage has wrangled spectacular performances out of, uh, I don't know, middle of the road actors uh, to act out his terrible fucking dialogue. Mm. While Hideo Kojima made everyone except for Mads Mikkelsen look like a ranting and raving lunatic. Uh, across 
And that is on top of, that is fucking 12 hours of cutscenes on top of the worst gameplay experience of the fucking decade. How can anyone walk some fucking boxes from one spot to another for 40 hours and walk away thinking that is an accomplishment? What is the... As someone who expects, like, even if you had no fucking hype of it, even if you didn't expect anything because you don't like Hideo Kojima's games or anything, is it, are we not at some somewhere where Sony dumps fucking eighty million dollars into a game and you at some level expect anything at all out of it? Right? You're just like, well, Sony's pissed away eighty million dollars before. So, it's definitely possible that they've, they've just pissed it away on this one. So, I have zero expectations of Death Stranding. No. Fuck Death Stranding. Fuck that game. It's the... This this game, this, this category is our de facto worst game of 2019. And Death Stranding is the worst game of the decade. So... <laughs> so, basically, Luke, go back so and change everything to Death Stranding wins. for every other year... <laughs> Yeah, it's rippling retro- through time retroactively. as the worst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Basically. let's uh let's give it to that one then. Easy. Death Stranding. Um which which brings us to our 5 overall. You guys got this ready? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Sort of. We can do that. Um I can kick things off, but I'll start at my number 6, the one that just didn't make it, just to tease you a little bit. Uh, it was Borderlands 3 for me. Um, I think, yeah, Job, Job nailed it before when he said that this was a game that probably wasn't going to get a love, lot of love. Um, and it just missed out. Uh, I think it's an exceptional game that um, really nailed the Borderlands formula. It brought everything else up to date in terms of like where gaming is these days, like um, with the quality of life improvements and things like that. And, uh, yeah, it just gave us more Borderlands. Um, I think its biggest downfall is that it didn't give us where games have sort of gone in terms of endgame content. We haven't seen the giant raids or anything like that yet. And uh, that is maybe why, for me, it's just missed out a little bit. Because at the moment, it's more of a, um, a game that you can kind of play and then replay again on a harder difficulty. And that's kind of really all it's brought to it at the moment. So... Um, that's for me why it kind of misses out on my top five of the year. So, any thoughts on that for you guys or misses out on? Yeah, was it, I thought this was your fifth. six misses out my number six. Right. I can tell okay. you my fifth. Yeah, yeah. Well, I... it might surprise some uh, of you guys. No, yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm interested here. If it's Death Stranding, I'm fucking end you. <laughs> no, it's uh, Sea of Thieves for me. Um. Are you allowed oh, to do that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is not obviously a game that was released this year. Yeah, we're allowed to. We're allowed to. Games we played are fucked up. Yeah, it's, it's my. This isn't for me the my list of games that I think are the best. It's my. I think my favorite games of this year. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, last year we shit on Save Thieves a little bit because of just the amount of quality of content that it had in there. And I think they completely turned that around. But like, Save Thieves is one of the most fun games I played this year. Um, and I am definitely keen to keep playing that game. So that is why, for me, it's my 
my number five. I was tossing up between Sea of Thieves and Borderlands 3 for these two. Um, and at the end of the day, I feel like... I think Sea of Thieves did things that were unexpected uh, that Borderlands 3 just didn't. Like, Borderlands 3 did the things that I thought it was going to do. Whereas Sea of Thieves... Like, every time I play that game, it does something different. Like, Job and I played it recently, just the two of us, and the fucking... The fight we got into with the, the ghost ship and then the, the Meg that hunts us down and then while well, we're chasing him on the boat and there's a dude on a dinghy rolling around and we steal his stuff and then he ends up finding us later on. Like, there's no other game that I have those experiences with this year. That's just... That, that's Sea of Thieves. Um, and that's why I had to put it on my list this year. So, number five for me. So... Just, just to clarify, Nate, that means Battlefield Five. Can it's be almost good. like it was just added. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. But I mainly put that on there because of the big anniversary update as well that added. Yeah, that should have been one point <laughs> I felt like. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, wait, do you go through all of your? No, five? you guys can go five now. Okay. Uh... Joby, okay. Go, Joby. Uh, Borderlands 3 for me is number five. Uh, for basically all the reasons you were saying, uh, I was going to jump in and agree, and then you were like, anyway, that's why I missed out on my top five. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> Wait a second. Um, yeah, look, it, I, I think it's an amazing game um, for what it is. It does... It, it, it does what it says on the box and uh, it fucking nails it. And uh, it came out fucking... And and yeah, killed it. So uh, yeah, I loved it to bits. So cool. yes, Borderlands. Mate. Battlefield 5. Because it has a 5 in the title. With a massive, massive addendum. Um, nice. <laughs> up until like a fucking week ago when 12. they fucked it with the TTK update, which they have since... Hot yeah. fixed back to a state where it is still not great, but there, <clears throat> I don't think you can fucking change the time to kill in a game in a drastic way a year after release. They had mm. gone through such a hard slog of like, I mean, I saw the massive potential of it at launch. It's probably why it was shooter of the year for last year. I think Joby probably feels the same way. Like it had problems, but it was had massive potential. Same as Rainbow Six Siege. They floundered for a lot of 2019 to realize that potential and then sort of like halfway through the year they started ramping up towards the Pacific but they were also releasing new things they were fixing things and it got to a place where pretty much universally on if you went to Reddit social media whatever everyone was like thank you fuck yeah this is exactly where it should be just give us new content and that's all we want just new content new missions to do every week and then they went and fucked the TTK uh, I'm not happy about it but I'm still playing so, yeah. but I mean, yeah, right up until seriously December, Battlefield Five, it, it got better and better and better, and then they introduced something to kill flyboys. Which flyboys, seeing salt from flyboys in chat is just something I live for. We had that in Battlefield One. I it, it warms it warms my heart. It warms me in my soul. Fuck them, flyboys. And they oh, did that real way them. too late for Battlefield One, which we all got in on, and that was. Amazing. Uh, they have since nerfed my anti-flyboy weapon, although they've kind of made it more satisfying because it went from like a six-shot 
rocket launcher, dumb fire rocket launcher that would fuck up any anything, including a bomber, in a single run if you hit it head on, uh, to a two-shot that fires a little bit slower. But if you still hit it in the engine when it's diving at you, you will kill it. So it's more satisfying. And you can also shoot it longer, but it takes longer to get there. So it's you do feel more skilled. But yeah, Battlefield Five has been my go-to game, whether it's a break or I want a session, whether I'm playing alone or with other people. It's so much better with other people. But as a live surface game, it was really, really good and in a great place until recently. And it'll be interesting to see how much they change the time to kill, whether they do it all. But I, I hope they do. I hope they do. Or I hope that DICE is so right and we are all so wrong that after a few weeks of playing it that we feel the potential of it. But you've, I'm having to redo muscle memory on all of the guns that I know, which immediately makes them feel neutered. Uh, and I, know, I understand they wanted to fix engagement ranges, but I think they'd already launched with, you know, SMGs and shotguns were for up close. Assault rifles were kind of that middle ground. But although you could still tap fire and kill for someone who didn't respect you enough to move, they had it in a good place. And I don't understand why they've changed it. Um, it, it it's fucking dumb. And the big theory is that it's for Christmas noobs. And it's hard to not feel that that's true considering they tried to do this at launch although they at least had the decency to separate it into different servers that nobody touched. Uh, so they said, we're not doing that. And then they've basically, the conspiracy theory, which I sent to Joby, which I don't think is that much of a conspiracy theory, is a Redditor saying the 5.2 no. changes fucked the TTK. And then they've gone, oh, we've seen your feedback. We'll hot fix it. And it's basically they've hot fixed it closer to what it was, but it ultimately is what they tried to do last year. And it's just hard to see the logic of why you do that. But I mean, I'm still playing it. I'm still going to play it. Um, it's still way more fun when you've got at least one other person in your squad. And when you've got a full squad, even with a shit TTK, you get shit done. You have those moments that you can only get in battlefield. It is probably for me, one of the, if not the best battlefield game when it's doing everything right. It's just a shame. And I hope that they can unfuck it before they bleed people. Yeah. Uh, I I wholeheartedly agree with that fucking conspiracy. That is such a fucking robust yep. conspiracy theory. The idea that they want it to be that terrible TTK that they adjusted to last year, which was awful. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it scans one hundred percent. Yeah, it feels like they're trying to make I, it more I accessible. Hate to think about it, but yeah, exactly. And it doesn't work that way. There are um, better ways to do it, right? The, like siege adding. Yeah, the newbie Absolutely. pool and all that sort of stuff. And and they're like, we added a shooting range. She can learn. I'm like, that's not a good way for people to learn. That's not a good way for a new player to go, oh, I go to the yeah. shooting range and they're having this really boring, watered down battlefield experience and going, yeah. I don't see the appeal, but nor is them getting thrown in the deep end with sharks um, like me. Yeah. So... Yeah, getting put on the opposite team. Not a good idea. Um, <laughs> so I can see that, but I don't... Like, again, yeah. if there weren't other solutions that existed, like going back to the Dying Light 2 comment from, I think, 16 hours ago at this point, um, <clears throat> that if there wasn't a better system, I don't think I'd be as critical. And there is a way better way to do this. And it is educational and saying, yeah. we're going to do matchmaking and we're going to, if you're a certain level, we're going to keep you in this these shallower waters or we're going to keep you to this map restriction, whatever, like whatever Siege has done is is great. It's not perfect, but yeah. it is a better way yeah. of saying we want people to play this game. We want new blood. 
but we don't want them to come in, get annihilated, and then never come back again. You do not want to make your core audience who yeah. have been logging in and suffering through the bullshit and are now feeling the rewards and, and championing it to you know, people like you guys. Um, <clears throat> I was in a meeting mm. at Logitech, uh, and I think we're, we're actually talking about this, this microphone. Hello, the Yeti X, which is great. But we were in there, and he was like, what are you playing at the moment? I'm like, Battlefield. He's like, oh, I don't know, man. I gave up on it. It's a bit shit. I'm like, hey, Pacific update just dropped. Wake is coming in December. He's like, whoa, Wake's coming? Shut up. I'm installing it. Like, that was the thing. Like, so yep. A lot of people have been saying that. And Wake, I think, is a great map, not on every mode, mind you. Um, they fucked it on Conquest, Joby. Oh, yeah. They did that. <clears throat> Remember the original Hamada? Oh. Where it would have the that was the desert map in Battlefield Five, where every map, uh, every point would be captured yeah. for the Germans, and then you had to fight. Yeah. So it just becomes yeah. spawn camping and bombing. They've done that with Wake. So Japan faction owns the entire island, and of course they all spawn at the bottom points because they're the most logical ones to go to. And I was in a map the other day where we just we, that was the classic probably right, right? like. Um, where you had the the hard hard spawn for US was on the boats, and they had. To I just don't think it works. Boats. <clears throat> but it was different back then because, well, like your range of engagement was extremely different back in 1942, and uh, so that you were able to actually wait until you were a lot closer. In Battlefield Five, you can punt cunts from fucking ages away. Uh, people will put together like all kinds of. Like you can build up fucking AA and stuff to wreck cunts before they yep. even get. And there are like the, the giant the cannons that um, like can fuck up boats, the landing craft in two shots. Like it's just, I get why they might be doing it for authenticity and authenticity in this state might even be original Battlefield 1942, but no, just do what's best for gameplay. There are modes like the breakthrough mode is catered to attack defense. I don't think Conquest should ever have that. And I think. Yep with the older maps that they've tweaked, they got to a better place where they were like, in fact, we don't want you to run to get the gimme points because that's downtime at the beginning that makes you more prone to just be bombed. So why don't we just start giving you your first point or your first two points and then we know that you're contesting over the middle ones. Like all of those learnings have gone out the door for Conquest, the most popular mode, at least in Australia. Um, It's dumb. So I don't... Yeah, you you should have the two closest to the boat. It does sort of render the boat semi-useless, uh, but at the same time, if you were to make it the only way to get other boats, like smaller landing craft and stuff, then it would be uh, still useful for the... Still the rewards the flank, and, and, and obviously getting the airfield gets you an extra plane spawn. Yeah. So there's still absolutely incentive to do that. Plus, they've got the amphibious tanks now, and that's the only place you can get them. Plus the plane spawn there, and you have to take off from it. I'm pretty... No, no, you don't have to take off from it in this map. I don't think. But the point being that there are ways to gameplay incentivize no, yeah, an actual hard spawn versus on the map spawn. And the equipment will be used. Um, yeah. It's it's dumb. It's unfortunate to get it into such a good place to turn around a year of people kind of grumbling or suffering through it and then to to kind of throw it all away yeah. in a in a time to kill update, which seems to be an agenda that they've wanted to force on the community for since launch. Which is weird that they didn't just launch with that. Like if that's the expectation, if your time to kill is what happens at launch and it is always going to be based on that if you slow it up or speed it. Uh, slow it down, sorry, or speed it up. Anyways, Battlefield Five with 
addendums. But if you, yeah, anyone in the gap, jump into the channel. Yep. If you see me online, jump in. I don't care how shit you are at it. We will still get stuff done in a squad. Yeah. I mean, you play with Job, right? So <laughs> Savage. There is no... Uh, you got me! All right, for me, number four, I've got on this one, Dota Underlords. Um, it's right. a game that I never thought I would get into. Obviously, Job talked about it a bunch, like the the, the Underlords, yep. sorry, the, the auto-battler concept. I was not interested at all. Even when Dota Underlords launched, I was not interested at all. But then I think some convincing from you guys, um, I jumped in and... Yeah, man, I, I got hooked. You played shit tons of it. Yeah, uh, I played the tutorial, and like it's it's now my it's my go to game when I'm watching basketball or if I'm doing something you know late at night. Nobody's around for PUBG or or multiplayer games, and I, I kind of don't want to play solo, so I'll jump in for a couple of rounds. Um, yeah, man, I love that game so much, and I think that the fact that they've thrown in all these extra modes in there from the knockout to duos, like. I'm playing a bunch of duos now with, with Drew. Like we've got a, a a crew, a team that we jump in and play with. Um, we've played a bunch of knockout like regularly. We can, you know, people that aren't really playing it too much, they kind of just want to jump in and play a couple of games. You can do that because knockout games are you know five to eight minute games, and you can just get like five or six of them through in an hour. Um, they're really fast paced and it's a cool way of introducing people to like the new heroes and the new sort of um, the way the economy works whenever they change it. So I really like that game a lot. I think it's excellent. Um, I never thought I would be this attached to like a strategy game uh, as much as I am for Underlords. So uh, yeah, it's, it's my second most played game this year and it's only been out for six months at this stage. So that is why it's on my... Um, my top five of the year. I think it's it's one of the best strategy games that I've played uh, in a long time. Um, so yeah, Dota Underlords. There you go. For you, number four. Mine is. Uh, I, I was gonna jump in and, and bust in before you could uh, say it, but uh, like you could go your fifth. But uh, my my fourth is um, Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, I know this is uh, bucking the trend of having last year's or previous year's game uh as five but uh honestly Rainbow Six Siege has grown so much over the last year it has done like the new operators that it has done have been fucking phenomenal to play as and I have played so fucking much of it um this year over in trips and drabs but uh nevertheless uh, over the course of the year I played fucking tons of it uh I thought the Burnt Horizon update uh, was spectacular that's and that's not just <laughs> pushing it for years <laughs> just, uh, they should have called it over and over again Nate Horizon <laughs> Nate Horizon Nate Luke Luke Horizon um, yeah uh, yeah I thought Burnt Horizon was a fucking spectacular update that then went on to inform so much of how they approached the rest of the year uh, it was clearly the uh, if it didn't inform it, it was clearly the um, the the start of something brilliant for um, for Rainbow Six. The uh, fact that they were able to like take that map design of Outback and utilize it as as a jumping off point to redesign so much of uh, what like 
what was basically tradition in their Rainbow Six maps uh, is fantastic, and they did such a good job at redoing Canal, Canal, Ask for it by uh, name, and um, and and uh, theme park, um, and yeah, it, it wound up being great. I thought the second round of operators um, was perhaps underwhelming. Um, pretty ignorable, but still like good fun. Uh, the latest operators, Carly and Wumai, Wumai is useless and casual, but uh, yeah, great guns. He is, he's got fantastic guns, and uh, yeah, they I think they successfully established the idea of reusing guns in a way that made you wish that they might have done it earlier. Uh, they've got so many guns in the game now, uh, but yeah like some of them absolutely deserve to be used more than once and it's awesome to get the opportunity to reuse them a couple of times uh which is exactly what's happened in my case you wouldn't give up on the idea of a fucking org on a defender because it's a fucking great gun it works out so well uh and carly is fucking goofy shit goofy shit she made me love sniping again um just because of the fucking unexpected angles. People fucking shit their pants. It's hilarious. Hmm. Uh, they boom fucking nowhere. They've got no idea they're going to get fucking done. And you fucking punt them. Um, through like multiple layers of windows or walls and stuff. And they just get fucking done. And they watched the fucking... I had one where I was on Canal. And I must have waited like fucking... I knew exactly where this cunt was. And my dipshit team mate was like strafing in front of the window over and over again and I'm on I'm on the mic like stop walking in front of the window stop walking in front of the window I'm gonna give you three seconds to get out of the fucking window or I'm just gonna fucking shoot through and uh, lo and behold he gets out of the fucking window and I immediately shot as soon as I had a fucking lie because I, I didn't think he was still there but I had to fucking take the punt and he was still there and I shot him through fucking a window uh, a wall and uh like over literally the he was in server room i was on the fucking roof and yeah and the the dude who wouldn't get the fuck out of the way he was like oh nice <laughs> like yeah it could have been fucking 15 seconds ago dipshit but i'm trying to be trying to not be as toxic so uh i kept that to myself anyway uh yeah phenomenal phenomenal year for it uh and it, it is a game that just yeah continues to get better and better and better it's amazing yeah. All right, Nate, your number four. Rainbow Six Siege. For the reasons that Job said, I'm not going to add too much more to it just then to say finally they introduced Australian operators uh, and it wasn't just a tokenism introduction. It was like they actually had an awesome fucking map. They were viably amazing operators, uh, Mozzie in particular. And then throughout the year and having, as someone who's been there since the beginning of Siege uh, in terms of like access and interviews and things like that, their willingness to disrupt the meta has always been a thing, but their willingness to break their own rules about what has to be part of an operator, it has to have a hard counter, it has to have synergies and all this stuff, which they were such a, like, it has to be like this. And when they started mixing up with that, I wasn't about it. But now I see more of it just in terms of versatility and and, and realizing that when they, they have an idea and they give it to the community, the community is going to do things with it that they never imagined. So even when you get... Like there was, a, I mean, I 
love sorry Ubisoft I love shitting on this example because Warden was a great introduction if he'd come in during the height of the the glass blitz ying you know flash smoke phase he would have been the perfect operator to drop immediately after that and they have talked about the idea that they've got a lot of operators on the go and there's many decisions that influence what they do I just wish that they had a a full year's worth of operators sitting at 90% done and so they can pivot because again aspirational educational esports scene uh, does for better or for worse and I think better inform the, the metas below that as well and i just like that they're willing to change things i like that they've shown that this is their brand is just like shift shit shit up and that they've done a 10-year commitment which covers console generations i think the best of siege is yet to come i think it's in such a solid state but i think there's an amazing opportunity in 2020 uh an article i wrote for job about like that not just the esports scene but the idea that it's going to be on next gen, right? Like they're not going to be like, if you want to play Siege on console, just hang on to your PS4 or your Xbox One. And that jump then means that there is shit that they are limiting, I have no doubt, in Siege because they need to hit 60 frames per second on console and they need to hit it on a base console, which means that that influence is designed for PC. And I think that we're going to see... I mean, we've already seen hints of it, like when they've made changes to the fire propagation system this year, the smoke propagation system, that the awareness of, you know, attack being more dominant than defense and the way that they are willing to do a long con on shifting that over time, no matter how much the competitive scene gets upset about it or doesn't. Um, I mean, initially, Joby, uh, Luke, probably, we were having a go at them about how long you can run outside for, And it started at five, which was ludicrous, and went to two. I was like, it shouldn't be in the game. I've since turned around on that. I absolutely see the viability of that, especially in a competitive scene. It sucks a bit in a pub setting when... But you can still counter. You can still counter it. And getting a a drone inside in that sneaky spot where you can see they're setting up for it is amazing because you just pop them through a window in the head. So Siege is that game that no matter how much time there has been between drinks or how often you play it, you will go through and you will have rounds where you're absolutely shat on, either because your team is shit or because you're having an off round or because the, the fucking gaming gods have determined that your luck is bad and you get wall banged by when you watch the replay some random shit that wasn't even skill-based or you were outplayed. And you just accept it. And then <laughs> if you persevere or if you come back again later, if you can't handle it, which is me, <laughs> you come back the next day or the next week, you will have that round where you get that, 4v1, 5v1, whatever, clutch, ace. And that that feeling, that tension, the best parts of PUBG, you know, where you're alone in the house and you know they're coming for you, that is Rainbow Six Siege at its best. And I think what makes it great is that I remember talking to you years ago, Siege, uh, Siege Luke, about uh, why you loved... Why do you love Dota? And I was like, how often How often do you win? And you were like, about 50% of the time. I'm like, well, that's a bit shit. And you're like, no, that's a well-balanced game. I'm like, that's a fucking good point. Like the idea that part of yeah. you not feeling like you can piss it in is part of what keeps you coming back, is part of what adds to the tension. The fact that if you potato when you're shooting at someone's back, they can spin around and headshot you is also part of what you know you can do in the reverse. Siege... I don't know. Like I said earlier that I'm a bit worried about where it'll go, but that's just because it's my constant. Like having a a shooter 
not just a franchise, but an actual single game that there's a commitment to, like a 10-year commitment, uh, which covers across generations. And they've obviously, they're not shy about that. They're not going to talk about what's happening, although I do hope they start talking about it at the Invitational rather than waiting until the end of the year. I hope at least they start teasing what's going to come. I, I asked them about cross-gen this year and they said, that's something that I want to do. But that feels like if they can't do it this generation, that the, the next gen is perfect for it. And do it in the fucking Call of Duty way, even where you can opt in and out mm. and you can see the controllers. And I don't think they should put controllers up against PCs or anything like that. But I think that give people the option to plug a keyboard and mouse into a console and play against PC gamers because they want to see what that, like if they've hit the peak of con- console, let them try it. They'll get their asses kicked purely from a 60 hertz perspective probably um, unless their positioning is particularly amazing but yeah, yeah Siege is I don't know it, it, it gets better and better in a way that like unlike Battlefield 5 I don't have to give any fucking addendum and I know that it yeah. it's not like you're a, a roller coaster where you're like oh man oof <laughs> what are they doing this time yeah whereas I think I think Siege started off at the bottom of the roller coaster and it's sort of gone up you know obviously there's a you know, there's some points where it levels out, but it's not like going back down and, you know, you the dips and whatnot. The most shit I can sling at Siege is that, I mean, it's a triumph that it's gone from the launch that it had to where it's at today or even a year later. What I hate is that it set a precedent for the industry that, that showed publishers that they can launch shoddy fucking shit and say it's a live service model and we'll fix it in post. <laughs> I fucking hate that idea because we're seeing it far too often. We're mm. not seeing a game launch strong and it being made better as often as we're seeing a game launch bad and them going, hey, it's live service, guys, hang around. And I mean, like fucking Anthem, that they're still talking about how they're going to save that. And I'm like, is anyone fucking playing this still? I, th- I think it's a rarity when you get yeah. the story of, like, and I don't even play it anymore, but like Destiny or Destiny 2, where if you talk to the people who are still playing, they're like, if you stopped at launch, you should come back because they've turned it around or Siege for us, no, you know, no. in that first year. Um, I think... Yeah, but we're right about Siege. And the people who are still playing Destiny still are... They're, they're too far committed. They're like, we have to... Quote, they're probably addicted, hard. right? Yeah, whereas Siege is like the thing where I can now safely tell someone who has never played Siege or even Rainbow Six that, hey, you can safely yeah. jump in. I will tell you there's a pathway mm. to you getting the full proper experience. And I'm like, it will get more rewarding the more you play, but you can start in these, you can start off with the situations which are kind of shitty, but like do that to unlock your operators and then go into the newbie pool and then find people to play with before you go into casual uh, and then they've got unranked now and ranked like, yeah, they're, they're doing the right thing by that game. And I think that Ubisoft is as surprised as anybody that Siege turned out to be what it is. And now it's become like the poster child. And that's why it doesn't surprise me that they're taking the two lead talents to somewhere else within Ubisoft because they're like three or oh, three. Yeah, right. So we need you elsewhere, yeah, guys. Like you've done great work here. We feel like you've built a good we team. We want Rainbow Six Siege. So. Yeah, we, we, we want that in another genre. Like we want to like take any other game or whatever that they, they're like, we want, and they have esports divisions. And at the moment, Ubisoft's um, esports is just dance and Siege. And that's it. And so you know they can see the potential of the kind of money that can be made out of this model. So they want to repeat that elsewhere. Where they will do that is yet to be seen. But I, I, yeah, I'll be very interested in what they touch, even if it's not Rainbow Six, which assumedly it's not because they're not 
making Rainbow Six Siege 2. They've been very explicit about that. Um, but yeah, fucking Rainbow Six Siege is... I, I miss it. Like, I haven't been playing it in a while, mm. and I fucking miss it. And I've got time off the next two weeks, and I've had people pinging me to go, hey, man, when are we jumping into Siege? I'm like, next week. I am looking forward to having my ass kicked and then getting back into the swing of it. Now we're playing oh, yeah. Wild Eight next week. You can't. It's too late. Oh. Um, Fuck Wild Eight. All right. Uh, my number... Three. Three. Uh, three. My number three is Sekiro. Um, obviously, uh, I th- I still think it's, it's an excellent game. Uh, it might be the... In terms of my my favorite from software games, it's probably on like the fourth on my list. <laughs> um, but like the analogy we were talking about before, it's like rate your favorite John Wick films or like rate your favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. films. Like there isn't a bad one. Um, that's kind of how I feel about Sekiro. Uh, and I yeah, I, I immensely enjoyed that game. I think they've learned so much about um the i i like the combat system i feel like more than what i have the last couple of games um and that's kind of what turned me off jedi fallen order is that i felt like if you were to give from software and be like make a star wars game they would make an immensely better star wars game than anybody ever could because the combat is just so exceptional uh in their games um yeah and like i don't think that would yeah, you're crazy though. I think their no, I think their combat system is divorced from what a Star Wars combat system like a be, lightsaber in game, in my opinion. Yeah, one hundred percent. You're fucking nuts. No, no, no. You're not supposed to like unless they're fucking parrying everything, right? Every strike should be basically a kill shot. But they are. They the they do. Game, that's opinion. what Sekiro is. It's parrying. It absolutely most is. of them you are like three or four way shots. Way too many fucking times. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, um, how are you like? This? We got to blast through these. I really need to go. Uh, Sekiro, the <laughs> the verticality. I think adding verticality to the That's game what is um, what they've done is excellent, uh, and uh, just like the way they manage to scale difficulty in every game they put out. Um, me being able to put check marks on a a notepad to see how many times I've died. Uh, yeah, and just being surprised by what they do in those games is... Uh, yeah, I, I am. I was generally surprised that that game won at the Game Awards. I did not see that coming. Just because of the... I guess the mainstream nature of that game. I look at the Dark Souls series or the Bloodborns of the world and feel like it's a very niche game. Uh, even though it's immensely popular that to me does not shout like game of the year um and so to see that pick it up i was massively surprised because um for me it's still a i I think i gave it a nine on i did give it a nine on survivor so it's definitely up there it's not my favorite from from software game but i still think it's Mm. amazing for for what they've put out like it's better than most games you play this year yeah okay fair enough uh, my number three is um, Disco Elysium. We've already spoken about it. Uh, it's number three because of the reasons I spoke about about how yeah, it's just uh, I, f- I feel like the pacing isn't at, at my pace. It's not my fucking tempo. And um, yeah, like I, 
if it was faster, if I if I could control it faster, if I could play it at the pace that I wanted, then um, there would be higher. But instead, it feels like a game that I regularly take breaks from because I'm like, let's fucking go already, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm too ADD for this shit. I need something fucking something that's going, and I'll go play some Rainbow Six, and I come back after a round in Rainbow Six, and that's how I've been playing it basically. Um, but I am coming back to it. I'm not going to Rainbow Six, uh, in like to take a like Rainbow Six is is breaking this up. It's not like this is breaking up Rainbow Six, which is why it ranks above Rainbow Six for me. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it is a uh, it's f- like seriously mm-hmm. some of the dumbest, and yet like I'm playing a dumb guy, but it is the dumbest fucking writing and simul- simultaneously the smartest fucking writing. And uh, yeah, the way everyone reacts to you is phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, they fucking nail it. Um, anyway. I've already spoken about this guy, So Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. Number three. Oh, my God. Is there any yeah, new games you've played yeah, this year, Nate? Yeah, that's in my top two. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah, you guys, that's your fault. If you maybe not pick those, you know, games that we'd already played or you said you're only allowed one, then... But yeah, AoE 2 D is, is fucking awesome. And I still yeah. fucking suck at that game. Like, I've been going back through the campaigns, having my fucking ass kicked. Um, and I'm like, I still love this. Like, uh, it's it's so bad how much time I want to put into a game that is, what, 15 years old, 20? I don't know how old it is. But um, it's that nostalgia hit, but also, like, the fact that the gameplay still holds up today and it's still like if this game came out today if this is what Age of Empires 4 is but like slightly prettier or whatever I'm okay with that so yeah AOE 2 DE uh, yeah. can't wait to comp stomp I mean be stomped by comps I should probably okay. say <laughs> yeah probably yeah Luke number 2 yep yeah hell yeah uh, my number 2 is Apex Legends um it's my most played game this year. Obviously, the surprise drop uh, of that game caught everyone off guard. It was um, it came at the perfect time for us because PUBG was inaccessible, <laughs> at least, um, and we were we were getting to that point where um, Call of Duty Blackout was sort of starting to fizzle away as well, and so I was I was really looking for yeah. a. Um, a battle role game. I, I I dabbled in Fortnite at one stage because I was looking for something that I knew could that play. hit. Um, yeah, and that and Apex Legends came around, and obviously this is from the the makers of um, uh, Medal of Honor, Call of Duty, like Titanfall. They've got a pedigree for making excellent shooters, and they came out and they kicked it like so hard. Um, the the you know the game they put out was outstanding i think it's um yeah i think it's one of the best shooters of this year i think it's the the way it sort of transformed battle royale uh from a slow paced um sort of realistic action shooter that pubg was known for and then fortnite came along and sort of made it a bit more cartoony but it's still you know it's not as fast i don't think fortnite is anywhere near as fast as what apex is um, and they, you know, Apex really turned that up. And then by adding hero abilities and different, all these different characters you can put in there, interesting mechanics. Like we talked about it, the ping system, 
that I feel like that is a huge, uh, maybe underlooked um, game design or, or, or game feature that will definitely change the way we look at multiplayer games moving forward. Um, you know, no longer having to talk to people or people that don't have microphones or easily be able to ping something on the ground. When we went back to PUBG and I was like, how can I ping this thing over here to let people know? And I think PUBG's got that in there now. It's extremely sloppy. Like, it's nowhere near as polished as what PUBG does it. Sorry, as Apex does it. Um, you know, being able to ping an open door to say that someone has been here on open, uh, you know, open crates or just things with the environment. I think that that is a huge um, sort of feature that we're going to see a lot of in multiplayer games coming out in the next couple of years. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I just like. I, I just love that game so much. I've put so much time into it. I'm that is the game I'm more than happy to play by myself as a um, as a shooter game. Um, I, yeah. you know, I can jump in with other people. Sorry, like I'll play it by myself, but I'll play it with other people. Um, so I like I do not like to play PUBG with other people when I'm playing by myself. I will cl- gladly play solos with that game, but with apex i'm you know because there are so many things in that game that allows you to communicate with other people so easily i necessarily don't have to talk to people um and it makes it so much easier i've never found it to be toxic either um which is a positive thing yeah and so i've always had an immense amount of fun playing that game so yeah that's why it's my number two of this year um yep yeah I, i think what they did was outstanding and i think the support they've done behind it has been fine i kind of like the direction they've gone in terms of you know we're releasing a new map but you can't play the old map like they understand that putting new maps out means that they will split the community if they decide to let people choose and they know that that's an issue so they seem to be on top of things like Mm. that and that's a good thing um they're clearly fans of the genre yeah they they know what they're doing so um yeah, yeah i I don't know if there's any negative... Like, I know you've got a negative about the monetization. For me, I've never had a problem with it because um, it's never really phased me. Like, I've grown up playing, like, the Dota system and it's just something that seems yeah. like all games are doing these days and it's just really hard to get away from, especially for a free-to-play game. Um, and for me to put in mm. 230 hours, like, I've thrown money at that game. Not a lot of money. I've bought, I think, one season pass and it's lasted me uh is this the third season we're in now um because you can actually accumulate the in-game currency to buy the next you know unlock that you want or even the season pass so i had enough currency to buy the next season pass basically uh, which is what i did yeah um yeah i you know it's my favorite shooter of of this year hands down yep all right, my number two is um, Superland, uh, which is a game I played uh, to my own personal detriment. Uh, I have not uh, fucked myself quite the way I did with Superland uh, this year. Um, I played it way too much. Way too many people didn't haven't played it. It is a fascinating fucking uh, game. A, uh, a a game set in a, a sandbox, an actual child sandbox, but you're the size of a fucking cockroach, and so everything is scaled up relatively. Uh, it is Portal meets Metroidvania meets 
uh, a not that great, uh, like, Zelda combat. Like, it, it is literally Zelda combat where you swipe and, like, you press the left mouse button and you swing your fucking sword. Um, it's not great combat, but it is, there is combat. And uh, it grows as you go through it, as any Metroidvania might. The portal, portal part is that it is physics-based puzzles all the way through, including some portal shit uh, that deliberately and specifically rewards you for thinking with portals. Um, I didn't 100% it, but I, uh, I've probably come close closer than I have in any other game uh, fucking ages. In fucking ages. Uh, I am, I think, one achievement off... 100%ing it and I know I am, I know what that achievement requires mm. and I'm like fucking four coins off uh, getting that achievement I'll never do it because I just don't care about pointless collectibles that much uh, but uh, yeah it is it actively rewards you for attempting to break it uh, like a lot of the crazier collectibles are out of bounds in the game and stuff like that uh and uh yeah it's got amusing semi-amusing writing decent writing uh a good enough story but fantastic uh exploration puzzle gameplay and uh and yeah uh just a really good sense of itself uh as soon as they announced superland 2 on kickstarter <laughs> uh, i bought in immediately um I, i'm not missing out on that one the most staggering thing about it is it was made by one dude all of it was made by one dude and it is the most fucking phenomenal effort I've seen in a long time from a single dude uh, it just fucking it kills it's fucking fantastic uh, everyone should play it and it's on my yeah, wish list it's... now I put it on there it's on nice. sale at the moment so definitely uh, check it out it's a demo so I might download that took me 20 hours to finish and uh, I was I yeah I was down the rabbit hole I did it in two sessions and one of them was 14 hours long fuck like yeah I went yeah I went fucking way down on that one it was fucking amazing Metro Uh, Exodus that came out this year right I didn't just change that either unlike certain other entries you sure that came out this year I don't know someone check for me while I talk about it I feel like it came out earlier this year like March or something yeah yeah oh fuck I was like, what year is it? I have the beard for it too. Uh, yeah, that game. It's the second Metro game, right? The second Metroid game. Is that Metro. Well, the, the first two Metro Super games Metro I've exists. tried to play at different times. Uh, they were like kind of pitched as the crisis of games in that they were like PC melters. So I used to install them just to see how I could bench on them. And I came to the conclusion... Yeah. years later that they were just terribly optimized uh which they were but i never got into those games i thought the writing was sloppy and they, they were okay games but they were not fantastically amazing um but i previewed exodus and i'm like i really like this i should probably go back and play the other two but ended up just watching like a fucking youtube video or something like gray squirrel styles to sum up the story to see if i was missing out and exodus is intended as a kind of game if you haven't played the first two you don't need to it's like yes it is rewarding if you've played the earlier ones because of the characters and whatnot and you'll get the you'll understand why one of them is missing a leg or something maybe i don't know but it's such a 
like my kind of game in that the little hub world approach is not open world, but you go to an area and of the bigger ones, like the bigger outdoor ones. And I 100% those fucking things from like side quest to main quest. I figure out which area, which way I'm supposed to go is the main path. And I deliberately go the opposite way. Uh, and even replaying the same section that I did in preview was not a chore, which it usually is because I usually have to fight the urge in preview to do the same thing. I'm like, Ooh, I got to do everything on the side. Just no, just main quest it. Nate. Come on. The game is a really good mix of rewarding um, stealth play uh, versus just when you get into gunfights, I find it incredibly satisfying as well. The lethalities that are at a good point where you can't disrespect your enemies and just run in with a fucking super powerful gun or whatever. The silence guns, you really have to invest upgrade stuff into it to make it even halfway decent if you want to play fully stealthy um, pinging motherfuckers with the pneumatic gun. The pneumatic gun uh, means that you have this whole new thing of like when your magazine runs dry in a game, you usually get into a good system of realizing when that's going to be. Because I was upgrading my fucking pneumatic gun, I found that I would often run out of charge or my bullets or whatever were hitting weaker than what they would be because I hadn't put enough charge in it. So you have to think kind of like the PUBG logic of like, if I start this fight, can I finish it? And not just against one person, but against a group of guys. If I start this stealth play that I see in my head, can I actually finish it before I need to recharge? And if I fuck it up and they turn around. So I found it. Yeah, it's a super rewarding game. Do you guys play it or much of it? No, I, no, I, I absolutely I flat out haven't played it at all. Uh, but it's on fucking games all right. and it's it's on my list. It's it's my it's one of my holiday game plans. Definitely keen to hear what you um, think because, once you've yeah, had a crack. Uh, because and and again, yeah. I'm like I'm the setup of that rant was to say not a massive fan of the first two. Tried and found that they were like either technical problems were getting in my way or I wasn't engaging with the story like everyone said I should be. The survival elements were fine. I loved yeah. the idea of the earlier games that your currency was bullets, so you were effectively shooting your currency. That's fucking mm. cool as shit. What a great idea, which... They got rid of that. Well, they though. did. They did, yeah. But like, it still yeah. doesn't feel like... Yeah. I think some people were criticizing it as being made more casual. I think that it was definitely more accessible, right. Exodus... Um, but I didn't consider it to be casual at all. I was playing on a on a higher difficulty, certainly when I disrespected the enemies or when I explored too far without having been cautious to stop to, you know, survey the land with the binoculars and whatever and mark the points of interest. I got fucking punished, um, but I found that to be, yeah. like, good because there's nothing worse than getting your guns or getting into a flow of an open-world game and finding that you're just kind of pissing through sections so they don't become a challenge which means you're not as engaged with them which means you just either avoid them or you run through them without really paying attention and you go for the fastest killing weapon type thing i really felt incentivized to play stealthily and they've got a day night cycle thing happening as well so attacking at night mm. affects the the range at which you can be seen the, the the patrol density and things um so yeah it's it's a really well realized game and i'm only still like i think halfway through i deliberately stopped and waited because i knew that um i was fortunate enough that nvidia was going to send me uh, an rtx card to do some testing with and i still haven't gone back to it um but it's going to be one of my holiday games to go back with ray tracing because the videos i've seen the people i've talked to about it it's not like the ray tracing in a lot of ways is um 
not like the kind of thing where you'd be like, hey, check out Metro Exodus for a great example of ray tracing as a whole. It's not that killer app execution. Mm. That's going to be coming up soon, I feel. Uh, but yeah, Metro Exodus has the best instances of ray traced shadows. So if you did want to see that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the, the example that I can uh, talk about is the, and I talked about this at, um, I think it was for PAX last year, is like the, the cabin. Like you, you're standing in a cabin, cabin and the, the light from outside is shining in through the curtains and the curtain has like rips in it. And you can see that shadowing onto the environment yeah. within the, you know, the walls and the floor and things like that, like that sort of stuff. And it adds cool. immersion. And like that, I've finished an article that I pro- I'll probably submit earlier next week about modern warfare's ray tracing implementation. And it's, it's a shame because it's not that it's bad per se. It's just that it's not as gobsmacking and even as noticeable. Like you have to literally turn it on and off and replay a scene to notice things, or you have to have things pointed out, or you have to really focus on something. It's so super subtle, which is also fine because they're preserving the frame rate because ray tracing is a fucking beast when it comes to performance at times. Uh, but yeah, it, and also if Metro Exodus hadn't done shadows so well at launch, like around the time the launch of the 20 series cards is one of the champion games of like, if you've got a 20 series cards, get this in your battlefield or whatever to test it. Um, then it would have been different, but it's, it's a, it's like, it's a visually beautiful game. Even without ray tracing, I've played all of it to date without that on, you know, high settings. And it's not so much that the good looking part is that adds anything more than just extra immersion, but it's a really if you like that kind of not open world but like that open approach style where you're rewarded for exploration where resources aren't just thrown at you because they just want you to kill waves of enemies where a stealthy approach plays out differently to a aggressive approach plays out differently to a stealthy approach that goes wrong uh then yeah i think you'll really like metro exodus awesome all right we are we're on our number one. Can we just one. say it at the same time? <laughs> yeah. Rainbow Three. Six Siege. Control. Two. One. Control. <laughs> That's control. the delay. Um, <laughs> it is control. I, I, I'm very, I I'm like actually it. surprised about this. I thought it was just going to be mine. Right. Um, yeah, Control. Uh, I mean, this is okay. like the, the Remedy game that, um, that feels like they have been unchained and they've finally gotten to make the game that they want to make without having um you know microsoft behind them being like maybe you should think about this um so like like nate said before it's it's they have taken all the good bits of all their past games and put them into one game and it all works exceptionally well um the obviously like the the weird powers and things that you could use from um from like the quantum break and then also the the full motion video stuff from quantum break and also alan wake um you know the awesome combat that they had in like max Payne has sort of evolved over the years um it's not like a you know you don't think of those games as shooters but they've got you know max Payne is is like a, a tech demo that was first put out and they were using like the matrix to showcase that game off and with the lobby scene um yeah and just like grabbing all those elements and putting it into 
all these games throughout the years and being like, all right, what, what kind of works and what doesn't work uh, on top of excellent storytelling in all of their games. And then eventually I feel like this is the point where they've been like, we're going to make the game that we want to make and we're not going to have other people tell us like what we should put in it. And I, uh, I, yeah, I love everything about this game. I think it's um, Sam Lake storytelling in particular has like put him up there as one of the um, the best storytellers that we've got in sort of the last or this generation of games um, just because of like his his particular way of telling stories but also like the the world building and the, the things that are surrounding that the lore and, and all that sort of stuff is completely it's so interesting and that's why I've liked games like Alan Wake so much is we don't see game developers make anything like this and so that's why I'm really drawn to it. And so you end up with what I think is probably the most stylish game of this year as well. Like the look of this game is amazing. Um, Nate was talking about ray tracing and like, this is the game where you give to people and you're like, if you want an RTX card, you play this game because nothing looks like this game at all. Uh, you know, they, they have basically taken ray tracing and been like, all right, what else can we do with it? And there's like six or seven settings in the actual options menu for ray tracing that you can toggle on and off and switch them, you know, you know, switch different things on there. Whereas like last year was kind of like Battlefield and it was one setting and you kind of tick that and you'd be like, that looks pretty cool. Uh, and then this is yeah. kind of like the next evolution of that being like, all right, well, how, how far can we push this stuff? you know reflections on windows and the way shadows sort of interact with the world and the way the lighting works with it so i think in terms of style i feel like it's the most stylish game of this year and like the architecture of the world is really engaging and interesting uh, on top of that i really like all the characters in the game i think they're outstanding and we'll get on to spoilers here but for me the the mind-blowing moments was not remembering or not really being aware that they grabbed like the remedy universe characters and then put them into this game to voice or be characters within the world that moment that clicked for me where i'm like oh shit director trench is max Payne." like hearing yeah. that voice and i think i mentioned it to you and you're like what what are you talking about and you'd go back and you hear it yeah and immediately like holy shit yeah uh and so i replayed i've replayed uh control twice now oh, sorry I've, I've played through twice and there's a point where I think I, like the second or third time that you hear Trench talk and that was the moment for me that I picked like oh my gosh that's Max Payne um, and so just yeah. having those moments and the same thing happened with with Dr. Darling and being like oh that's Alan Wake like me not clicking for a little bit um, and then obviously uh, Jesse is from Control as well uh, sorry not Control uh, for, she's from oh. Quantum Break um, and so I think it's like the, it's not only are they getting like their best elements from their past games, but they're understanding like, oh, let's bring in our old, you know, let's bring in those characters as well and have them play in this amazing world. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I really dig all the characters. I, I enjoy the combat for the most part. There's obviously, I th think there's a specific way that you need to play that game. It is very once you understand that you're a superpower like you're a su superhuman over the top powered you know badass woman that's just supposed to run at people and just throw shit at people all the time as opposed to like it's not a cover based shooter like there's a crouch button in the game yeah. I never used it 
because you just run at everything and throw bench like you throw benches yeah. at people and the benches hit the environment and things break all around you and it looks like shit has gone down once you finish one of those fight scenes and it just looks completely outstanding it's pure power fantasy right though um, like and that's the point except at the, yeah. in the first hour yeah. or two i found that i was treating it as a cover shooter minus the snap two button because i didn't have the powers but as soon as i got yeah. like i think in the first fucking power was it evade was that the first power whatever no no it because because it's a metroidvania game you can go and get like whatever you want right. basically but the earlier so, powers to me i think it was like love it the throw the first the throwing yeah my my first but like that started throw. adding to just uh, this wants me to play aggressively not hang back bait them in yeah and there were times when fights got hard where i was like i was rewarded for hanging back and baiting them in but that was my choice i felt like i could have just gone out there and smashed them like the superhero that i was but yeah power fantasy so good mm. yeah the power fantasy of it um i liked i like for me, the ultimate culmination of that was being afforded the opportunity to really experiment. And then once you finished experimenting, you started to use it in ultra mundane ways. Like uh, at some point in the game, you no longer worry about like walking down the stairs in that yeah. central. You just jump. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You just jump off the fucking edge and like, bounce it like right at the end because you fly every fucking crater and you're like fucking and then you land softly and you're like that's fucking gangster that's like the that's not not quite the superhero landing but it's real fucking close and it feels fucking cool um yeah like but it's such a mundane use of superpower and that is where a, a lot of games that give you a lot of power i think often fail they often fail to allow you to use your power in or abuse your power in ultimately idiotic ways uh, hmm. yeah like ways that they shouldn't be used but control absolutely allowed you to do it uh, the, the other thing is you know if we are to talk about it as a metroidvania it's it's i think why i like it more than the other remedy games that i played not counting the max obviously. Pain games obviously uh but why i liked it more than alan wake and um and quantum break uh what was the fucking alan, um american nightmare yeah. um like it felt like i was uh like given the opportunity to play it the way that i wanted and I know that it was ultimately a trick. I don't think it is a Metroidvania at the end of the day. It is quite rigid in the way that you are supposed to attack things. Um, and while you were given a lot of fucking wiggle room, uh, it, it wants you to do it in a certain order at the end of the way. But it was like the illusion fucking stuck for me. And uh, it, I think it's because the the spaces that it gives you are large enough that you're able to explore a lot and then uh, find something that you might not be able to access yet, yeah. but you still, like, the each area is distinct enough that you remember what you weren't able to explore previously and you're able to remember to go back to it and, and uh, check it out and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I think it goes back to me not wanting to play ultimately linear narratives. And while this one was not strictly linear a fairly linear narrative it was loose enough with it that allowed me to 
you know, do what I wanted and approach things in the direction that I wanted and gave me the freedom to, to do it however I wanted. It made me appreciate the storytelling and the, the narrative and the world building that much more because it felt like I discovered it, which I think is critical to video games. And I think Control does it fucking amazingly. Yeah, for, for me, I think that's where yeah. it really elevates is the storytelling and the writing in the game. Um, yeah. Reading every single piece of, of document that you come through, you know, all the you know how this organization how the bureau of control works and how they've got these altered items and then reading up about altered items and like the backstory behind them and the brilliant thing later on as it does is now you run into those altered items and all of a sudden you're like oh i remember reading about this you know and blah 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 and now all of a sudden it is like an objective for you to go to you know the traffic light the yeah. ducks the flamingos, yeah. the fridge, like all that stuff is such um, such cool moments and things that you don't have to go and do. Like these are, for the most part, side missions. You could never have seen that stuff, but it's in there. It's like, what is that flashing light over in the corner? You go in there and it's like, oh, it's the fucking flamingo um, like sticking its head out behind the door. Yeah. So like the world building in there and the stuff that really elevated it for me even more was then the spoiler stuff is the ties to the other remedy games the the ties to yeah. the very loose loose ties to max Payne. obviously they can't because they don't own that ip but they yeah. own like they've got the quantum break stuff uh and there's small ties to quantum break but i guess the big one is the alan wake ties um and yeah. the first time i read the alan wake stuff i was like what the fuck like what oh that's that's pretty cool that's interesting i think it was about the tv show or something like that and then i found another one they mentioned bright Falls, yeah. right they Bright mentioned Bright Falls and you're like, I know, I yeah, know that it's name. the Twilight Zone sort of TV show from yeah. Alan Wake. And then all of a sudden they start talking about like all the Alan Wake, like, um, wait, no, Bright Falls is, is the place, isn't it? I think oh, it might it? be the I thought it was the, the TV place. show. And then all of a sudden they're talking about like interviews with Alice and interviews with Barry. Uh, Alice being Alan Wake's wife is the one that disappears. And then, um, references to thomas zane and the clicker and like them trying to figure out what like oh maybe the altered item is the clicker um there's references to that in there and then you end up finding like manuscripts from alan wake and him writing about how he's being trapped in wherever he is the dark place for 10 years and he's been trying to write himself out of it um and then finding like the actual fmv video you find in the, the like the hidden section like yeah such smart storytelling to a point where you don't know whether or not like i thought it was going to turn out to be an alan wake sequel at some stage that's how far and it possibly there's, could there's be um we know there's dlc coming next year that is tied to alan wake in some stage and i am so excited to see where they take this because <laughs> being able to tie those two games together and being like mm. um like strange universe connections and not un- like you know is mr door there's references to mr door and is that somebody that is in alan wake as well and like yeah i just love all that sort of weird ties that they've sort of brought the two worlds together um and yeah i think that just comes down to excellent storytelling and and rewarding people who have been around for these other games um you know the the tying together literally all of their games alan wake max Payne and quantum break like as a one universe 
and being able to loosely tie some of those elements together like maybe Alan Wake sorry maybe Max Payne's power was because of some sort of uh, altered item or a um, yeah. altered world event or something like that and and then looking at um, Quantum Break as being like a different type of universe where this stuff has happened and so yeah man that's that's so fa- like it's fascinating to me like how they've managed to tie all that stuff together and it just gets me really excited for what the future of this like i would have been happy with an alan wake sequel but now i'm like maybe i don't want that maybe i want a quantum uh, a control sequel or or something different that brings in these two characters together or it's got to be a control sequel in my opinion yeah yeah because i love what yeah it's it's so good yeah anyway that 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 for me like the writing in it was what also was the the one of the big things that i don't normally read shit like that in games like when you run into terminals and you're like oh, i'm gonna read this email from somebody like i couldn't give a crap but this game i was hooked on every piece of writing i read through so many documents and uh you know interviews with people and audio logs and I, all the world building stuff is exceptional in that game i didn't read any of it yeah. And I still yeah. loved it. Yeah. And I intend on going back because you store it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yes, so you, you can. can. Yeah, and that was my thing is like finish it and then go back to it. But I, I guess without, you know, repeating too much information of whatever has been said, I agree with everything that has been said. There's a few points I wanted to make um, yeah. about the backtracking thing. I think there's nothing worse in a game that you know is in a single solitary setting than knowing that you have to run back somewhere. Yes, it has a quick travel system, but knowing that you got these superpowers that would let you get down somewhere faster or fly somewhere without having to worry about the time that it would take to run or how long it would take you to get back up a flight of stairs or something like that was fucking cool. It's a little bit meta in that they're making, they're deliberately making you go, Oh, I'm going to have to backtrack, but then backtracking becomes different and more interesting and more exciting and more part of your character progression. That's fucking sick. Uh, the disclaimer I'll add to this next one is that, yes, I've yet to play Death Stranding and I guess I'll have to play it and I will eat all the humble pie in the world if I end up loving it, which I don't think will happen. But it's also fucking great to see I'll fucking the I'll humble pie. On it. Mm. Okay. Sounds, yeah, I'll make sounds kind of kinky, Joby, but sure. Let's roll with that. I've had enough drinks. Uh, <laughs> but what I wanted to say is it's awesome to see that when someone gets out of the publisher system, the mainstream publisher system, that when they want yeah. to create something that is fucking out there and that probably wouldn't work within it, that they can execute it. There you go. That's great. Yeah. And the other thing is to build on what uh, Luke said with ray tracing, which is you know way back at the beginning when we were talking about Fallen Order and I was talking about just stop when I'd stop playing to look at something in the background that is ray tracing and I could not play this on anything else that doesn't have ray tracing again and I wouldn't want to because there would be moments where I would stop and mainly it was reflections but there's five or so core technologies that they've implemented instead of doing because developers have a choice that's the thing I didn't realize I thought ray tracing was just real-time lighting and therefore shadows Nope, whole lot of different things they can do fucking around with reflections and things. But what the reflections add in terms of immersion, but also like I would use a window reflection to scan a room to see whether there were enemies or to see whether I wanted to explore it because I would look for the you know the little circle, white circle icon to inter- indicates an interactable item. There was that. 
And then yeah. in a fight, when it was taken out because it got hit or I ran through it like an idiot, that removed intel gathering tools. So it added gameplay depth. I'm so used to treating ray tracing as this optional extra, like the person who builds, you know, three years ago, the person who spent however much money on two or three 980 TIs to play something in 4K, um, 60 FPS, you know, they're like, oh my God, it looks amazing. And you'd look at the screenshots, you'd be like, fuck yeah, but that costs too much type thing. Uh, and I don't see the gameplay yeah. purpose of doing that. Control is yeah. the killer app that every makes everything else look like a fucking tech demo. And that includes Battlefield, because I went back to Battlefield to look at its reflections. They are fucking paltry in comparison. I thought I had them on low, and I went and checked, and it turns out that I have them on... Hi, Patrick. <laughs> what happened? Am I still talking? Yeah. You hit the mute button. Yeah. He just hit you. He hit your mute. Well done, Patrick. You did you. Stella. It was, it was, it was right amazing. when I said, fuck. Uh, I didn't. But yeah, <laughs> like going back and looking at that and playing with the settings and going, no, this is on high and there is no practical application. There's no gameplay advantage to having reflections. In fact, I'd advise against turning our ray tracing on on Battlefield because it ruins your FPS and you want FPS in a uh, low time to kill, high, high lethality shooter. Control is like, this is the benchmark. Everything that's come after it, including Modern Warfare, which is a very good looking game on PC where the shadows that they've added the ray tracing stuff adds an extra very subtle level of authenticity and believability it makes it more real world but i'm someone who's played around with a bunch of ray tracing games now and i had to like turn it on and off and like stare at shit to to notice it and maybe that's that's fine i, I guess to a certain that. extent like because it's supposed to be subtle but with control the difference between on and off and yeah. the the fights that luke talked about earlier when you get into a shit fight in a room and you are you know there's a rocket coming at you that thing's casting fucking shadows and the explosion that you just set off is throwing things everywhere that all cast shadows you take the rocket you catch it you throw it back so it's casting shadows on the way back it adds this level of immersion that it fucking sounds wanky but like you just cannot experience it it's like vr you know when you try to tell someone what vr is like versus just saying put the fucking headset on play this you will love it yeah. you can explain it to a point but it's experiencing it and i'm also reluctant to show people it because i don't think they'd want to go back like it's control is that killer app that they should have some deal with remedy and should be including with every fucking 20 series card because it is the application that shows the promise of the tech. And it is also next-gen as far as consoles yeah. are concerned. It's next-gen here now. Although, color me jaded, I don't think that the consoles will be able to achieve that. I know that they've said they're going to have hardware ray tracing. I just do not see it being able to extend to that level. I'd love to be wrong on that, but AMD is either holding yeah. its cards close to its chest because, because it had to for Super the console close, yeah. stuff. Or they're still figuring it out, but I don't know. I want it to be amazing yeah. because you want the most amount of people for from a pro gaming perspective. I want you know SSDs in this generation of consoles, let alone the next ones, because then that leads to us getting rid of fucking walkie-talkie sections, elevator loading screens, yeah. all this shit that we now see through. Like it allows them to have a. Yeah. Yes, in case. It allows them to have this the Spider Man 
uh, experience that they used to pitch the PS5 thing where his top speed was literally limited by yeah. the, the streaming capabilities of the hardware. Get rid of that. Like, let's let developers make games at a higher level and I just hope that next gen is not all fidelity above all else. You should expect a benchmark of quality that yeah. makes it look good, but I don't want to see headlines and forums dedicated to, I mean, it looks good, but it doesn't look amazing you know like because if the gameplay is what they're prioritized i want that to become i don't want that to have to be something that just the indie space you know trailblazes in which is what we're so used to they do the gameplay and then the mainstream people pick it up and borrow it and get to claim that they had it first because nobody else really did it i want to balance but control is fucking amazing it's even better with rtx on and I yeah, I'm gonna go back and finish all the side shit that I missed, which I don't think is too much, to be fair, because I did a fairly comprehensive approach. There's a couple of bosses that I have to go side bosses that I have to go beat, and then I want to be ready for the DLC to They just added some. Like this. Well week. fuck. What new bosses? Uh there's like an arena mode. Oh, okay. I played cool. through it, yeah. There was one boss right at the end, like post game, that I like I just didn't like it. I didn't like the fight at all. It was in like I can't remember his name, but he was like right at the end after after you finished, and you had to go hunt him down. Oh, is that Hideo? And it was just a shitty fight. Maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. Kojima? yeah, yeah. Kojima's in the game. Yeah, <laughs> you have to fight him. It's perfect for you, Jeremy. How many times? <laughs> you should have loved that. He's ruining your cathartic. Games. How many times? How many times yeah. is going to ruin games for me? Um, All right. Yeah. You called me. So here I am. August 4th, 1964. Bureau agents discover the oldest house investigating an altered world event case in the New York City subway tunnels. It's a place of power. From the outside, it looks like an ordinary building, a brutalist skyscraper. But inside, it breaks the laws of our reality. Unstable, mad, shifting. There are rooms in the building where other dimensions leak in. We call these rooms thresholds. There is a connection between our minds and the unknown, often hostile forces intruding on our world. These forces gravitate toward everyday objects, a gun, a television, a house with a reputation of being haunted. So somehow, we affect these events. We're holding the key, but we don't have a clue on how to use it. We're dealing with dangerous, unknown forces here. What's the cause and what's the effect? Are we the starting point, or just a necessary evil in this? We're on a mission to find answers to these questions. Or die trying. This is Zachariah Trench, the director of the Federal Bureau of Control. That was the the game of the year, Control. Well done. Um, I was pretty surprised by that. I didn't think it'd be you guys' top top 
game of the year. Um, no, I knew it was leading that way. Um, I'm surprised that you didn't think. <laughs> I thought it might have been Boneworks or something like that. For you, yeah, classic. All right, that's the show. Um, thank you, Nate, for coming along. Greatly appreciate that mm. this year. Yeah, um, everyone else, thank you for listening. Hope everyone has a safe Christmas and break. Um, hope you've ha- yep. had a, a good, a good year. You'll hear us again on our spoiler cast. Yeah, we're going to release an extra episode after this. We're going to be talking about Star Wars, the new one. Um, yeah. Yep. Not sure what what that's going to entail, but it should be interesting, guys. I don't know anything about it. Should be interesting. Um, yep. We we haven't said. Um, we, no. You, right? no. Are you coming on, Nate? Or? Yeah. Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. I have thoughts. Right. <laughs> oh, he'll be there. It's going to be okay. good. Uh, but otherwise, juicy. we'll be beers. back next year um, for our yes. nearly 400th episode. 500th episode. Yes, Whoa. 500th episode. 500th, yes. Um, but yeah, jump in. People People have been sending in their favorite moments. There are a lot of classics. I'm very much enjoying reading through them. And yeah, you can jump into our Discord page, thegeopodcast.com so, slash Discord. Leave us all your best gap moments and we'll read them out on that show. But otherwise, that is it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, let us know your game of the year. Send us an email. Send us a, a whatever Twitter message, and uh, tell us what we forgot. Yep. Nothing. Forgot. Yep. We didn't forget everything. We, everything won. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Pretty, six, I mean, six and a half hours. Rainbow uh, Six we were Siege and a half um, hours. <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>. Six. <laughs> All right. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Bye.